when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Welcome, everybody, to day negative one of Waypoint Radio's uh, exclusive official E3 coverage for 2019. Natalie Watson is glaring at me. Someone, someone didn't watch the podcast stream we did on Periscope at 3 a.m. last night. Which you could only look at my face at a weird angle. Where we talked about the Kingdom Hearts DLC. Do you not know the top line? And what I know nothing. Right. I was completely offline yesterday, and I'm it again. also yeah. jet lagged. We need, we need to. Get, can you put a, can we put a, some music on? No. We, okay. Kado can. Kado, can you put on some music for the people while we read the description of the Kingdom Hearts trailer? Um, just some simple and clean. We can't do that. Oh, let's ba- get kicked off Twitch. Basically, basically. Good. Okay, Leave that fine. going. Okay. I had I was completely offline yesterday, and then because I'm jet lagged, I got in bed at ten, and immediately fell. Well, I looked at my phone, and I saw <laughs> just like seventeen different periscopes uh-huh. from Waypoint, and I was like, I cannot. Yeah. I cannot. And so I went to sleep. Well, and neither then could I, we. Same. And yet, and yet, we persisted. And I, can I do a fucking intro to this podcast? Sure. No. Please. I'm not angry at you. I'm a little bit of a. I thought that a Keyblade Master would have kept up with. I'm just gonna drink my coffee. Thank you, Nicole. (laughs) Natalie Watson joining us. Patrick Klepping, Rob Zachney, and Vice's own Nicole Clark, who you might remember from the Humongous Games retrospective piece, from the piece on the Dragon Prince last year. Uh, He knows me better than I know myself. This is this. I'm (laughs) trying to pull the things that have come out recently um, about games. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. A review of Oxygen Oxygen Not Included. Oh yeah, I wrote that. Awesome. (laughs) You did write that. Kato on the ones and twos. I'm going to go back to... We have someone in the audience. Kato. And I, I'm not going to ever be like someone is in the audience who doesn't explicitly tell me they want to be shouted out. Okay, sorry. So, but if, if they do, <laughs> they can say that, and then I'll say, yeah, also that person is here. New information regarding the upcoming Kingdom Hearts 3. I, I did this last night. Natalie, I can't believe you're making me redo this. Just do it. Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind More DLC. is reunited. We need to have a... Has been revealed at the Los Angeles performance of Kingdom Hearts Orchestra, World of Trace today, in keeping with his appearance, blah, blah, blah. After coming on the stage, no more... Wait. What? Just play the thing. Well, it's different now. I, let me read it because we can't... People aren't going to be able to see it, Kato. This is an audio... F- Not for the people listening at home tomorrow, which is going to be... 20, 30, 40,000 more people. Oh, I thought you were going to say 20 or 30 more people. He'll slide in the audio. Okay. Well, then, fine. I'm going to just hit play on this. No, okay. Well, now I'm hearing us talking. 
good. All right, well, I'm going to turn this around. We're going to watch <laughs> this trailer. I can't believe I haven't seen this. I haven't seen it either. This great. is great. This is great. This is an ad. So, <laughs> the coat wards off darkness. It's, it's useful. Told <laughs> you. What is this? That's the master. What is happening? I can't. Wait. In an awful way. All right, I'll do the other one. Oh wait, do you see? Do you see his eyes? What's up with his eyes? Is that just about they parenting? Were they were not yellow. Young Xehanort. No not yellow. yellow eyes. You see who that was? Who are they playing as? Elsa from Frozen. <laughs> it was not Elsa from Frozen. There's just a lot of uh, ice cubes. Wait, okay, hold on. You already missed stuff. No, I saw. Who were they playing as? The Organization 13. Zimbar, who are you? All right. All right. It doesn't make a difference to me anyway. This is a great way to do a trailer. I'll just keep playing dumb. <laughs> yeah. I know who Zigbar is. It's Patrick. Go. Who is Luxord? Natalie. The question is, who are you, Luxord? Thank you. Thank you, Rob, for picking it up. I can't believe Luxord's important. He's not. He's not. Well, so what you didn't... Seem to respond to in any way at all, which is I'm surprised by. Well, it's hard to see from here. I don't have my glasses I know. This on. is why this was a bad idea. Okay. In terms of gameplay, the Remind, will, Remind DLC will make, uh, will make the players able to play Riku, Aqua, and Roxas in certain situations. <laughs> the trailer features these playable characters during battle right. in the Keyblade graveyard towards the end of the game. The Oathkeeper Keyblade and the Keyblade's form change also make an appearance. How didn't you notice this? I'm surprised it didn't I come to you in a dream. I could I'm so surprised. I feel like I'm in a fever dream right now. Same. Me too. <laughs> I... Hmm. Okay. When mm. is it coming out? Winter. Yeah. Which uh, seems like a great way for it to get delayed till... Spring. Yeah, January or February of next year. I'm so excited right now. All I've ever wanted... Yeah. Is to play as is Riku. To, yes, Riku, Aqua, and Roxas. Mm -hmm. No Kyrie. No Kyrie. At least they're at least they're consistent. No <laughs> yeah. In my top ten of favorite Kingdom Hearts characters. <laughs> I only said I did not say top three or five. There are only ten, but they're all there's a ten versions of each one. Oh. <laughs> because of Roxas, who I love, but he's not my fave. Right. Riku and Riku Aqua, and Aqua top tier, S tier, are double S. Wow, double S, gold tier. S. Mm. You, <laughs> okay, Rob, what do you so, have to say about Kingdom maybe Hearts? Maybe just X Navy SS tier is all I'm saying. <laughs> just let's just eighty six that as the honorific. You know what? That's you know, we, a perfect segue to talk about Bethesda, which showed off a lot of Nazi killing and proudly and proudly <laughs> doing it, killing them Nazis. Uh, we are going to go over a lot of stuff today. I feel like we're going to do Bethesda. We're going to take a break. Maybe do a little bit of other stuff as, as we can in that first bit. I know, Nicole, you saw some EA Play stuff that we can talk about. Yep, yep. Um, we'll take a break, and then we'll do the Microsoft stuff, uh, which, which should give us a lot to talk about. So we should just dig in. Do you want to talk about... So Patrick and I were off at a Microsoft event when Bethesda happened, which means we only caught the first half of that presentation from a phone 
in a car uh, <laughs> while someone was interviewing us about yes, our yeah, favorite the, battle yeah, royale. The, the driver was really, she was asking us about PUBG and uh, Fortnite and then revealed that her love for PUBG was only on PUBG Mobile, which is really, was just fascinating. Totally. She's like, oh, I, I can't do it on Xbox. Like, they're too good. Like, I just play on my phone. And I'm totally. like, that's dope. You well, know, was, all yeah, right. Yeah. And she was like, is it true Fortnite fucking stole this from PUBG? <laughs> but yeah. Damn. She came at you guys like that? Well, she just wanted to know the truth. She knew who to come to. You know, she was like, you guys look like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, but what, here's what I saw. Bethesda opens. I missed the very opening, which I think was one of the community things that they were doing all night. Yeah. Is that right? It was yeah. just like, these are gamers. No, the devs. Was it the devs to open? Yeah. These are devs. Thank you, Kato. <laughs> Devs, devs, devs are, are gamers. gamers too. Yeah, that's the, t- the t-shirt says. <laughs> oh, Make that a t-shirt. Devs. Oh, yes, devs we are, are all Bethesda. That was we, are all we are Bethesda. all Bethesda. Oh, right. Yeah. Bethesda. One Bethesda. <laughs> He's running. Uh, the Pete Hines looks like a presidential candidate. Hundred percent. Oh, so, God. and then Pete got out there and was like, "We, I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about video games." And did it open? Shockingly, right? I was surprised right. for sure. I was very shocked. <laughs> um, it opened on blades. Open right? on blades. Was this yeah. on before that? Was blades? Didn't it open on Fallout seventy six? It was you know. It was a blur. Like, I, think I think this says blades, a lot about then Fallout. Yeah. Fallout. Let me look yeah. at my tweets. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Let's talk about blades. I still don't want to play that game. Nope. It's a mobile nope. Elder Scrolls game. I've seen people play it with very little story. Uh I don't want to. It's not. A, I'm not a loot game person for Elder Scrolls. It's not what I want from Elder Scrolls. I don't want to like do mobile game quests. I don't want to play it on Switch. It's, I was literally about to be like, it's also going to be on Switch. <laughs> like, Skyrim is on Switch. I would be so much happier if they were like, also we're putting Morrowind on Switch. Also we're putting oh, Oblivion would, on Switch. Yeah. So hard I'd prefer that, yeah. Morrowind, but like I'd be way more hyped about that than Blades. Yeah, it's free. True. So um, if People love free shit. If there's a, a free Switch game that I can like, Choom, 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 choom in, like, with my... Is that a, wait, is that so a search term when choom, you're like, choom, choom. so I'm looking for... Mm, uh, choom, 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 choom. How do you spe- search for... How do you spell choom, choom? Hey, choom, choom. It's like C-H? Um, it's like S-C-H? Troom, troom, but with a but with choom. A, with a H in the middle. Not a C? Do you think we can replace no, the uh, Switch theme sound with Natalie going... Choom, choom, choom. Wait, choom, choom? Choom, choom. Choom. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's the, yeah, I you know pronunciation's hard. Blades look bad. We can keep moving. Yep. Switch blades. Yeah, I think and, you so. know, I'm sure you just write switch blouse. Oh, no, blades. that was their that was their transition. They were that like, was it, yeah. and now but That's now cute. it's switch blades. And, and then you take off the switch joy cons like the fucking like, uh, blades. Uh, uh, right, I got you. You look like you were ripping off the pants with like the buttons on the side, like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, after well, actually, so I know why I got confused that I thought they brought up Fallout seventy six first because when Todd Howard came out, yeah. he was he like sort of addressed the elephant in the room, which was we got a lot of criticism, oh, justly yeah. deserved for Fallout seventy six, yeah. and you kept playing it, <laughs> and you, then, yeah, you no, supreme. <laughs> there was this weird like it was a weird yeah dude he did uh, and you kept playing it was meant to be sort of you just like fools. building up the gamers but at right. the same time it was like also really weird like, like thanks you, for eating our boy, garbage that, that game you hated you sure did play a lot of it huh oh. weird those credit um, card transactions still went through <laughs> weird yeah. you bought those emotes 
Damn. Yeah, like you have to pay for emotes in that game. Oh, I yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You buy atoms, and then you trade in the atoms uh, for emotes. No, thank you. No. But you don't want to. You don't want to uh, Fortnite dance in a nuclear war. No, nah, I'm good. I watched no. two episodes of Chernobyl and decided <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Though so, seriously, <laughs> the other thing is he's like you know. In a game where you can do anything you want in the post-apocalypse, we just created the nicest community. You guys are great. And so that was kind of the framing they did yeah, for Fallout 76 right. like with Todd up but front. But then they did Blades? The, weird, right? But yes. That and is, then they came back to Fallout. Then they came back to so. Fallout. Which, again, from the backseat of the car, there was this moment where we just kept looking at each other because again and again, they were like, we fucking did it, y'all. We cracked the code. We put human NPCs into Fallout. As if that hadn't been a thing in the Fallout series Long-term for... Long-term stories. <laughs> for and then decades. Dialogue choices. They, like, zoomed in on the face. Like, that was a point of pride. Like, the animation for the dialogue was supposed to be... Perception. Remember Fallout New Vegas before you modded it? Well, we're bringing it back. <laughs> um, I, I played uh, Fallout 76 when it came out. I did not have a great time. I know some people did. Uh, I did tell myself that if they were added real characters and stuff, I would come back to it. And I am not sure what I wanted that pitch for that game to be, but it wasn't just, it was not they're here now. It was like, okay, well now what? Like what is, what is the thing that's supposed to get me excited? I guess there was like some sort of like you're with them or against them type vibe. Yeah. Was there some story stuff that I missed there because I was looking at a phone or? Not What's that about? What's Wastelanders about? People are here. Okay. And they're good there was a slide or that bad. Said NPCs, human NPCs. That was that was yeah. it. Like that was the pitch. Was, it was like, in a yo, slide there's people. and people lost their minds. It's really interesting how well that seemed to work in the room, where it's just like, just give us anything that looks like a new Fallout, and we're there. Just anything that looks vaguely familiar, Fallout shaped, awesome. As far as story goes, not really. And I think part one reason it was hard to parse any kind of meaning from that intro. Uh, reel they gave was they're also so heavily emphasizing like the wild and edgy skins the characters are wearing yeah. that immediately it's like I don't know what faction I did like no, you know right. nothing was communicated by seeing these characters there were, were factions right question mark but I don't know what they do. I couldn't tell truly yeah. none of that stuck which I think says something yeah, yeah. anyway I mean, though they needed an overlord that's the well, we, an we'll overseer. Get, so that so that was the other half of this that was so fucked up to me. It was just like not fucked up, but like weird because like they were like, all right, we know what you really care about is story and characters, and this fall we're finally bringing it to you. And then they pivoted to like and something you don't give a fuck about that no one asked for. <laughs> Battle Royale finally in Fallout seventy six. When I first opened up. When they were like in the in the Fallout Shelter, I was like, oh, it's like Fallout Shelter, but The Sims. And I was so fucking here for it. And then. Oh, when you saw like the exercise, uh, people on the yeah, exercise yeah. equipment, like, 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 okay. Like, let's just like. I'm gonna fuck with these people and turn out. into a nightmare person. Really, what I if mean, it had well, been. What if it, what if it had been Fallout Shelter inside of Fallout 76 where you have NPCs who like live in a, a vault? Yeah, oh. I would play yeah, the hell yeah, out of yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then it was like. The storm, and I was like, "Fuck you, no, <laughs> absolutely fucking not. Get the fuck off the stage." I was kind of slow to draw. I saw the fire, and it didn't occur to me that this was nuclear fallout. And I was like, "Are we fighting fires?" 
like, is this a game where we have firefighter factions? Oh, that would be sick. But I, I feel like play fi- that. That yeah. would be Honestly, a big like deal. the beginning the of a community. Yeah, the community <laughs> services. Yeah. It, the, yeah. The way it's like, actually, this community is going to stop fighting. You've and it's just like, we need, we, we need a. That is the premise of Fallout 76. Like, that is, if you play Fallout 76, the premise of the story as it is in the game is there's a group of people who came out before you and, like, we have to get. Or like who were there from the jump, and who are like we need to provide services to people and keep people safe and fed, but they all fucking died. And so if they had actually been like, and actually part of bringing it back NPCs is we're doing these things that will like give you know player communities access to things like clean water and like preventing you know the. You want to start a fire department? Right, that would be sick. I would. How are they going to introduce people to a peopleless world? I so what they said is like the people are coming back. So it might have been like like people who fled. All of a sudden, there's going to be like a. I don't know. Are there so more silos? And they're all going to hang out. Hold on. Not everyone made it to vaults. That's the right. thing. It's like in the Fallout universe, there's like vault dwellers. Uh-huh. And that's why they're called vault. Like they're the people who come from the vaults. And then there are communities that were left on the surface. Right. right. Some of them become like ghouls, but some just become people like living rough in the wasteland. And so presumably it's those folks yeah. who are like coming back and like, ah, you know, this, uh, you know, it's safe to move back here. Yeah. And <laughs> who knows okay. what. You know that that all means. Right. Yeah. I think the the thing that this really drove home for me, though, and it's I think one of the things that continues to sit weirdly with me in Fallout seventy six, and it's probably not going to go away. Um, it's just not a game for me. Is that this whole conceit for the battle royale mode? Is that you're sort of in this? There can only be one uh, battle to the death to become the overseer yeah. of like Vault fifty one. The weird thing is there are all these other stories and side quests and other Fallout games mm-hmm. that like detail kind of like sadistic uh, you know psychological torture regimes and such run through the vaults that's what the vaults too. are for people who haven't played yeah. those games in Fallout 1 through New Vegas like each one each vault had some experiment that was happening there where the, the company that ran it was like well if we have 500 people we can run tests on them and like what if we just pumped in different types of music and how would that affect them what if we only put in people who had criminal backgrounds what if we uh, broke uh, the water chip how quickly would people turn to violence what if we put one in with like a bunch of guns how would that go and like doing weird sociological experiments and so when you have that framing device for battle royale mode mm-hmm. it's this weird thing where it is uh reminiscent of these like actually sincere and like disturbing stories like memories you're going to have from the fallout series but now it's all for wacky fun and goofs and that i think is the fallout 76 kind of paradox right it's that it's all like the aesthetics of fallout it's all the stuff that's like familiar but it's as a like uh fan convention version of Fallout as opposed to the actual world that people have been inhabiting for like 20 years. The other thing here that I think is fascinating about those games and the thing that brought me, that made me love Fallout to begin with and even made me like them through 3, New Vegas, and even 4, which I know a lot of folks didn't love, is this core conceit, which is once people escape the vaults or once they've survived the nuclear winter or whatever, what they realize is actually there does not only need to be one overseer. There are revolts inside of the vaults. People leave the vault and they are like, they have, 
a deeply, you know, uh, uh, an ideology in them based on what the vault was. And that can kind of like lead their culture to be one way. But then you get people who break out from it. You have the gangster vault that like that city is like a weird mob town, but people leave that mob town and they, they have their ideas changed. And so like the stories have always been about the ways in which the, these little microcultures interact with other ones and new stuff shows up. And what they haven't been is just like, you go in to redo the thing over and over again. No one, no one has successfully, no one leaves the vault and like recreates the vault perfectly. That's why they are fucking broken. And so for that really potent idea to just turn into like, and this is our reason to do a battle royale mode is like, let's just go in there and keep doing what was always in the vault anyway. Like, fuck off. You've like ruined the really good metaphor. You, you kind of inherited when you bought this thing. Mm. I don't know. We're very serious about a battle royale mode, I know. But, like, it's called Nuclear Winner. Like, they continue to, to fucking mishandle the bag on this one. Which is weird, because then they won E3. I didn't see it coming, but... <laughs> but the rest of the show is really good. Yeah. Right? What was right after this? Was Commander Keen after this? Was this... No, no. this was... It, it, like, that's when... That's uh, what you right. uh Mikami Fall came out. Yeah, Shinji Mikami comes out. Yeah, and, what, like... Introduced uh, Ms. Nakamura. I forget what her what her first uh, name Ikumi, was. Akumi Nakamura, Nakamura, who's the creative director. Yeah, for Ghostwire Tokyo, and she was the art director, uh, as we learned later, because I I couldn't really pin her. Like she's not been like a presenter, like someone who's been forward facing on games in the past. But she was the uh, art director on Okami and Bayonetta and uh, the first Evil Within. I wasn't in this room. Nicole, Natalie, what was the vibe? It's like we were in a car, so we were like, whoa, this seems really cool. But in this room filled with people, filled with fresh pico de gallo, thank you again <laughs> to Rob, what was the experience of seeing the best person who's ever been at E3 be on a stage? Uh, we unanimously stand. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we all screamed. We all a lot. were yelling. Yeah. Um, because we love her. Mm hmm. And she is the reason why uh, Bethesda won E3. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I just really love kind of the mix of Japanese iconography with all these horror tropes. Mm -hmm. Like I very vividly remember, I don't know if it was long fingernails or some form of body horror or grotesqueness turning into chopsticks to... To pick up the ramen. To pick up the ramen. Oh, that moment uh, so Yeah, good. that was cool. That was, just very stunning and cinematic. Yeah. Um, also, like, I will stand Okami to death, except for <laughs> the sexism parts. Um, sure. But that game is just gorgeous. And, like, I know nothing about this new game, but I want to play the shit out of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but also, what is normal and what is paranormal? Who could say? <laughs> Who could say? Who could well, say? I'm going to the office. That's what Who I'm asking. Say? I mean, I was just excited to see Mikami um, come out because given how the Evil Within series had done, I was kind of not sure what the future... I mean, they own them. Uh, the, yeah, yeah my, my curiosity, because the Evil Within... So, Evil Within 1 is an interesting game that is flawed to the point that I don't really recommend it unless you're, like, a serious survival horror fan that, like, mm. is interested in Mikami as, like, a designer <laughs> and, like, what would the re designer, chief designer of Resident Evil 4 do after that? Right. And Evil Within mm. is... Oh, like 10 years between uh, RE4 and that and boy doesn't feel like he was paying attention to a lot of what happened as the as a consequence of what he made right. um, Evil Within 2 in which he stepped back and said he no longer wanted the responsibility of like day to day making games he wanted to like bring in new voices and just be sort of like 
a creative shepherd at the at the studio. So even within two, the creative director of that was like one of the, I believe, principal designers uh, or a producer on the first one. And even within two is exceptionally good. Like it really crystallizes uh, a lot of what uh, worked well in Evil Within and gets rid of a lot of the stuff that didn't. Um, and so I'm I'm really encouraged by the fact that they let them just just go make another weird horror game that like mm -hmm. may not sell exceptionally well, but who knows? Like that's why it's like Fall seventy six. Do whatever you need to do because like this <laughs> well, game doesn't exist for this. without yeah. those games. The BuzzFeed. I think model. about that a lot. Like all these proliferate mobile games, and then like maybe we get a few really conceptually gorgeous games that I will stand forever and maybe mm -hmm. just a few people talk about. I I mean, Nier Automata became big, but at the beginning it really felt like that kind of mood. Totally, yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm super excited because Yoko Taro supposedly, yeah. rumor has it, will be around tomorrow. We'll see. Yeah, that's kind of why it's on my mind. <laughs> yeah, my heart, I know. And, and, one thing, and one thing I want to say, and I don't, I don't want to get too far into the Microsoft stuff, but like um, thinking about the trailer for Elden Ring, which while exciting as a concept, told me absolutely nothing about what that game is or isn't going to be. The part of what I liked about Ghostwire is that even though that was also a tonal piece, it paints like a conceptual picture of like absolutely. what it could yes. be to allow, to allow your brain start thinking like, okay, so they make kind of like stealth action horror games and then there's enough imagery there right. that you can start like... Like real like, quick, I do. We should pause and actually describe what this trailer is because we should not count on everyone having already sure. seen it. Uh, Thanos, as oh. Natalie pointed out, yeah, Thanos is in it. Is Thanos in? <laughs> He's the, not in it. Described. Great. <laughs> it's a lot of like shots of of Tokyo. It's a lot of people like getting food and walking around a mall. There's a beautiful shot of like a pan through this kind of mall with like escalators. You go past a pillar and people's clothes start falling to the ground as the people vanish. My favorite shot is like this top of the escalator, the shoe comes up and gets caught on the on like the the not the railing, but you know what I mean, the step off of the escalator. Yeah. People are disappearing all across Japan. Uh, people start going floating into the air. People start floating in the air and yeah. at one point in a way that kind of reminded me of something like Death Stranding. Yep. Though again, I know that's that's again like a very popular visual trope in a lot mm -hmm. of Japanese cinema and anime. Um, a lot of American cinema too. Sure. At this point. Yeah. Totally. You think about the it from a couple of years ago uses that pretty effectively. Yep. Um, this is last year, whatever that was. Uh, I and then, don't remember. And then we get Nicole. Yeah. You pointed out a lot of um, kind of Japanese horror elements that pull on kind of classical or, or even ancient Japanese mythology. You have like the the gates that like the kind of um, what are they called? Like Tori, Shinto, the Shinto yeah. gates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that like fold back in a weird way, like the multiplying effect, mm -hmm. yes. making it feel like it's a vast tunnel. Um, yeah, and then lots of like transformation. You know, like a weird like plant turns into someone's like sleeve on their arm or their hair or something, and then that turns into like a person with a mask, and then someone break like breaches. The screen with the chopsticks, which Ugh. turns it into ramen. It's so fantastic and conceptual and strange. Those things with the broken wrist, like, oh my god, with the long fingers. Yeah. Where you, like, it's it's like their shadow, and you can kind of see it like hanging out of the sleeve. Totally. Yeah. And I think the other thing I loved about this is, in part, because of that like motif of uh, like Japanese folk stories, mm -hmm. and uh, you, you know. Um, yeah, like folk stories, uh, ancient culture. But I think the other part of it is this is a different aesthetic than I'm seeing from a lot of horror games right now. Like, there's a lot of stuff that in the last few years I feel we've kind of been in the age of like the Outlast style games in some mm -hmm. ways. Um, and I was just also yeah. really excited to be seeing a different 
kind of horror experience being promised here. Yeah, it's not like immediately the zombie like at the forefront, yeah. which I feel like horror is kind of at least the horror that I've been exposed to has been kind of saturated with in the past few years. Um, different variations of zombies or like humanoid type enemies that or have rats. been. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's like, and, it, and really, it's like uh, Japan used to dominate and originate a lot of what we conceive to be like video game horror mm-hmm. that was then taken over largely by Western mm-hmm. developers that were often aping things that came from right. Japanese developers. Right. And so it's been a long time. Like Shinji Mikami did RE4, and then like everyone built on that, and then he kind of got lost in the shuffle. And so it's exciting to have like a new voice. It's like, and maybe this is like, I was sort of like joking about the like Tokyo part of like the title. Cause it's like, okay, look, you don't, Ghostwire is fine. Like <laughs> you don't need the Tokyo already. part. An yeah. But maybe, but, but like maybe part of that is, and maybe this is reading too much into, to, to the trailer is like, they're like very proud of like, we want to like the Tokyo part is because the identity of like Tokyo Japanese culture is like so integral to what they're mm. going to to do mm-hmm. that putting it in the title is like stamping up front like what this is about and so um, I'm just watching this ramen shot over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's beautiful yeah. and like surreal and it's there isn't anything weird about it. Like this is no. she got up and was like, "Hey, this is a game about." not knowing whether about mystery. This is a game yeah. I go to the office, something feels paranormal. Is the office paranormal or normal? She made a joke that was very funny that I've just slaughtered. And <laughs> they give you this just intense push of all of this actually supernatural material over and over again for 30 seconds. And then they show someone picking ramen out of, uh, you know, from a bowl. And you're like weirded out by it. But nothing weird happens. Ramen just sometimes moves in a way where you're like, ooh, okay, <laughs> yeah. some, okay, weird. And the fact that they could produce that effect says how good the art direction is throughout this piece and how good the direction is in general. Yeah. So, And then someone has a bow and arrow and shoots a monster sure. in the dark, but you kind of can't really see. So we'll see what this is. I highly recommend watching this trailer. It's, it's so it's good. It's just really cool. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. It's, it's like a thriller as much as it is horror, which I feel is so rare. It's Lately, every time I see a horror trailer, the word that emerges is horde. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this trailer didn't evoke that in any way made me want to play it. Mm-hmm. So it feels quieter, um, which is not yeah. usually horror, especially Western horror, is usually jumping at you, jump scares, stuff like that. And this one seems a little more contemplative in a way that you know I don't know if it'd be any good, but like I'm excited to see more of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and more and more of her. And please, yeah. yes. please, please, please put her please. out there. Yeah, she was fantastic. So excited. So was Shinji Mikami for that matter. Like they were both super excited to be there. Yeah. Super excited to shout out the team back home who had done good work. So what was after uh, Ghostwire? Kajit. What? Kajit. Kajit. Okay. Uh-huh. Elder Scrolls. Oh, that took me a second. Me too. I was like, I was like is Rob like, is anyone, Bless is Rob you. having a stroke? No, uh, he has wares if you have coin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the elsewhere, um, expansion for Elder Scrolls Online yep. is already out, but I guess it's getting a DLC thing about fighting some dragons? Yeah, dragon Shockingly. Home. I thought it was scale something. That scale was another that's one. A, that's another one. Okay, so two dragons. Hey, can Wh- I just say, why don't we leave the fucking dragons alone? Yeah. Did you see the burning city? I missed that. It was the angle <laughs> where I was sitting. <laughs> On uh, when okay. I was watching the TV, yeah, you didn't see the fire. I, it like you miss things sometimes. No. You know, circle of life. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so, like, collateral damage. I agree. Like 
leave the dragons in peace, mm-hmm. respect their majesty and mm-hmm. their like valuable place in the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. When you got one in the center of your like burning city, you do have an animal <laughs> control problem, I think, that like <laughs> requires addressing. You though. remember when we talked about the Dragon Prince season two? Yeah, that's true. Remember when we talked about how they treated that dragon that wow. came into the... What made the dragon true. come into the village and start fucking things up? Makes you think. That's a good point. All like, dragons are in the same canon. Character. Yeah. All yes. dragons are kings. All dragons yeah. are the mm-hmm. same canon. Yeah, yeah. dragon um, universe, thank you. <laughs> dragon verse. The DU. The DU. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the DU. I don't like it at the all. The DU. I, I am the brand manager for... The do. <laughs> it's a new 90s TV station. <laughs> Just like it's all dragon shows, like all Dragon time. High School. Love it. Just... I would watch that. Uh, what was the Skeleton Lord? Oh, we Can love it. That's Sans Undertale. Yes. I thought that was Papyrus no, Undertale. Oh, that was Papyrus. Sorry. Could, it could be, I mean. They're twins. Either way. What was. They got swole. They, yeah. they got swole. They yeah. were a skeleton. I didn't. Skeleton is not a race that you can play as in Elder Scrolls currently. It's also just not a race. Okay, says you. <laughs> We're learning more every day. Every day. It, was that, for people in the chat, can you tell me if you could play as that skeleton? Is that not a thing? What do you know? Rob? Rob, it seems like you're holding out on you me. Have Rob, Zachney? I, Rob. I had a theory that, like, that one dude, like, there was another uh, character, like, yes, I think that was, like, an enchantment. Necromancers like, I mean, in Elder Scrolls Online can turn into big skeletons. That's oh, cool. Yeah. That's actually lit. Mean, I, don't, I like it. Necromancer. It's fucking cool. Necrom- like, <laughs> Is that a song? Yeah, like, Necromancer. In order to... I'm just saying it's like, it's like, it's like oh, no. Like, quick, cast the spell, Rob. Necromancer. <laughs> I'm just saying... Okay. <laughs> I was like, you got Patrick over here being like, wait, like, why would a necromancer be doing something with, like, skeletons? Well, no, I'm I'm familiar with their No, I'm familiar with them summoning, but, like, turning into a skeleton feels like a a different step. You gotta step it forward, you know what I mean? Like, it's an arms race out here. It's a white walker. (laughs) Right, Mm. right, right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that, that was a cool CG trailer. It was, like, to be continued. Yeah. Oh, the best part of that was when uh, the Khajiit when the Khajiit when the Khajiit went and the dragon was like <laughs> no my favorite moment was when we were watching no. it nope. when Wrong. we were watching it no <laughs> my favorite moment no, was when we were together as friends experiencing it thank you Sora as, as the cat is falling from the sky oh, yes. Nicole says yes. Nicole says don't worry, cats always land on their feet. And then Kashi fucking bounces off the dragon's scales. And like she does like a triple bounce. It's like that Brad Pitt scene. Bonk, bonk, bonk. Oh, I got that one wrong, guys. God damn. Just a little bit. Rohei23 in the chat says, yo, wait, have we talked Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC? We're we, uh, wait for the, back. yeah, wait for the arc. Uh, we can do it again. All right, Elder Scrolls done. Check. <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Um, uh, Commander Keen? Commander Keen. Was that Was that actually point? next? No. And yeah. Yes. Was. Which was a free-to-play mobile game based on a classic uh, it property, which was like a side Yeah, like a totally scroller. decent, yeah, it was a side-scroll action game that uh, came before uh, Wolfenstein. Right, and this is like an item-based puzzle game. There's a competitive mode. I don't, I didn't really get The pitch any. was hard to Wasn't follow. To no. sparse, yeah. to sparse, to parse. It was not sparse. I mean, what else you can do with Commander Keen? Like, yeah. you're not going to revive that as like an actual legitimate platformer, and I'm, 
so I, I guess I'm not surprised they're doing something with it. I but was I, just too distracted by being excited. It came from the 90s. Right. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Speaking it's of coming from the 90s, that next uh, thing we saw from uh, the card game. Rage? Oh, Legends? Oh, the, the, the Gushers commercial. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, the Gushers commercial. <laughs> Elder Scrolls with Legends. With a hot girl. Where the, bo- hot the boy girl. was horny for... <laughs> He was going to impress her by playing some cards. Some really smugly. He, he sat down at a cafe with a phone yeah. mm-hmm. and a latte. This is a new game Magic now, the by the way. Transition. I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think this is a new game out. Okay. No, yeah. it's a new Ooh, I can't DLC. tell if our technical problems are normal or paranormal. Uh, this house, paranormal. So there's a chance that we'll go down again. And if we bring it back up again and then we continue to go down like that, instead of fighting it, we'll just probably head off and just focus on knocking up the podcast and getting that up tonight for you to listen to. Um, but we're going to keep streaming for as long as we can. Or we, we could do Periscope again. Yep. We really could do that again. Mm-hmm. Let so, us know what you want in the comments. The Waypoint way is to... Is to make it happen one way or here. another. Totally. Yeah. Um, where were we? We were talking about... Uh, Incel Cardmaster. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, yeah. Elder Scrolls Legends is a card game. And <laughs> they had an advertisement with a horny boy who was in a cafe drinking a latte. And he took his phone out. And he was like, I have to go to the fantasy realm. That's where... <laughs> I have to go to the fantasy realm. That's ready, where ready the player one. That's where ma'am, the women ma'am, are. May I please go to the fantasy realm, ma'am, please? <laughs> uh, and he walked into a uh, like an Elder Scrolls Inn tavern. Actually, I've been to taverns in Elder Scrolls, and they are bleak. <laughs> there is no one in there. There ain't no crabs coming down the stairs. Didn't hear his single person singing a really racist song. Right, yes. that's what normally is happening in, yeah. Elder, in Elder Scrolls taverns. Just some Nord being and, like, ah, uh, oh, the Nords. Someone Do you remember when our race was pure? Steal stuff. Right, right. Putting yeah. buckets on people's heads. Correct. And then he went into the back room and found a lady with like a hood on. And a hot he, lady. A hot lady. And he was like, aha. And she was like, bring it or whatever. Right? She was yeah. like, your move. Your move, wink. wink. And he was like, oh, I got her. <laughs> but then he was like, buzz, 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 buzz. Ah, I have a work meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. I'm going to skip that. Uh, but then the dragon came into the real world and spit fire all around the street. Mm. <laughs> and then, as you noted, the entire thing had the entire presence of a Gushers ad from yes. 1998. Yes. Of just like, sometimes you just got to take a break and have an explosion of flavor in your mouth. <laughs> Um, well, that was the vibe. That was the vibe. That was the vibe. That was the vibe. It was just very extreme. Yeah. It was like those Capri Sun commercials. Speaking of extreme, Rage 2. That was extreme. Pretty extreme. Let me know when to stop talking about Rage 2 because I know we've moved on to the next game. Yeah. Because. Right, so when, when, we talk, when you hear like machine games, that'll be your cue. Okay, like, machine we're no longer games. Enraged. We had there were some <laughs> difficulties, technical difficulties, both here on the stream like and also later. for Natalie's understanding of where we were in the. Um, I asked everyone to stop me when we stopped talking about Rage Two because somehow I think from where I was sitting in the room, my perspective was compromised, so I couldn't understand when. The games were ending, so I. They said there are Nazis in 
in this game. And I was like, there's Nazis in Rage 2? Right. And then uh, there wasn't. That was Wolfenstein. So um, Rage 2 is a game about other things that well, I have no idea. Me either. And I reviewed it. <laughs> they showed what? New DLC? They're like, we're going to support this game to do content every week. Which isn't the sort of game that is, is it? With like every game. That's what they said. Is this a clay Jeez. entertainment game? Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they didn't really uh, explain what the the weekly updates are. I presume that that is sent things like some new powers, new weapons, new right. vehicles. But this isn't a game that you would just like, I'm just going to hop in Rage 2 and go fuck around. Like, right. if you've done all the objectives, there's nothing, like, there's nothing else to well, do. Well, and the game design is so loose that you don't actually need any of the powers they give you. So, like, even if you, like, unlock, like, if there's new stuff, new cars, new... Uh, things you can buy from vendors. There's nothing exciting to do with it. They like introduce a mech. Yeah, which I was not excited about at all. Yeah, it's a trash mech. Yeah. Um, yeah, I asked him when it happened. He said no. I was like, no, nah, pass. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where, like, but then they were trying so, and this is kind of rage to, uh, in a nutshell, they were trying so hard to make this seem awesome and transgressive yeah. and uh, just unexpected and fun. And it just isn't working yep. at all. Uh, and that seems to be the only thing they've got, and that's what they continue to pitch. Uh, watch our wacky characters do goofy shit. There was a point where they did the like a Too Many Cooks uh, sort of riff as they were trying to introduce like some of the new things you're going to see in the world. And it's like Sandworm. And crazy cultist guy, yeah. and like sort of a and, oh cheat codes like a low gravity mode, and like you might get ejected from your vehicle. And there were all these little, little things, cheat codes. This weird shit. You should have put this in, in the, the game. game. It would have yeah. made it way, way yeah. more interesting. Totally. I, I was just waiting for the Seinfeld theme to come in, <laughs> right? Totally. Like they were trying very hard to do that style of like sitcommy throwback thing. Which, which the game does not earn to right. any degree. Right. Which, again, is a big part of like why the, the marketing for this game has always been off from what the game itself ended up being. And that is a big part of why I'm Or so the distance between it. those things. Like, there are parts of the game yes, that, that are gesture bright and colorful. what the marketing... Where right. the marketing, I've always said, like feels like the marketing took the pitch document for what this game was right. but it's not reflective of the game that is actually mm -hmm. you know shipped a couple a month or so back totally so you know the whatever that dlc is rise of the ghosts which is a very funny name for a dlc what does that even mean who knows moving on sounds good Bo moving on moving on okay new game machine game machine game machine, oh, machine game wolfenstein okay. young blood uh look cool um i'll have more to say later this week and that's all I can say. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have a chance. You, uh, You'll play it. We'll talk about. Yeah, it. Well, well, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna play that and do Maternal um, on Tuesday morning. Yeah. So I would just say like we're gonna move past that for now because I have a lot to say about it, but I yeah. can't say it yet. So I can say you having say seen the trailer. Want. Yes, that looks cool as hell. I also think that the trailer looked cool as hell. That's great. As someone who's not played any of the games in that franchise, that actually was appealing to me, which is shocking because I don't tend to gravitate towards games that are like this violent or controversial mm -hmm. externally. And it just looked fun. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Th th there are uh, games that are violent for like violence sake. And what's always been appealing about Wolfenstein is that it uh, both doesn't take the violence 
too seriously to some degree. There's a, there's a comedic aspect to the Wolfenstein games, yeah. but also it's like very much like yeah, but also fuck Nazis and what if they just blew up into like <laughs> yep. really satisfying like mm-hmm. blood clouds because fuck Nazis and so the violence is actually like narratively performative e- even though it is also feels uh, like looking at that in Doom back to back you can see like uh, the narr- like the, the DNA that those games share in terms of like their violence but the way that the violence is intended to be taken and interacted by the player are like two different spectrums. Even though like just watching the gameplay clips, like it feels very similar. Um, Wolfenstein is you're very much supposed to feel it's both fuck yeah for both those games, but like in different ways. Very um, differently stylized. Yeah, and the, and also those trailer the trailer for Youngblood, uh, I presume really undersells a lot of like will probably be like really satisfying narrative work because like the Wolfenstein games have the, the machine games ones have like a rich history of like really satisfying narrative stuff. Beep, 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 yeah, beep. News from news from the front. Yes. New final, no. new final no. fantasy seven remake trailer. Oh. What do you think? It no, I, you thought it was the other thing that yeah, leaked I, that yeah, we know yeah, about. I don't want, yeah, that you'll see tomorrow during this. Uh-huh. There's something leaked. Okay. This is not it. Can final you- fantasy seven remake trailer. From <laughs> from the ripoff concert I make sure we're not that we were talking. I don't know if that's going to make it into the, that make it into the podcast. Yeah. It's more of this footage. I think that combat looks all right. What's up, Barrett? Still Barrett. I don't know. That well, no. If he's still Barrett, well, then that's a, a problem. problem. Yeah. Uh huh. He needs to be Barrett 2.0. Yeah, he really does. Punisher mode. This is all super early game stuff, huh? Not doing that much damage, I'm uh... <laughs> It's all going to be in the Shinra complex and stuff you like th- that. You think it won't be all through at least Midgard? Yeah, yeah, but that's, I guess, uh, but like, wait, I think the Shinra wait, stuff wait, is... Wait, okay, we just heard back. him talk. One yep, we're we're back. you're right. Okay. It's still like Mr. T-ish, but not nearly as bad. What were those things? I don't know. I don't remember those. Dementors. (laughs) (laughs) Final (laughs) Fantasy Cross. The most ambitious crossover. That's earlier than I thought. Uh Uh-huh. That's early. March 3rd, 2020. What year is Dave, this? Dave, games are... 2019. Games Sorry, are guys. filling up fast. Yeah, 2020 is getting filled up. Early 2020 has mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff now. We'll talk about some more of it when we get to Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, remember last year when you were like, fuck, next year, there's so many games. I'm not going through it again because so many of those games that came out were disappointing. Yeah, yeah. February 2020... Or February 2019 was supposed to be like, this is gonna be amazing! And then it was just like, nope, no, Play, no, bad, no. mediocre. Yeah. Okay. You know, that was it was kinda... great for indie games. I'm very happy with sure, that. Sure, totally. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, Wolfenstein, we'll talk about more later mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Same Arcane. with Doom. Arcane. Yes. Oh. Oh, we're so Arcane. excited. Arcane. That, that one looks very, boys, very cool. Our, our excited for our boys that came out on stage. 
Oh, right. They were great. Great, great presenters. Great they had presenters. absolutely quaff facial hair. 100%. Mm-hmm. They had a good vibe. They yeah. had nice jackets. They were excited, which they is were, always fun. They were, as someone, Natalie, I think you pointed out, they were kind of hype beasts. They were kind of like hype beasts yeah. adjacent. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it be like that. Sometimes it do. It really do be like that. And they were like, we are from Arcane, uh, Lyon. Besides working on... Young there are multiple Blood, Arcane Studios. There are two, young, two Arcane Studios. There's Austin and Lyon, right. which is in France. And Lyon is working on Youngblood, but they're also working on Deathloop. We were all pretty taken by it, but someone, can someone walk me through what we saw? Rob, do you want to walk me through the, uh, the trailer yeah, a I little mean, bit? It was kind of hard to make out because they opened on kind of showing off some classic-looking arcane concept art. Uh, you know, very sparse, very mod in some ways. And then the trailer opens on kind of these dueling voiceovers mm-hmm. uh, as these two characters kind of inhabit these like purgatorial uh, landscapes, but also they're like developed areas where mm-hmm. those are like houses and, and buildings. And uh, both the protagonists, both the narrators here are people of color. And Black folks specifically, too, which is, like, not... The idea of, like, two black protagonists is not a thing I would have... You would... If if you made me bet you money, I would have bet a high amount of money that we would not have seen a game at E3 with two black protagonists. Mm -hmm. And what was really cool is one of them immediately killed the other. Uh Uh-huh. Because you hear the the, the male half of the duo... (laughs) Black folks. Yeah, it was... Uh, you're the, the male half of the duo talking about how basically this is hell and you have to like destroy it. And uh, the woman's talking about she needs to protect this this space. The timeline. So or, cool. Yeah. And the then loop. they encounter the each other and it's all very stylized. Yeah. It's all like very uh, martial arts film grindhouse feel. Is, yeah, it's is a how CGI it trailer, so it's not like yeah. yeah. Right. It was yeah. not gameplay. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like expression of tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. like wh- I was really startled when she just cut his like head open with a sword and then it starts again mm-hmm. and the loop begins. Totally. Uh, and it just felt really there was a great sense of momentum to the trailer and how they sort of, you know, they kill each other, they go back through the loop, and it just keeps like heightening the action. Yeah, uh, it looked really badass. And yeah. they, and it like at at some points you start seeing that they're catching each other earlier than they had before. Oh, I didn't yeah. catch that. Yeah, so towards the end, it was like the. the, the Every loop ended with the same sort of like shootout, but towards the end of the trailer, they started catching each other in different places, which it seemed like they were kind of taking shortcuts or trying to like cheat the time loop in some way to catch each other in different areas at like earlier times in the loop. Um, it just looked rad as hell. Like that in the ghost time. What was it? Ghost time? Ghost, ghost wire. Ghost wire game. Ghost wire. I mean, when you play ghost wire, it is ghost time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh, yeah baby. <laughs> Great news for Jessica. <laughs> no, I'm super stoked for this one. I, I just love the way the trailer captured like classic chase movie suspense. Ooh, yeah. Like 101, like you were saying mm-hmm. with each loop getting a little closer. Yeah. But what I love about this trailer, it may sound kind of like weird and circumspect, but I love that there's so much vivid world building without telling you basically anything about the story. Like, think about how excellent a trailer is when it gets you super jazzed to play a game, but you really don't know, like, you you know what you're doing in like a broad macroscopic sense, but mm-hmm. in terms of like the actual execution, 
and maybe this is me being dumb, but like I don't even know who you play as. Right. Yeah. No, totally. Right. Or is it like a co-op? I like, feel like that's a blessing and a curse in trailers, and like that can that sort of hype and and fantasy and like curiosity about be? like what could this be can be super exciting and then it can be kind of disappointing when you don't exactly know what those game verbs that's are going to be. That's why yeah. the whole time as the trailer is getting better and better as like it's getting faster and faster all I'm thinking to myself is no multiplayer. Right. Yeah. No multiplayer. Which they then said. Right. And then the, as soon as I mean who knows maybe it will For have sure. some yeah. whatever but like they come out and say like, and this is like a you know what you come to expect from Arcane. It's like it's strong story, like open levels, like narratively driven where you're going to be able to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I was like, woo! <laughs> All right. So here's the, we, there's an email on it, which I think I didn't see. Oh, to give us like the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me two seconds to pull up the yeah. pitch. You go ahead. I'm and just curious. Like, Nicole, you ever played any of the other arcane games, like Dishonored, stuff like that? Yeah. Prey. Yeah. Um, Prey, honestly, I had a really hard time getting past the jump scare element of it. Sure. Because it didn't. It wasn't sufficient. There are very few games I play where I actually like the jump scares, and usually it's because they say something about what has happened to humanity, or it's like couched in a larger context. The jump scare is rather than just being like to scare you, it's like yeah. there's a meaning behind it. Yeah, it's, it's like not, in it's not just like more of these. The, what do they call those yeah. spider creatures? It's not mimics, just, right? I don't <laughs> mimics, but I was just like spiderlings. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like in Bioshock where you see the woman and you think she's. She has a stroller, and you think something's yeah. happening, but th- that's a type of shocking horror that means something to me. Um, Dishonored, I had such a hard time with that game just because I'm terrible at navigating. Um, and also, not to get too off tangent, um, no, please, it's my, my point. My, my favorite story about playing Dishonored 2 has to do with the fact that there's a heart that you get to like, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that like whispers things at you, but you often equip it accidentally. So like the majority of my playthrough was me. Do you? Yeah, why I fucking do. It was like me not knowing I had this fucking heart like equipped and then clicking it and instead of, I don't know, like turning me into like some other scope or like letting me go somewhere else. The heart you're, trying to, you're, trying like, to da- you're trying to dash across the way. I'm gonna stab this guy. Yeah, he's mean to his dog. <laughs> like, let oh, me tell God. you something about your There's child. There's power up around the corner. <laughs> Did you ever get to the level in Dishonored Two where um, you're, it's sort of that time looping level? Yes. Uh, okay, that was the coolest part. All things about time loops, I am here for. Here. But I also can't stop thinking about the Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie called Looper, 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 which yeah. we talked yeah. about just a few months ago. Did we? Yeah. yeah. It's just such a good I'm sci-fi trip. I'm pro Looper. On which podcast was that, yeah. Rob? I can't remember. Waypoints? I remember um, vaguely. Uh, announced at the 2019 Bethesda Showcase. Watch the announcement teaser for Deathloop, a first-person action game from Arcane Leon. Deathloop transports players into the lawless island of Black Reef in an eternal struggle between two extraordinary assassins. Explore stunning environments and meticulously designed levels in an immersive gameplay experience that lets you approach every situation any way you like, hunt down targets all over the island in an effort to put an end to the cycle once and for all. And remember, if at first you don't succeed, die, die again. Mm. Oh, that's really well yeah. written. No, I no. I like the end. I, I like cheesy. I like it. Uh, the the someone in the chat said that someone on Twitter, which again, this is completely mm-hmm. sure. third hand. Throw it out there. Someone tweeted that it's basically Hitman meets Dishonored. Oh fuck! <laughs> Rob, look at Rob. That's a well, sell. You, I don't know if you can look at Rob, but just <laughs> <laughs> he's he's ready. Oh boy! Oh, oh boy! <laughs> That's a sell. That's a yeah. goddamn. There sell was a, right there. Because <laughs> Rob's it's having his hot in here. 
Well, it literally is. There was a moment at the Microsoft press conference where uh, they cut to a new Star Wars game. I think it was just a charge. Oh, and okay. there yeah. were just some TIE fighters going around in space. <laughs> and there was a brief moment where, like, collectively in the room, we were get, we were holding our, our breath. They're like, doing it. Is, and this is right after the flight simulator right. uh, reveal. Which we'll so, get to. We'll get to right, yeah, I'm not trying. But, but uh, it was like, oh, my, and I turned around and was like, are they going to do a new... And like halfway through that, he puts up his hand to tell me to basically shut the fuck up. If this is TIE Fighter, I need to be in this moment. <laughs> and, it was and then a like, Lego man showed up immediately. And you just burst out laughing. Yeah. <laughs> That's just I was, incredible. I watched a person soar to the highest of heights of and potential. Was, so and excited. you just had that moment. You had your moment. I did. I you did have mine. Did. That's incredible. It was so good. Deathloop seems cool. We'll see. We'll see more, presumably. I'm glad they're year. allowing... Uh, that studio, because what I had heard yes. after uh, a designer two underperformed, and they at least let them close the narrative loop uh, with Death of the Outsider, which r remains a tremendous. Go play Death of the Outsider, even if you didn't play Dishonored two. Yeah. Like it's a nice contained version of Dishonored. Uh, you know, everything really I had heard about that studio was that they're going to let them let the the, the immersive sim idea was still going to be at the like the heart of what they did. They just needed to reimagine what context that is, like new ways to present that to audiences that connected with them in a way mm -hmm. that was different. And it sounds like this is in the spirit of that. And maybe that was like, maybe that's kind of the kick in the pants for that studio to like do something a little different, a little outside of uh, what we normally think of as the immersive sim. And fuck, Dishonored Cross Hitman, like that that's is a, good a pitch. pitch. And again, yeah. that's a pitch that we heard third. Sure, time, so but yes. you can imagine that absolutely. This is what we're talking, right? Yep. Just what Natalie said of yep. like mm -hmm. now we find out that it's something slightly different. Like room to be disappointed, but this is also like the fun part of where you can imagine what they could. The possibility space, and also Arcane is talented enough to do something yes. as wild as that. Die, die again. Die, die again. <laughs> Then finally, we got to Doom Eternal. Is that right? I'm not missing we anything. Already... I'm not skipping anything. Uh, we got the id tech stuff. Oh, okay. uh, Orion. Yeah. Orion. Orion. <laughs> or Orion. Orion. That's the that's that's a EV evolution. A, oh, yeah, it could be an EV evolution. I was going that's a Kingdom Hearts character who hasn't been norted yet. <laughs> also oh. that. Yeah. Um. Was I don't that, know what there it was is. A tech, it was streaming tech. Implementation solutions are always it's just Greek to me. Yeah, so same. like for like it seems like they were making a pitch for their approach, some sort of like Here's some sort of technique to making something stream friendly. But is it but is it exclusive to id tech or is it something that could just go on unreal? Like I didn't I was barely paying attention to the presentation. I but. got a sense it was a sales pitch for beyond their games. Yeah. Uh, so they know this is gonna be huge, but like that, that And was it makes sense that the notion that um when you're you know, especially for games like Doom, which are like, you know, like really, really like fast twitch based games that like to have hooks in there where the game is prepared rather than just being interpreted out the end sure. of a stream. So I mean, I don't know. Like yeah. I, Doom was the one I called juicy, right? Doom yes. was the one that came yeah. after this, which we should get into, which was very... <laughs> also like a Gutcher's ad. Also <laughs> oh, very you, juicy. You shoot that cacodemon with a rocket launcher and just... Uh-huh. Uh, I've never before seen someone just sliced in half. Mm. So, Doom Peeling. Eternal. Patrick, I'm going to let you take the lead on this because I know sure. how much of a Doom fan you are. Yes. Uh, yes, I adored uh, Doom. I mean, uh, Doom 2 is... Uh, 
like a, an iconic moment in sort of like my gaming history. Like right after my parents got, uh, my dad bought a uh, IBM, like a 486. It was like right around the same launch as Doom 2 Hell on Earth. I remember going to some computer warehouse that like went out of business later. Um, no, Fry's still around. This oh, this one was this one Ooh. definitely did not exist anymore, but I do not remember the name. But I distinctly remember the it's not the uh, uh, like the big standee for Doom Two. Mm-hmm. It was not the Cyber Demon, but it was the uh, Hell Baron, I think yeah. maybe. Um, and just my dad just being like, "Oh, that you play video games?" It's like, "Yep, let's just go buy Doom 2. and just was obsessed with um, that game and. Uh, Doom 2016, I think, was just such a really smart update of Doom as a franchise in which they uh, leaned into the freneticism, the, like, the speed. Like, you go play, and, like, you go play Doom again. Like, it's just fast. It's, like, fast. It is so fast relative to most shooters. Um, was it Circuit City? No. no. It's not Circuit City. There was, but there was I a Chicago one. City. Like, it wasn't a Babbage's. No. no, it was it was it was a like there was a Chicago area one that like closed like fifteen years ago and they were mm-hmm. really good. There was it, it might have been Comp USA. Yeah. Um. Are we having a? I. Are we good? Yeah. It's on. It might be on me because I I unplugged your thing when I had to. Oh yeah, my phone went immediately. It's like low power. Okay, oh. we're good now. We're good. Uh, and Doom twenty sixteen, what it did was uh, retain that speed, but then combined it with an, like a. And athleticism, like a verticality, like there was a lot of like climbing, jumping around, like it would just, it, uh, it just felt so good to yeah. play, especially after a decade of first-person shooters inspired by Call of Duty. Yes, uh, even Doom was going to go that route. Right. Like a leaked version of uh, an early concept for Doom Four was essentially what if Call of Duty but Doom were like. You were part of a squad of Marines dealing with demons invading right. New York or something like right. that. I so I two things. One, I was my experience of Doom 2016 was that a lot of people I loved really loved that game, and I was enthused for them. Sure. When I finally got to it, I was like, "Oh, I get what they like here. I I think that there is something about the game flow that was really like powerful and in a way where it was a deeply honest." We are going to make a game that is a power fantasy that is so into being a power fantasy that it almost gets to the point of self, uh, like self satire, right? We're like, sure, it is yes. the doom, the doom. It is marine. both taking do, do, part of uh, Doom 2016's genius. It is both uh, taking Doom from a mythology perspective, from a game right. perspective, from a historical perspective of what Doom represents, extremely seriously, totally. while at the same time being like. What a bunch of bullshit, right? And that's like a huge part of why it works. So I played it. I bounced off of it after like six hours. I tried really hard going into the game of the year to be like, I really want to beat this. But I I recognized what was there for the people who loved it. I played Doom Eternal, which I can talk about as of an hour and a half ago. I played it back at Judges Week. And there was so much there that I liked way more. And it still had some of the stuff that was like not for me in terms of like, this is still a game that is like, do 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 like and like that's okay that's fine <laughs> yes like this is still it a is game fine that is like a, <laughs> you're saying a it's a rhythm game yeah it's a, it is a rhythm <laughs> game. Did no, I mean, you, you joke score? but like it is it is in fact more of a rhythm game in some sense in that I love rhythm games. the loop of this game is <laughs> about balancing resources okay. and being in a sort of like it's the sort of thing that like you're gonna get a, bo- a box quote from someone 
and now it's going to be me because I have to say the phrase. It's like a, a ballet of violence, yes. right? Yes. Where specifically in Doom Eternal, the the in Doom 2016, you shot enemies, you fought enemies until they were glowy, and then you did a melee attack, which instant killed them, which made them drop health. And so, and then and slowed and, the action and down. slowed the action down, gave you a moment to breathe, and gave you health back. Because all okay. Doom 2016 was so fast, you right. always had a thousand enemies coming at you. Like it was a it was a game about managing both your resources right. and your attention. And the so, other my worst the, nightmare. <laughs> the, the other resource that was in Doom 2016 was fuel for your chainsaw. Yeah. Which was fairly rare, but you could use that when you killed an enemy with a chainsaw, you got ammo back. I take it back. This sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be like, I'm going to shoot enemies and kill them with glory kills, glory kills to get health back. And then when I'm low on ammo and I can't put people into a dazed state anymore, I'll use the chainsaw to get my ammo back and loop okay. it. Oh, that, make, that makes sense. So yeah. the thing that they add in Doom Eternal is a thing that they call the Flame Belch, which you see in that trailer, Great. which is a little shoulder-mounted, like, flamethrower, which in the trailer they showed today looked like it also could do, like, a grenade toss or something. I'm not sure. But it shoots out a flame, and enemies that get caught on fire when you kill them, they drop armor. And so it adds one more node into this loop of things you're doing. And because they've given you a second way to heal, basically, like armor just goes on top of your health, it means that they can have even more intense arenas, more enemies coming towards you, and more hordes of enemies coming towards you. A collection of enemies who are weaker suddenly is interesting and good for you because you can hit the flamethrower on them. The flamethrower is on a cooldown. It's on like a 30-second cooldown or something. But it's as much ammo as you want. It's just on that cooldown. Like, all right, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to fight the much harder enemy. I'm going to try to... To shoot its big laser cannon off or its laser cannon off. Which arms, is new. The idea of like destructibility new. on, on the, enemies, the enemies is new. Is new yeah. Then I'm gonna back out, I'm gonna find this horde of low level zombies, hit them with the flamethrower, then kill them. They're on fire, they're gonna drop a bunch of armor. I'm gonna like so much armor. They just explode with little armor trinkets. So that stuff is like, wow, the core loop of combat, the core combat loop is really strong. The arenas that I played at Judges Week were better than the ones that were I played in the original Doom tournament. And now you have a grappling hook in this one, so the This is the part that I actually want to get to, which is the if this game was just more of the combat, it would not I wouldn't play it. I'd be like, yeah, okay. But I spent, you know, they gave us a ton of time to play Doom 20, Doom Eternal. And what that meant was they let me just like poke around the levels and find secrets and do little like Special like platforming I saw a question challenges. Question mark in that trailer, and I said, "What is yes. that?" And I was like, "That is a thing that it took me 15 minutes to find in this level that required me like jump down and like find a window and jump outside and grapple onto a thing okay, and I cling onto the wall and like really cool first person platforming navigation yeah. secret shit. Like one of like Titanfall two vibes. Titanfall two vibes, hundred percent, even Hollow Knight vibes in the sense of yeah. like how the fuck do I but that specific Titanfall 2 secret stuff 100% in yeah. there but even even more so because of how open these levels are because um, you can cl- like one of the, the was so uh, delight yeah <laughs> there was a delightful about uh, Doom 2016 was clearing out an entire level yeah pulling up the map oh, and, it's, so and it says well you found three out of six secrets and you're like fuck okay let's so go it's and, then, and then so then all the Dynacism, the, the the stress of, of the action is gone. Doesn't respawn enemies. The enemy, the level is just empty. And then you can start looking at the environment. Right. And so the idea that they took that, um, which mostly what you were doing in uh, the 2016 game was finding the little cute dolls. But there, you, it hinted at, it gestured at 
what it's going to do here, which is like some fucking wild platforming challenge, like dodge these flame things. And I'm like, yes, yeah. like that, that stuff is what really I'm here cool. for. I really, really enjoyed that. I had a great time playing it. I'm excited for you to get to play it later. Yeah, I'm going to play on Tuesday morning. Yeah, I'm going to start e proper E3. Doodle, First doodle. thing I'm doing is Doom. <laughs> it's very wow. cool. And it is, it is, they know what they're making. They're not ashamed to be making the thing that they're making. Like, well, so people have to remember, like, uh, so when Doom 2016 came out, um, it was at a weird time for Bethesda, like vis-a-vis -vis the press, in which they had this new policy of, yeah. uh, we're just not going to do reviews anymore. Like, you're going to get- got streamers. You're going to get a, uh, you're going to get a code uh, when that game comes out, and then- do what you will with it. Mm -hmm. And it came at a time... Unless, unless you're a, 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 an E3 judge or yes. a Game of the Year judge, in which case for, for the Game of the Keelys, then we'll send you one for just for that, though, not for review. Right. Fuck off. And, and, and Doom was weird where they were pitching the multiplayer first and the single player was kind of a backseat thing. And what ended up happening was that this game came out, the multiplayer did not attach at all. It more or less like bombed. They treat, really, tr truly tried to support it with all sorts of stuff, but the campaign and the story like just like took off in a way that they clearly were not anticipating. And so, whereas that campaign felt like a shaky confidence of like, ah, boy, I hope people like this version of Doom we're doing. This one feels like two middle fingers. Like, yes, like we know what Doom is. We're like when they came out and said. As someone that believes in the unified Doom theory, um, <laughs> that all the Doom uh, games are connected, thanks to Do the ending to Doom 64. Um, you can see my article at Kotaku that summarizes the theory. It is not my theory, it is just me explaining the theory, and I'm hoping I can pitch it to the developers at Software um, when I see that game on Tuesday. Um, he doesn't know where he's going anymore. <laughs> when they came out and said, you know, Earth is under uh, assault, this is not just the world of Doom, it's the universe of Doom, and I was like, Let's go. Heaven, heaven or hell, let's, let's rock. Let's go. Just bring me a universe of doom. Yeah. Patrick gives this two middle fingers up. <laughs> <laughs> and I only do that for doom games. That's, it's just a pure doom scale. Anyway, we'll talk more about it on Tuesday. Yeah, but I, there's I a multiplayer am, thing also, yeah. which I, I'm not that interested in talking about because we haven't played it and it doesn't... No, it's, like it's, it's called Battle Mode. Um, uh, it's... Uh, uh, skill versus strategy, and basically, I, I will I will give them credit. Like just getting <laughs> getting rid. Like maybe there'll still be a deathmatch thing, but right. not emphasizing that, given that that's not what people uh, glommed onto. Yeah, I'll be. I'm a little bummed that they they had a really clever level like uh, level editor yeah. in the original game. Right, right, um, right. I would have loved if like let people just build single player stuff like sure. of all that thing. But who knows? We'll see if that comes back. But. Um, it, at least they're trying something different, but I think there's a reason that came at the end. It's right. like they know what people are right. here and for. And it's now. let's go fuck up demons and angels now? Question mark. Sure. Were angels ever in Doom before? Uh, in, in the like a, no like so the, like going to heaven, it will be a new thing. Well, I mean, you know, you know what devils are though. Demons. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. yeah. So I mean, like saying. technically, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what devils are? Fallen angels. Thank you. <laughs> Before we, we wrap on this half of the podcast, Nicole, you went to EA Play yesterday. Why, yes, I did. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you saw there? Yeah, so, I, so I'm going to talk about uh, Star Wars. You're very stressed about this. Are they still going to talk to us? No, no, no. no. She, she, before, before we I've started like this podcast, everyone to be like, she was like, I don't like, know anything. She, she was, so, and I want to, this very specific point, I was like, I, I was like it's okay. 
Waypoint is a safe place <laughs> yeah. to exp- to explain the parts of fandom you do not understand. I'm like trying to find the right angle to dive into the fact that like I love sci-fi, but I cannot keep Star Wars lore straight, like whatsoever. <laughs> Fair, I, but like I know the broad strokes. Like I, I know that the Jedi are the good ones, but sometimes they turn bad. <laughs> well. well. Like, sometimes they turn back. In that the is movie, true. In the movies, yeah, no, they okay, are portrayed. That's like saying the police are the good ones, but sometimes they turn back. That's okay, true. Fine. So we've, we've established my basic knowledge of the canon. <laughs> what you need to know um, is the Jedi are cops. Mm-hmm. Self-elected. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, guys, I have the Wikipedia article yes. for the game pulled up so I can read to you what it is about. Okay. <laughs> we talked, we did already do a podcast about the general stuff. So, like... Okay, cool. We, we know... So, because I learned things that weren't dependent on the very specific plot details because they can't reveal narrative, but I know some more information about, like, what the experience of gameplay is. Sure. So, one of my favorite moments I had talking to the lead narrative designer was asking him about the implementation of the Force. Sure. Because I feel like a lot of Star Wars games and, like, a lot of games that have... It's cheap to call it like magic or paranormal, but that's kind of what it is. Telekinesis. Spiritual, right? Right. (laughs) But it's very hard to weave in like magic with elements of physical combat. Like a lightsaber is basically a fancy sword. Right, right, right. right. I feel like I'm going to make enemies by saying that, but like that's in a game, that's what it's going to be. Um. (laughs) (laughs) But no, you're right, right? Like the idea of like a lot of games make magic, magic doesn't feel. Like it's part of the physical world. It's You're just like, like button mashing, or you pick to be a mage, and that is your class. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, with something like the Force, which is so fundamental to the imprint of the game and the lore and the mythology and just how it feels to traverse the world, the early gameplay that we saw was like he is using the Force to procure a vine so that he may swing. <laughs> That's great. Just <laughs> procure a vine button. Well, yeah. because no, because like, it's like the idea of like extending the Force. You don't, you know, you don't see this in the movies where it's like. What like the everyday things that you could just use the force laundry yeah can you make the the shirts fold themselves probably you okay kato like fuck you guys kato, when you just stand up suddenly it's stressful and we think things are wrong we do you need to tell us everything that's a fine prime us okay thank you so the tldr on the force question i was able to ask this sure this man um because he wasn't able to spoil anything about the narrative, which I'm sure is critical to like the intention there, sure. is like how do we create a game where we make the force felt in traversal, in gameplay, but also in mythology? How do we have the force touch every element of the game? And that was something he was very adamant that they actually spent a lot of time doing, which is something I didn't notice in previous Star Wars games, which I have like attempted to play, but never really felt like I was engaged with, but also like loot boxes and like that right, whole right, thing. Right. Um, and the other conversation we had I really liked was about the companion droid. I think it's BD1, this is his name, but it was inspired by his dog. Hell, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like seeing it now, like it felt very puppy. And yeah. it just. Always love that droid. I. <laughs> I mean, Rob did not always Star love that Wars droid. droids are so critical did to the enjoyment of the film. Did you come out against yes. Star Wars? Yeah, probably. Yes. Multiple he, times. Yes. Wow. I'm glad I wasn't here <laughs> yesterday. I know. I, 
I don't know if I know enough to form an opinion. I just like the droids. That's all you need. It's, that's, it's that's, okay. That's the droids are, you yeah. like don't let Rob influence you. No, it's fine. Like the thing I find interesting is he was talking about like the AI companion Bioshock Infinite, which seems like such a tall order to put on the shoulders of a cute droid. Honestly, um, I think that droid is probably going to have more characterization than they gave to Elizabeth in Bioshock Infinite. That's mm. true. She, I mean. I, I have just a bleep loop version of the circle being <laughs> broken. <laughs> if they do a little dance number with that droid, that would be, that would be oh, perfect. Driven to tears. Well, I mean, oh. BB-8 could fly a fucking plane, right? Like in true. the film. True. The other thing that was cool was like we know Saw Gerrera is going to be in this, yes. so like right. we know there's some Rogue One stuff going on. I also asked him like, what stuff is up with new planets and new worlds, as has been advertised in the uh, in the press releases? And he was like, I may not tell you. And I was like, Will there be a cantina? And he said, I can't tell you. And I, I said, Are there Ewoks? Are there deserts? Is it desolate? And he was like, We know Star Wars has a lot of varied environments. <laughs> With a lot of different kinds of alien species, and we will make sure fans know that this exists in the Star Wars universe. And I was like, "Wow, <laughs> wow!" I appreciate your should dolphin. fans of Trandoshans be excited? Yeah. Well, I mean, I will say, I asked him, like, does this game fetishize difficulty? Because he he they, cited they, they cited yeah, Dark Souls. They, yeah, they cited yeah. Dark Souls, and I was like, "Oh, so how difficult is this going to be?" And he gave an answer that I really appreciated, which was like, "We want." fans of Star Wars who don't necessarily identify as like I play games or I understand how to play games to enjoy this but we want the difficulty to be something you can modulate so that people who are hardcore gamers can get into it Um, and so I'm curious how that pans out yeah I that game was that that was at Microsoft today yes and I think looked a little sharper than it did well the opening shot of the trailer of the Microsoft thing was like they were in a boat or like they were a swamp. In a, a swamp, and then like there's a bit, you know, a walker, a big through. walker yeah. with like oh that these, got me. That yeah. swamp, and we all looked at each other like that shot alone is better than anything that was Everything. in that 15 minutes of yep. EA play. Yep, totally. Yep. I mean, I think about Star Wars and what works for me with Star Wars, and Star Wars is something that I'm like a deep fan of, even though. Maybe not as much as I was in high school and I was reading novels and everything but like that. But it still gets you. But it still gets me. <laughs> and and so there is a bag of tricks that you can deploy when you're making a Star Wars game that that not every Star Wars game does deploy um, because it's hard. Or, or not just because it's hard because it's not in the, in the kind of like purview of what the game is, right? I, I think about um, uh, like the, the most recent Star Wars uh, battle. Field? That's what I was going to say. Front. Where, like, they try to do some of the storytelling stuff, but at the end of the day, that single-player stuff was basically bot matches, and so it didn't really... Whereas, I think some of the camera work that's done in the trailer that we saw today evokes the camera work that's in the films in moments of actual play. The framing of of Hmm. areas and stuff remind me, in this not in this intellectual way, like, in this, like, deep lizard brain way of, like... The same way I know that fire is hot, I understand that certain camera pans are Star Wars to yeah. me. Mm. That's that's Star Wars to me. <laughs> and so like I mean it makes sense given the impact of the films in terms of totally. like the cinematic quality, the camera movements, they were so ahead of their time, so like the game should utilize that. Right. Yeah. Totally. And so that worked for me at the Microsoft side. I'm curious to see more of it this week. I think I'm going to get hands on. I think Kato and I might give hands on. We'll see. <laughs> no, it's just like I was thinking about that that point about like why does one Star Wars thing work and another falls flat? And I think it is because all of us had that first time we saw that stuff. 
and we were talking about this the other day on the podcast, the, mm-hmm. the final scene of the final Vader scene in Rogue One where uh, he just becomes this like almost like eldritch creature just yeah. coming out of the darkness and mm. completely breaks the rules of the universe as we've seen them through this movie and just cutting down rebel troops. And it was sort of reclamation of there was a point where the idea of a Jedi or a dark Jedi was cool, right? It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, one of those things. Yeah. It was like something that was like, Contemptible because it was so familiar. It was such a familiar beat. And I think the challenge for anyone working in Star Wars is how do you sort of use this familiar iconography, these familiar images, and imbue them with that power of the first time you saw them? So, like, right. the ATAT is, yeah, it's just like it's the Empire's tank. But there's that first time you saw it in Empire Strikes Back coming out of you know the mist of like the snowfield. Yeah. And today when there was that clip of it sort of lumbering through that swamp with like bits of vegetation dangling off on it and you realized the scale of the thing, the incomprehensibility of the thing. Yeah. And it got me in that same place where it was like, oh that's right, they're huge. Mm-hmm. They're 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 scary. Yeah. I one of the things you get at there too, which is so fascinating about Star Wars specifically is it can feel like you a game or a movie or a book can use something in that universe and can use it up, right? The idea of like the gray Jedi or even like the dark Jedi, right? Like when Luke shows up in Return of the Jedi in all black everything with a new lightsaber, you're like, oh shit, is he a dark Jedi? What does that mean? Like what's it mean to have like to, to dabble in the dark side? 30, 40 years later, we're at a point now where it's like, yeah, we get what a dark Jedi is. Like we know who Kylo Ren is. We know what it means to have all black on. And there is a degree to which the it's not just novelty. It's like fascination and mystery. It gets solved. And so it feels special when someone can come around in that same universe and instill something with that same sense of, of mystique and power. And so I hope that they do that. Um, those aren't the things I have come to respawn for in the past. And that's no. what makes me like right. not still have just skepticism. Also, but also this feels um, kind of often a little respawn adjacent. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, it's like I, I don't necessarily look at it and immediately, if you took the respawn logo off, would and the I be wall able, rolling out. Yeah, like would I be able to tell you this was a respawn game? This mm-hmm. feels more like respawn doing something a little bit different than you know. You see Apex Legends, Titanfall. You see like a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of shared DNA there. Um, this is you know being led by uh, you know a former creative director on God of War three, and this feels you can see a lot more of that. Um, yeah. How do you guys feel yeah. about the time in which it's set? Like, part of the reason I was never able to get into Star Wars as a kid was because it was just the male gaze was everywhere. Oh, yeah. And it never felt like it was for me. And I'm like an unbashful admirer of the new trilogy, but I feel like I can't talk about it because there's this sense that it's besmearing the good name of the original among many hardcore fans. But yeah, fuck them. Like, I, I yeah. love the new series. What I love about it is because I think it's fun. It helps me understand the lore. It's a good story. Kylo Ren is like, I love him. I love, like, Skyping Kylo Ren. <laughs> I <laughs> love I mean? Skyping Kylo Ren. But, like... <laughs> I, I love that yeah, women okay. get to I love that women get to be Skype characters. Kylo Ren. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Skype Kylo Ren. Yeah. And it's not just lip service. Like the my least favorite thing is engaging in these conversations because people are like Leia was badass. Like yeah, she was badass, but we still objectified her oh, constantly. And we're I mean, we're setting this game in an era before women could do things 
in the well. In so what universe. is the time period? So it takes place between the last of the prequels and the and the New Hope. So it's yeah. like the era at which the Jedi were being hunted down and killed, right? So new, which is like so narratively interesting, and also pre yeah, so pre pre Rogue, Rogue One, pre Rogue One, because Saul okay. Gamera, who's Forrest Whitaker's character, was in it gotcha. before he's like on his like oxygen gotcha. mask situation. So what I will say is, I feel like this the series or Star Wars as a franchise has been in a long a long process of, of correcting that since like the Clone War series. Yeah. Look at someone like Ahsoka who is the the de facto lead of the Clone War series and her arc as like a, a growing from a girl to a woman, like that is a that is certainly not necessarily a show that is about like the the female gaze or anything like that. It is yeah. a children's show. That's not really about sexuality, though there are some relationships in it. Um it is a that is a show that has like interesting women characters it has it has interesting characters who push past kind of like the white male lead that star wars has always had at its center um and so i think like there have been creators doing stuff in that space i should um, watch that i would totally watch you that. should yeah. like clone wars rules i have to i want to watch rebels i want to watch uh whatever that there's the another new one the new one that yeah I before the uh, force awakens i totally. think clone wars was ruined for me when adam Serwer noted that it was uh a ploy to normalize permanent warfare for a new generation of children. <laughs> which like, I was like, oh shit, that doesn't seem good. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. And it isn't, yeah. but, but also it is still a show that is about a republic being led into infinite warfare. And the forever right? war ends up consuming it. Right, yeah. totally, and turning it into a fascist state. Yeah. Just some lessons we should consider yeah. in America. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, and I think like so. So there are spaces where they address that, which is also part of why like Cal Kestis doesn't do shit for me as a lead. Who's is, a lead? In he's this. An, is he new? Right? He's, new. he's yeah. new. That was that was something that I struggled with. Like I don't know what maybe the idea is. It, he's a vessel from which the gamer can fill and become this character. But he just seems boring I, as shit. I don't know what. Yeah. Maybe it'll like be a Archie. really cool intro that'll make me. Wait, like have we concluded? Have, have we found out if it's just is the it actor? Archie? I don't think it's KJ. Appa. Is that the actor's up. name? Yeah. First name basis. It's like that. <laughs> Cal. Kestis. That's not KJ. Let's pull. Him I up will here. say the. I like the name. I'd yeah, it's like, a great Star Wars name. Yeah. I do love just like. Jedi Arche, just like instantaneous <laughs> Sith, just immediately. <laughs> Je- flip just like these. you can flip through. Yes, Archie. My, all my photos of of Jedi Archie. Wow, your camera roll's really full of Jedi Archie. It's just Jedi Archie. Folder. Uh huh. Cal Kestis all the way. The Cal Kestis defender is logged on. I think there's an interesting thing like regarding that, like the era in which this game is set. I think something else is the original trilogy certainly exists. It's not Archie. It's not Archie. Exists in this realm of like really simple uh, Manichaean good versus evil struggle. And I think one of the things that was exciting about Rogue One and seeing Saul Guerrero uh, pop up is this notion that like in that movie is established, oh, he was like extremist even like for the rebel factions. He was somebody who was willing to carry carry out like mass casualty attacks. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think Star Wars has tended to struggle with this uh, problem where a lot of its most popular works kind of eliminate the interesting questions from the setting. Yeah. And so the idea of a work slotting in to a point in time where these answers aren't as clear or they've not been resolved really does excite me because then, it, because I just think like, oh, you could do something in that gap. 
It excites me, except the fear is this will be the game where they decide Saul Guerrero's gone too far, and what if we... What if we were respectable resistance mm. members, right? Mm. Like that is the story of Saul Guerrero as presented. It, it's just like I think it works in Rogue One partially because they have so many other early lines about why characters end up with the politics they have in the world yeah. of Star Wars. There's that great line that's just like we're fucking broke. I, you know, people like me don't have the luxury of having a politics. Is a great little line around uh, what's the. Uh, or so, Jin or so, yeah, and like stuff like that. I think makes it work there. But my fear with the Sagarera character, as he's appeared across other stuff, is like, is this going to be like, oh, he turned, he gave, he gave yeah. in and became, and he, we have to fight a better war. And like, I think there's conversations to be had. There certainly are degrees to which we should consider the steps we're willing to take while fighting things. But when we're fighting space fascism. That bar is pretty high. The Empire is really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. He's going to be, I don't, I hesitate to say mentor because I'm not sure, but he's going to be some sort of like formative Hell character yeah. in the game. Maybe he's, maybe he radicalizes Archie. Oh, that'd be so good. That God. would actually radicalize Archie. I don't care. That would make it interesting to me. That's worse. It's the oh, Joker from oh. Gotham. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Shit. Wow, that gives me weird feelings. Fuck off. I don't like that. So he's a Sith? Then? I'm just am bad at it. <laughs> you're, bad, you're mad at it? Mad, not mad, bad at it. At what? Oh, we're, oh, we're talking about that, Gotham. We're talking about that, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, we're not doing stop. Gotham. Yeah. We're gonna well, that's why we down. turned away from the mic. Oh, yeah. can I talk about Sea of Solitude? Talk about Sea of Solitude. Oh, because sure, I, yeah. I would love to talk about Sea of Solitude at length because I think this is like the most me game or the game I'm most excited about. Um, For people who aren't familiar with it, it's stunning. It's this woman who is uh, wrath embodied is the way I describe her look. Mm. She's covered in these kind of black gnarled feathers and her eyes are red and she's unmoored. She's at sea alone. So the narrative is about just intense grief and loneliness and depression and it makes me think a lot about games like Celeste, which is probably one of my favorite games in the last couple years. Hell yeah. Um, and also like Grease and even Hyperlight Drifter. If I were to characterize it based off of the demo I saw, which I can't share too much about just because I think they want to keep the gameplay as under wraps as possible for hype. Somewhere between Celeste and Grease in terms of how much dialogue and like structure we get, um, it just... There are so many games tackling mental health right now. And what I found interesting talking to the woman who made this, and it's a small studio based out of Berlin, is that she actually has never had depression. This game came out of seeing people who she desperately cares for in her life having depression and her trying to attempt to understand ways to empathize with them and how to fix their, or not fix, but help their profound sense of loneliness. So each level is mirrored off of an insight or she was very clear to state it wasn't just a single character's experience of loneliness, but Mm. the perspective of friends and family who attempt to step in and reaffirm the idea that there's support, but the ways depression makes us feel like we are worthless or in some ways unworthy of that support. Um, And I didn't get to see a lot of what the narrative looks like, but I will say like optically 
there were moments that moved me to the point of tears, which is very high praise. Um, there's one particular bit where, whereas in Celeste, you're very aware of the fact that her enemy is herself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It takes this form and taunts her and you know the mountain is what made it happen. Or even in a game like Night in the Woods where you know, even though you don't know what she did, you know May is suffering from some kind of mental illness or there's a reason she's at home and some sort of catastrophe happened in her past. This game makes it unclear what provoked this and it makes it unclear whether the enemies come from her. Mm. And there's a scene where an, an enemy pops out and the maker of the game called them monsters and just screams at her, you are, you're worthless, um, among other things. And that part just got me. And I don't know why, because it could be very trite. Right. Yeah. But something about how just visually beautiful and desolate, almost in a Journey-like way, where Journey uses it for like lonely introspection and pleasant melancholy, this game like puts you in the middle of the sea in like a dilapidated city and has this monster who you're not sure is you mm. come up and say, as soon as you finally succeeded in doing something early in this level, like <sighs> you're trash. Damn. Um, and as someone who struggled <laughs> with depression for a long time, yeah, sitting there watching this. Big mood. Yeah. yeah. Um, and after talking to her, just asking, you know, the she founded the studio, she created the game, she did mobile games for a very long time and had to break the contract in order to pursue this project. Um, and like the person in her life who was depressed and I asked her if it was okay to share this, um, was a long-term boyfriend who would just vanish at days at a time. Sometimes two weeks he would just vanish and she didn't know he was depressed. Um, she very explicitly said, I want this game to make people feel like they are less alone. I want this game to feel like they give others insight into how to make others in their life who appear depressed feel less alone. Um, and that, which is a big, which is yeah. a, a big check to write. That's right. A big swing. Yeah. 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 And so I, I don't, it's hard to know whether a game can really deliver on that. Like part of the reason Celeste was so impactful was because I came into it knowing nothing. Right. I thought this was just like a really hard platformer. <laughs> which it is. Yeah. With but like also a female main character, which is a luxury I feel I never get to have in games of this caliber. And as you progress, it really hits you. It uses um, the, Celeste uh, successfully uses the fact, it uses the platforming to disarm you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it hits you with the narrative and because these games of these type don't usually attempt, never attempt to tell like meaningful stories through their design. Yeah, platformers it, it, especially have always felt that way to me. But right. I think it may be because of the legacy of Nintendo telling us like Princess Peach is kidnapped <laughs> and ergo we must do things to save the lady. Right. <laughs> or even yeah. something like Greece, which I think... I was Greece so frustrated also smaller by Greece in, scope, in some ways. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I was frustrated by Greece. I thought it was very beautiful, but I, that felt trite to me pretty often and very much like... Yeah, same. And so it, from what you're saying, there's something that sounds more direct about Sea of Solitude. I was going to speak to an experience whereas Greece felt so utterly vague that I came out of it, uh, especially as someone that's never experienced depression, not knowing like what was the takeaway from this. Like mm -hmm. what, what was... If there was a, meant to be a message to about something, like. I, I didn't pick up on it. It was pretty. I enjoyed my time here. But right. I, what, did, what, was, what were you trying to convey through the artistry of the game? And it seems like 
you know, Steve's altitude while writing a bigger check, at least it sounds like it has like a specific intent. Like it has yeah. an angle on what it's going for. Whether it succeeds at that, you know, remains to be seen. But at least they're like, we know what we're trying to convey to the player. Yeah, and to continue the comparisons, even Hyperlight Drifter, while feeling kind of vague, still imparted the sense of like what it means to be in a chronic state of pain. Yeah, yeah. And it did that through tropes like glitches, mm -hmm. just like Celeste left the player thinking, oh, it's not something you overcome. It's something that you recognize as a form of who you are. It's part of your yeah. daily experience. This is with you. Yep. Right. And and yeah. the the creator of Sea of Solitude said that her goal wasn't to tell people you will be cured, it will go away forever, but rather it is okay to not be okay. Right. Mm. Which is something that That's I like a feel relief like, to yeah. hear because like early on in this picture I was like please don't be a game that is like here is we're gonna pathologize this and then talk about like a magical cure. And you that was it. so you my worry it. too. Which that Celeste doesn't been. do either, right? Like yeah. there is no, right. there's not a victory state. There's a, an acceptance state. Yeah. Um, and those are like really different things when you're dealing with this very specific yes. topic. And the last thing I'll say about it is um, something the creator also divulged was it's meant to be purposefully vague early on. It's meant to allow the person playing it to kind of slot their experiences in and take away from it what they feel when the water goes from murky black to a beautiful light blue city, the rising and falling of water, the waves and how you feel when you navigate them, how you feel when you see a lighthouse versus something that is arguably on the same spectrum like that dragon cancer, which is like mm -hmm. a very much, it's like playing a movie. It's, um, it's pretty like didactic in, in parts like yeah. i you like that game a lot and i like yeah you, you responded well to that i game. responded well you yeah responded I, better to that game than i yeah, did i mean and, and for me this specific thing is the reason why i didn't respond super well to it was because i wanted something that was a little more abstract which is not what no, they that, wanted that, to make that, which yeah, i understand that dragon why, cancer is like this is this our, is our story. fucking story so like yeah. i would never be like they should have sure, made a different game sure, to be clear sure. but it makes it for a very specific whereas like if you don't respond to that story right. or find your way to it there's no there's nowhere else to go right exactly <laughs> also for anyone who wants to know the reason it's set in the sea besides the vivid imagery is actually because though she lives in berlin she identifies as having grown up in a region of the Baltic Sea. Oh, interesting. Oh. And so actually the cities in the game are also based on Berlin. Um, oh, cool. And so the game really is like a, a love letter to the hard time she had, but her version of making sure it appeals to more people. She actually told me that I asked if there were any points of inspiration because like we can sit here and like bring up all these points. And she told me her problem was actually she would play a game and then notice her character design would get too close to the things she loved about the characters in the game she was playing. <laughs> um, so she had to avoid um, playing games, which That's I funny. think mirrors writing quite beautifully. I'm sure. So. Totally. I like uh, sad things. <laughs> welcome well, to yeah, Waypoint. Welcome <laughs> to yeah. Here we go. We should take a break and come back and talk about Microsoft stuff. I'm going to leave. You're going to head out. Natalie, thank you for joining us. We'll be, I'll see be in you. the audience. You'll be in the audience and you'll be around later this week. I will be. I'm going to E3. That's true. So I'll do, be do, there. Do, um, we have an appointment on Tuesday. We do. So. Say hi. Um, yep. Yeah. Bye.
I guess we're on a break now. All right, everybody, we will be back. <laughs> Nicole, you're going to stick around or you're going to head out? Uh, we can figure that out. We're going to figure it out. Uh, I'm getting the po- podcast going through post, right? Or no? What? What? Never mind. What? Uh, this is live. Oh, sorry, so, guys. Oh, it's fine. fine. Okay, I'll decide after. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll but we'll, this will be cut out. We'll figure it out. Okay. We're good. Cool. But our Periscope get the behind the scenes of decision making. Why I was just going to ask for the podcast, you want to be like, although they're not going to know we came back. I'm just going to stop now. (laughs) All right. We will be right back. Bye. Bye. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Two waypoints. E3 coverage for 2019 is day negative one. I'm very close to this microphone. We are a quieter house. We're starting this one before midnight. <laughs> Barely. It's a full hour. I need a full hour. Our bellies are full with pork. Oh, yeah. Wonderfully we, we, uh, braised. I know we said 30 minutes, but we just had to. I had to eat the whole pig. It was a good job, Rob. Thank you, Thank Rob. You. Rob, you did a great job cooking for this house. It's a good. It was an easy, serious eats recipe. It was. It was delicious. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Patrick Klepek's here. Hello. Rob Zachney's here. Cato doesn't have a microphone. Oh yeah, I have a mic. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wounded. Cato. I guess the thing is, you can't. I mean, yeah, you should be on mic. Is the be mic, on mic? Is the mic isn't the phone, right? Huh? The mic isn't the phone, right? No, though okay. I'm saying we should like, and if people on on Periscope can't hear him when he's talking, they should download the podcast. <laughs> but they'll hear him and laugh off mic, which will be rate and review us on the podcast. Five star runtimes. Five star. Five star periscopes. Five star. Look at these expensive cameras. <laughs> we are surrounded by cameras. Ah. We have two set up that are fantastic. Yeah. There's a third one. There's a, but there's a third one that there was banished to the to the negative zone. Neg- yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I was going was the negative zone. Uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes technology <laughs> is the way it is. <laughs> well, well, the first kind of speak was that. a yeah. perfectly good technology exists to transfer data from one piece of hardware into a computer or yeah. be processed. Yeah. And then for reasons passing understanding, mm. the optimal and like universally adopted way to transfer that data is just not compatible with your computer anymore. Yeah. And you're forced to rely on a dodgy jack and a dodgy hub. And that is how we got to where we're at today. And I'm thinking of a segue. I don't have one. And that's Instead. how you cook a pork. And that's how you cook a pork. We watched the Microsoft press conference this sure morning, did. this afternoon. One o'clock, so... Right. Afternoon. We'd already done... Oh, we, I, remember, I remember what we did. We can't talk about what we did yet. Right. We can talk about it in the future. 
Um, but we came back, we sat down to watch the Microsoft press conference, and we were greeted immediately with the sights of space as we were treated to a trailer for the Outer Worlds, not Outer the Outer Wilds. Wilds. Although earlier today you were pitching someone on that game yes. and said Outer Wilds. That is a thing that happened. Um, I only watched that trailer once, so I didn't go back and rewatch it. Uh, but it seemed to be just like a nice little like tone piece about the world. Yeah, about the like, world. Like there wasn't a lot of like conversation. No. There wasn't a lot of like oh, this there is was what a little be bit. doing. There's, there was the moment where you're like, oh, that's a Fallout face. Well, yes, they do like a zoom in, and it was a very like Fallout tech. Oh yeah, like just like dead eyed. There's yeah, just a very specific <laughs> like like especially now in 2019, like a doll. All their NPCs look like someone at the end of a long shift of working retail and you walked in five minutes before the store closes. <laughs> like that is like that is how Hello like, and welcome what, to this dialogue. What can I do for you? <laughs> no, really, I'm happy to serve you. Totally. Um I will say like We got a release date was the we got a release basically date, what that trailer the, was the there big to serve. Thing there, which is October twenty fifth. Yeah. Which is not that far away. No. Um we got more of like Frontier capital colonialism, capitalist That game will be on Game Pass at launch. Oh, that will be on Game Pass. Which is like, that's, that's like a big. pretty substantial yeah. game to, I mean, obviously, well, they've Microsoft talked about, bought Obsidian. Right, right, right. Um, Take-Two owns the rights to this game, yes. I think. Uh, and so it's a weird situation. And But I like Microsoft leveraging the awkwardness of that to say, yo, just get Game Pass and get like a big-ass RPG for right, right, part of your right. subscription totally. is... Like, that's a good move. I mean, it was a huge Which thematic part. Game Pass. Well, we'll, we'll get there. That. We'll get there. We'll <laughs> finish hitting this. We'll say just Outer Worlds, like, didn't do it for me a great deal. And I was sort of predisposed to be excited for this, given who's making it. Yeah. But I think for me, um, the style, the tone of it, he was a little too closely to sort of the aesthetic inspirations that Borderlands is pulling from Ooh. that rage uh, to my dismay is pulling from and I'm sure this will be executed better in Rage's case it's hard to imagine it being executed worse but nevertheless watching it it did just feel a little bit derivative Mm -hmm. in a way that these are tropes people like but it's not necessarily a world I'm excited to dive into there is a degree to which I I do feel that there is that there's a point where someone's like no one's made a Firefly RPG yet Right in this in this to this degree, no one's made the Western space Western RPG. We should do that. We can do that, and I think there's a version of that that is better than Firefly, a show that I've kind of like really fallen off of from when I first saw it. I was like, yes, space Western, yay! Uh, and my hope is that like this is a game that digs into why that what genre, that means, what, why it's totally, appealing, all, why, why it's a right, problem, yeah, all that stuff. Um, it's, That's also it's, hard to fit into like a two and a half minute trailer. Right. Exactly. Especially because like the two and a half minute trailer is like the premise of the game is set up here, which is you're an outsider. The world has been colonized. These, this system, the Halcyon system has been colonized by a, a kind of corporate government that is corrupt and filled with secrets. You're an outsider. You're an unknown quantity, which means that you can cause trouble and get there was to the also bottom part of, it. of the thematic but, part of the trailer was like, what decisions will they make? Right. What kind of person right. will they be? Will you stab the dude in the head, or will you talk to him and then shoot him two minute like a two second, seconds yeah. later? Yeah, uh-huh, that does happen. Options, options, Kato, player options. choice. Um, uh, there's a theater demo for this this week that I am curious about. I'd, I I'd love it, so. if like a version of that game that ends up with is. 
like the natural tension that it's playing with of like colonialism and like imperialism and like space exploration and like the natural fantasies that these types of games play on that it's tempting you in certain directions but gives yeah. you options to do other things. It's a really tight rope to walk. It really that, is. That like on some level engaging with the premise means saying like this is kind of a problem but it's also a fantasy. What can we do well, with this, that? This is like we need to uh, – one of the reasons why I really wanted to do uh, a Waypoint 101 on Fall in New Vegas this year at some point was because I think we are in a place where we should be reevaluating our – superlatives that we that we gave to a game like that because we felt like it was mature and handling tough questions. Sure. Uh, one of the things I think has come that as people have moved away from New Vegas, I, which is a game that is, despite what one of its lead designers says now, absolutely a deeply political game. Um, a game that is interested in framing wait, certain wait, questions. Wait, wait, like that's a oh thing? Oh god, dude. We don't have time. Okay, alright. <laughs> Who? Everyone? Yeah, dude. You didn't see this quote from no. last week? Oh, bro. Oh, this is like a last week thing? Okay, you gotta catch me at least on this part. We don't have to like go in, in, but like I need the quote. Okay, I'm gonna get the quote for everybody. Because I mean, New Vegas... Seven, is, seven days ago. New Vegas especially. Um, here we go. They may become political as societal norms change, but I believe it's po it's possible to do apolitical games. I also don't condone developers who want to do political games or make a statement. I think a game is served better by asking a question, providing to provide a range of perspectives on the question, but then leaving the answer to the player. I try to frame any politics in the parameters of the world, the lore, and the franchise. The reason I take this approach is because I view games as entertainment. If you're purposely pushing an agenda or point of view in your game, especially a real-world one that's clearly divorced from the game world, and you're dictating that perspective as correct versus asking a question or examining the perspective more broadly, then it's left the gaming realm and the game has become a pulpit. When I do a political design, I don't view the narrative as having nothing to say. Instead, the stories may have something to say in the context of the game world. The game's commentary may simply may be simply on the game world, gods, factions, or some other aspect of the lore or franchise itself. And ideally, the player is part of the story and not simply there to passively listen to what the game is saying, but what they can bring to the story and the world through interacting with it. I think a game, especially a role-playing game, can have considerable amount to say by examining what the player brings to the equation and players asking themselves what kind of character and what kind of player they are when confronted with a situation that is not clearly black and white. So, yeah, I don't hate that as much as I thought because for me, the, like, the thing is, that's not, that's not a ridiculous place to begin from, but here's the thing. If you're posing a question, first questions are political, but second... Eventually, you may have to answer that question. Like, it is all well and good to be like, it is a complicated Can world. Can I counter that? You've yeah. already answered it, right? Like, yeah. you, when you build a game like this, and you cannot presume a state of objectivity that assumes that you will have perfectly balanced your potential options, and of course, whatever options are presented. Like, so take Fallout New, New Vegas as an example, right? You're kind of given three paths towards mm -hmm. the end of that game with, with a lot of variation. One of them is to fold the the world in with the kind of uh, liberal republic of, of uh, the California Republic, yeah, which yeah. is like a deeply bureaucratic nightmare state, but is one that uh, upholds liberal values. Uh, it's one that like, you don't necessarily have a lot of freedom in the, in the, the broadest possible sense to like, 
decide if you want to use drugs or whatever, right? It's a it's it's kind of framed as a is a nanny state to some degree. The other option is this kind of like libertarian nightmare where anyone can do whatever they want, and that is like free New Vegas. And then the third is like deeply fascistic. Uh, Kaiser's Legion stuff. And it's like, well, those are the three versions of statehood. Like, okay, well, then you're pre- presenting a very specific perspective of what our possibilities are, right? Like, and there, are, there aren't eight options on no, the table. Right, totally. There aren't 12. You can't, there you, isn't, there is nothing you can do to support the followers of the apocalypse who are like clearly positioned as like the morally good people, but who you have framed as being uh, ineffective at creating the sort of like a, a groundswell of support so that they could be in any sort of leadership position, for instance. And that's fine, but like you have to own up that that is, that you're choosing to frame the question in a certain way so that, and frame potential answers in that certain way, right? I guess like the weird thing is like his backing away that like premise isn't politics, like coming right. at, coming at the, the, the angle of, look, I like to ask games that push players to think about how they approach questions by probing them with questions is like a perfectly valid fits with a lot of what Avalon does, but like the the, the, the initial the, premise of his answer feels not supported by the own work he does. Totally, I mean, the the fact that it's like the, the for me the thing that crosses the line or that is like really frustrating and just like demeaning. Or that politics equals agenda, or, or the, this, for like, me it's just like. If you are purposely, I take this this approach because I view games as entertainment. It's such a limiting perspective on what games can be. What if that also you mean? want to make entertainment and you want to draw that line for yourself, that's fine. But to make the claim that like the game has become a pulpit the, the second that you want to include a message in it is such a strange and dismissive perspective because like. Okay, we talked about that dragon cancer earlier. We talked about mm-hmm. uh, uh, the game sea of, of sea of solitude, right? Like those are games that have politics because when we understand politics is a very broad thing. They have they have themes, they have messages that are about that the dragon real world. cancer is like the politics of religion and that absolutely, family's life. Absolutely, which is like, absolutely. Like, is sea of solitude obviously seems like it's going to have a lot to say. I'm gesturing right. at Nicole, but she's not here. I wish you were here. Me too. Um, is trying to say something about depression, uh, right. uh, and so. Those things are not necessarily like... I feel like all of this is ultimately revealing of what people define politics 100%. to mean. They, confuse, they conflate politics with polemic. Right. And I think this is... And I actually, I can understand where you, like, where you come away starting to suspect. Like, if you listened to us talk and you didn't like... And took a rather uncharitable view of the conversations we had. They can sound very prescriptive. Right. And like what we're asking for is, no, this game is bad because it doesn't include the, it does not teach the correct lesson. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's not capital it's P progressive. Right. It's, and therefore, it's politics are bad. And that tends actually not to be, like, we all like problematic things. And we want to do an Evangelion podcast this month. Right. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I think there is this frustrating, like, one of the things that really frustrates me is that I see a lot of uh, people, per- perhaps they're just being sort of intimidated by just the overall, uh, you know, the re- revanchist, mm-hmm. uh, you know, backlash in online discourse. But there are a lot of folks who I think when they hear a request that the game be more thoughtful in its politics, what they hear is, I want you to make a polemical work of propaganda uh, pushing my viewpoint. Right. And what is funny to me is that Avalon doesn't seem to see that, despite his works often 
dealing with these themes of ideology and you know what you just laid out and I, I think that's that is a frustrating answer I understand where it is coming from but I don't like I, I like, think it's interesting to put it into conversation with the Ubisoft stuff yeah. that so that Ubisoft published a, a, a blog post interview an internal with with I forget who the person they did it with was I wasn't planning to talk on this today I was going to talk we're, about we're, it tomorrow. we're trying to we've been trying to punt this conversation until to tomorrow, tomorrow so yeah. and we still should yes. but I just think there's one element of it which is in that, which is also a a post that I have issues with, but like that I disagree with. I don't have issues with it. What I do sure. is I disagree with it. Right. I think that like its evaluation is inaccurate. But one of the things that I think I agree with it is that they go, they have the, their answer pretty straight up is like there are incredible designers who set out to say a very specific thing and more power to them. We're not those people. We're trying to do three hundred sixty degrees, very similar to to Avalon's answer here, but like. The, that is a viewpoint. That is, that is a least, way of crafting. And, and at least it leaves room for this for for the recognition that there are people doing work in this space. And even if it's just a matter of positioning themselves to be like, listen, there are four hundred people who make all these games. We it's don't, difficult to get a cohesive to get a cohesive to get a cohesive thing. There's going to be a quest that like undermines the thing that happens here. Right. Totally. Whatever that is, like maybe we're not the people who can make that single, even if they're just saying, Hey, it's not us, but someone does make those things and more power to Don't them. Don't hold us to for the For me bar. is at least a, right. For me is at least a more honest, uh, uh, kind of check of what the state of play is, if that makes sense. Whereas Avalon being like the people who do that are speaking from the pundit or from the pundit, from the pulpit is so, is so just generally dismissive well, of, uh, and specifically, a style of game that is only just now coming into its own as more and more people say, hey, for the first time ever, I get to use this medium I love to tell a story or explore a topic that means a lot to me and that lets me bring to bear experience and an expertise that previously was was filed away, was sanded off because 400 people made the game, because it wasn't the right venue, because it wasn't sellable or whatever, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I see that his perspective as if you take that far enough, you end up with kind of the Bioshock Infinite, like literal statement of politics. Uh, you know, the only difference between right. uh, Fitzroy and Finker, Finkton uh, is how you spell the name. And it's kind of, you know, in, it was always kind of a ridiculous line because the two things you just saw, the scale and like malice behind them are very different. Uh, but I think... If you're trying to play that game of, well, it's, you know, what, what does the player bring to it, and you genuinely are committing to that, uh, then you are absolutely going to be trying to hedge those bets, like trying to avoid the answers that your story itself suggests yeah. becomes a deeply political thing, where like you walk right up to it, you depict it, and then you say, ah, oh, but actually I need these three options at the end yeah. to be equally viable. Right. And so, you know... We're drill, drill tweet territory. You know these these two things are exactly the same, yeah. right? There's no difference, yeah. and that is uh, like like it's fun for the game to offer you yeah. an option that is from our like our politics is a shitty option to resolve this, and the game doesn't have to then wag its finger at you and tell you why it's bad, but. Maybe, but like I actually, I, I think that's fine, like one hundred percent. But what I, but the thing is, whenever I hear people deploy that argument, it's as if they're conjuring a game that doesn't exist that has wagged its finger at us for making the bad option. Sure, right. But all my life, I've been playing games that I get to be a Sith Lord or a Renegade that rewards that play right. with extra cutscenes, like rewards it in. I, I mean this in the most material sense, which is to say. 
Um, we, we've talked about this, this notion when we talk about uh, a game like Life is Strangers. I'm not going to spoil the endings, but like there are two endings, and one of them was prioritized and has more like work done to it. To it, there's more content, right? And which exposes it as the canonical as the, ending, as the ending that they thought was the one that mattered more. Right. And when I think about like going dark side in Star Wars: The Old or Knights of the Old Republic, or I think about being a renegade in Mass Effect. Oh, that's the second playthrough. But even when you do it, you still get the same amount of content. Right. You still get some stuff that has been crafted with an equal amount of sure. love and care. Um, and so, like, I don't know what this hypothetical game is that wags its finger at you for doing the bad thing is. Because I just, it doesn't, right. you reward it. Well, you reward it every time. And that's the confusing part about right. Avalon's answer right. is, like, right. it hypothesizes a game that I have not played. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. it, right? And And because of that, I don't know. In fact, I wish some I, games would wag so their fucking, be like, that's what I'm wow. Saying. You're a shithead, right, dude. Right. Like, why would you bother to do this? Just Kaiser's so Legion is not Spec chill. Ops doesn't count because there's no other choice. There's no, there's no other option. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, like, totally. Right. That's yeah. the, the thesis of that game is that, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Not throughout the game, but you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? Um, so, yeah. So, I think that there's, to, to some degree, I'd love to see a game go that path. And maybe it'll be Outer Worlds. Maybe it won't be. If only to see that experience. It does make me even, weirdly, that answer makes me, like, more curious about, like, where that game? Well, he's goes. not even on that game. He's right. not on that game, right? That's he's left Obsidian. Behind. Oh, right, right, there's right, a right, huge right. Blow up, right, that, right, like, right. It was about the situation there. So there's a different set of people there, yeah. and like I'm super curious to see. And some of those people are are fantastic. Like they've had great. Work and certainly done. playing off of Avalon's lineage. absolutely, absolutely, totally. And it's like it's one of those things that's that's so fascinating to me because Avalon cut his teeth on on pushing stuff in that direction. Right. So. Anyway, we'll see more about that. Long tangent on a trailer that was a minute long. Oops. <laughs> hey, two minutes and 21 seconds, thank you. Five-star runtime. <laughs> you know what the fuck it is. Um, I, I made a mistake when I was like, no, read me that quote. <laughs> you really did. You really, really did. No, I just want to hear it. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. We're just going to hear it and move on. Uh, after Outer Worlds, Ninja Theory came out. Um, mm-hmm. And they showed off uh, Bleeding at Bleeding Edge. I have a friend who used bleeding, like the sound bleating, bleating in, in, oh, in, yeah. her, in her nickname. So uh, her, her internet nickname. So that throws me off. A game we played. A game we played Bleeding Edge. Yes. 4v4. De- uh, objective based. The, the mode that we played was yes. objective based. Yes. Um, there was going to be various, mo- you know, I'm sure there'll be deathmatch and stuff like that. But the uh, version that you and I played, uh, yes. we went there after the press conference and... It was like the first thing we went, I was like, I don't know what that game is. Like mm-hmm. the trailer they showed uh, did not convey what is going to be in that. So we sat in line and I remember asking the senior programmer on the game, uh, I was like, so it's like, you know, just one of the generic, when you're like waiting in line awkwardly with people who have like, you're not sure if they're hired contractors or they work on the game because everyone is wearing like the same outfits. But one guy seemed like reclusive in a way that's like, you seem like a game developer. And so I asked him, uh, you know, what's the reception of the game? He's like, oh, well, you're going to be like the second wave to play this game ever. So I don't know. One second person- wave that night, not second wave like in but the public, know. public yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so outside of like the scope of people funding and, and working on that game. And he's like, I don't know. One guy cheered. So I guess that's good. And I was yeah. like, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So we sat down and uh, played a group of 4v4. And yeah, you have 
a it's like a it's, set of like uh, twelve characters to pick from. Twelve characters, ten characters, something um, like that. You get uh, three uh, button based cooldowns. Yes, and then like a basic attack, either long range or short range, third person. Yeah. Um, the characters super remind me of Borderlands style broadly, which is to say, leaning towards like a little a little grotesque and cartoonish. Or badass and cartoonish, like that is the space. I mean, like what, one of the guys, like the, like the uh, guitar, like gothy gu- guitar, old man gothy guitar guy, right? Um, um, gamer in a hover chair, true, <laughs> which was... I didn't use, but I almost played as the gamer in the hover chair. Um, and the the mode we played was objective based. There was a map that had three three control points. The characters play like so I, I never played Paragon or I never and I never played Smite really right. but I think it's in that space of like third person MOBA combat style where you know you have skill shots where you're like one of the characters could hold down a button to get literally the arrow on the ground that would show where they would charge and try to like pick somebody Buttercup off. Buttercup had yeah. that yeah um, there are you know I was playing a healer uh, who had uh, a ma- like it was like a healer assassin hybrid that was like close range um, I had on my controller a regular attack. On B, I had a button that could free someone in place for a second, right? So if someone was trying to escape, this is MOBA talk, right? Like I could, I could, whatever the MOBA word is for freeze somebody, to freeze them in place so that we could get them, gank them. Is that the. Well, no, I mean, like you don't have like a stun or a Like lockdown. a stun. It's a stun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then I had a heal that could either heal myself or heal another person in my party or on my, my team. And then I had a third ability. Oh, I had like a shield that I never really understand. Was that how a I was super? Using. No, that was like all the time. And my super was like a good heal. But I could have also, there was another super I didn't pick. You could pick from one or two supers. My other super would have made the whole team invisible, would have stealthed the whole team. Oh. Which I didn't pick because I knew you were playing a stealth. A yeah, so I was, yeah, I was playing. I, I was like, I'm going to play the most basic ass character. Like, and the range of characters, they have a, a, a difficulty, not slider, but like, it tells you, like, hey, if you're like, this is the skill range of this character. And so I was like, give me the basic ass like sword character. And so I picked the samurai character who's like a stealth sword uh, dude. And so his attacks were, um, it was like a dash that would lock onto an enemy and like do mm-hmm. it like a whirlwind of hits. One that was like, uh, you go invisible. Um, and then the other was uh, shurikens that uh, gave a, uh, a slowdown um, uh, hit to like whoever the shurikens uh, came in contact with. And so it was cool because like there was one really cool, like our first round, like the first part of our round didn't go very well. No. And then our team just fucking gelled. Like, okay. Everyone Take figured out breath. their powers, like yeah. figured out how to communicate. And like, there were like these great moments where like, you know, it's like, okay, the control points are ABC. Yeah. And it's like, I was just holding on to B and I was letting everyone else go to A and C because like I could wait for people to show up, go invisible and just like sulk off to the side. And there was a moment where like four the whole team, the other team, just converged on me at point B, yeah. and I was like so close to death. And then all of a sudden, my cooldown like lifted on the invisible, and just like whoop, just slink off to the side. People come in. I'm shooting the shuriken, slowing them down, like trying to buy as much time right. as I can for people to come in. My super hits. My super is a big circle that just does like random sword attacks to people. It was. I don't know the larger takeaway in that game because there's how many so how many games have in, you played dude. where it's like. Someone gives you the, the high-level multiplayer pitch. Yeah. You have a controlled environment in which you have, like, a fucking great time. And then the moment it goes to the real world, you're like, oh, actually, like, this isn't – it's not really I don't have me. the time to get into it to the degree where I can compete or there are actually 12 other really good multiplayer games. Like <laughs> I meant to get to Lawbreakers everyone until did. the sure. day they closed the server. Everyone right. did. 
you know? Um, yeah. And this game like has fun combat. Like there were moments where I was like, oh, I get why they, hundred percent, why Ninja Theory, a, a team that like uh, prides themselves on like good combat, yeah. thought we're gonna try and do one of these, and we think we have an interesting take on it. Um, and they do. I hope it finds an audience. It's just hard to know if it will. Um, it'll be a Game Pass game, right? Which yeah. means there will be an audience to some degree. There'll be yes. a bi- some That's amount a of people. That's a huge asset to a game like that. Totally. You talk, you know, like uh, the, the folks, uh, uh, Psyonix, um, although I guess they're owned by Epic now, right? Um, I didn't know that. Uh, yes. Uh, Rocket League, they attribute a lot of their start to the PlayStation Plus promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because had they not gotten that initial boost, they wouldn't have been able to get to where they they went from there. And right. so, you know, games like that can benefit from the, like, literal exposure of, yo, what, it's free. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, you're yeah, paying yeah. for the subscription. Totally. But, yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not fully in love with the game's look or character design. Like, it didn't, it's not going to stick with me. There's stuff so like, the, eh. Yeah, the, like, real-time uh, look of it does not quite match the cinematic that we saw to yeah. the degree that I was hoping, but it's still, like, a nice-looking game. Totally. And so, like, I'm interested, like... They were like, oh, we're doing our technical alpha soon. And yeah, I'll check it out. I'll play some code. more characters. I, was like, I, would, I would love to check it out for a little while again. But, um, uh, Austin? Yeah? Can you close that door? Yeah. It's a bathroom door? Yeah, thank you. Sure. People have a problem with that toilet? What's wrong with the toilet? Uh, you got it. It's bad for sound. It work. Sound oh, that makes goes, sense. Sound goes in there and bounces around and, and it shit. does. There's all sorts of porcelain and stuff in there. Not great. After we played... Bleed, I guess we should go back to the, the, the press conference. After they showed Bleeding Edge, they showed Ori mm-hmm. and the... And the what? Ori and... Uh, Will-O-Wisps. The Will-O-Wisps. Uh, the yeah, Blind like, Forest. Will and the Blind Will... That was the first one. Will of the Wisps. Will of... Will, will of the Wisps. Of the Wisps. February 2020. Was, which I responded with, with boo. <laughs> you did boo. Because I played that at their showcase last, last year, year in which it had really like bad frame rate issues, which is not lots of games with performance stuff ironed out at the end. It more just made me sense like, oh, maybe this game is a little further off than I thought. Um, and I guess a 2020 designation is confirmation of yeah. that. But yeah. Um, it still I, looks neat. It looks great. It's gorgeous. I go back and play that first one. They patched out my biggest complaint, which is that you uh, you weren't able to a, go back. It's a Metroid style game in which those games, by definition, are supposed to let you explore the whole space before you finish them off. Yeah. Um, because it's a huge part. Like a huge part of it is having a completion thing that you fill out. Yeah. And there was a one section of the game that got blocked off at a certain point, and like that's me among lots of people couldn't finish that and uh which is a bummer yeah i'll support that game to switch come on let's go let's do it put it on switch uh minecraft that sticker put it on switch well we should read we should make stickers stickers minecraft dungeons sure anyone (laughs) what's that rob just went (laughs) oh they can't hear (laughs) so i made an expansive (laughs) gesture with a beer and rolled my eyes okay and that Uh is not (laughs) There's no good gloss I can put on that. That's, Rob, you're a lot. It's okay. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I there are so many like Diablo style games. Sure, that yes. I'm like that looks cool. I would like to get into that. Oh yeah. I never even had time to get into Diablo three, and I, I never stuck with it. So it's like those games reward diving deeply into it. Like there was a, there was like a hot minute where I was like, uh, 
Okay, what's the free to play online one? Uh, Path of Exile. Path of Exile. There was a hot minute where I was like, damn, this is the shit. I think this is my new life. And like a week <laughs> later, like just completely like in one ear out the other. You know that like uh, Warhammer 40K or that, that Warhammer Diablo game, Chaos Bane, came out? Yeah. Apparently sure. it was all oh, right. Oh, yeah. Saw that at E3. That looked cool as shit. I was like, I'm definitely not forgetting about this. <laughs> Okay, but counter counter argument. I got emails what if, about that. <laughs> what if you got a level two common corrupted beacon, which fires a high powered beam that continuously damages mobs? Seventy three damage per second plus one soul gathering requires souls. The cube trembles in your hands. Great power is stored within, just waiting to be unleashed. Minecraft. Dungeons. D- dungeons. Hold on. But then they so show the- it, and he just fucking aces those skeletons. <laughs> They they just get, wow, a game where like a bunch of skeletons just get fucking exploded by a laser beam. Damn, it's a corrupted laser. But beam. have like you a, heard the skeleton noise in Minecraft? It's very good. This is true. I so look, I look at Minecraft Dungeons and see a game in which a lot of parents are going, "Thank God I can play a, a, something else that isn't just Minecraft with my kids." A level three common tasty bone summons a wolf ally that aids you in battle. 27 damage, 30 second cooldown. A howling is heard from the shrubbery as you hold the bone in your hand. That's, you know, Rob called me over and he's like, I need someone to shred this this pork. And then there was this bone at the end of it. I was like, that's what I felt like. I wanted to howl afterwards. (laughs) Um, This is so tasty. (laughs) Uh, And then it turned out Fallen Order was good. Yeah, like that, was, yeah. that was the next That's thing they true. showed, and That's immediately, true. like yesterday, we were like, "eh, fallen order," yeah. and then like ATAT like burst through the fog. Like, Holy shit! We've already talked about. We did. It, we already had like, this conversation. I just one eighty. It was good. It was good. I'm yep. with you. I'm with you. Oh, but then the highlight of the day. I think that was what was what came next. Wait, what came next? You have a list in front of you. My computer isn't working anymore. Oh, so who's our boy? We saw. So we got this our trailer, boy. and here here are my notes. Whoa, Outlast 3 just turned into Blair Witch. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I would have bet just my bottom dollar that that was an Outlast 3. Yeah. Sure, like sure. It, was, it was, you know, a horror game through the lens Found of like a camera. digital camera. Right, which is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Through, yeah, through, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, I know this. This is going to be another Outlast game. And I can't, like, and then I made a joke, I made a shitty joke because it was like all like, uh, Appalachian Forest and all mm-hmm. that, and I just said, "Okay, so the Outlast guys have been watching Blair Witch lately." And then, yeah, and then there was a guy facing against the corner of a wall, and I was like, "Like, I th- threw almost through my laptop." I think that video is out there, right? Yeah, a part of it. They like, uh, uh, so we were Daniel saying, Dwyer was yeah. he's post, he already like, posted half of yeah, it. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he was here filming some stuff. He's doing as part of a behind the scenes E three documentary with a bunch of different outlets. Um, and like one of the guys that he's working with at some point, like halfway through me having like a meltdown, like realized like, well, they have a full footage, but the phone footage it was <laughs> half of it got up there. But I think that was before I almost threw my laptop across the room when the, uh, staring at the, uh, uh, the wall part happened. And yeah, I'm going to go see that game on Thursday morning and I'm extremely excited. I guess they showed gameplay tonight. No. I haven't oh, seen really? it. Oh, really? Yeah. You actually, so this enters me as well. Patrick was out there saying that the Blair Witch video games were good, which is interesting because what I'd always heard 
was they were kind of like crummy alone in the dark. I watched games. you play those on Giant Bomb. I played all the way through one of them. Yes, the Rustin Parr one. Uh, it was not that. Well, but those the game the games are like of their time. Like well, it's, uh, terminal sounds reality. like backtracking. <laughs> what, what, what was the uh, uh, what was time. the game that Terminal Reality made that was like their. Uh, it's like oh, Spook House. Like it was there, like ghost Spook House. I cannot. Luigi's remember. Mansion. Blood Rain. No. no. Blood Rain. Clive two. Barker's Undying. No. Silent Hills. Nocturne. Nocturne. Yes, because they <laughs> the Blair Witch games Terminal Reality worked on took place within the Terminal Reality universe. Oh, is that why that dude was there? Yes. Um, they're they're not. No, I, I will not there. sit and argue. They're like wonderful games but if you were interested in like the mythology of Blair Witch which I was and still am deeply like interested <clears throat> in the mythology of Blair Witch they were like fun explorations of that to a degree that you got to run around like look I still see that little fucking stick figure drawing and it like gives me like unbelievable like I'm imagining it now it's creeping me out so all you have <laughs> literally all it's a low bar for me literally make a stick figure man and we'll hang it on a tree and I will nope the fuck out immediately what I think is so funny here is Patrick's like watched so much horror and is such a jaded horror fan in some ways like you've seen you've seen it all sure but like Blair Witch still just yeah. like cuts straight to like yeah yeah there was uh, I can't remember I think it might have been my wife at some point like joked around and like made something and like hit it in the house and what i had like 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 hey this is not cool like we can't like we can't do this like this is like takes me back to like hell yeah a really dark place in like a good way like it's part of like what i appreciate about horror is horror that can like find something like really primal and make you respond to it emotionally and it's like very rare when you can find something that like continues to do that and like right. Blair Witch at the mythology uh it's why i always want to have to you're gonna revisit Blair Witch if you go read the mythology of that, they build for it. I think a prequel is like so much more interesting than like going back to the fucking woods again. So I'm skeptical about what this thing is going to be. But it's made. I didn't realize at the time that it's made by Blooper Team, who've done Layers of Fear, Observation, right. or Observer, um, and so I'm, yeah, yeah, uh, Outer Wilds, Outer Worlds. Yeah. Um, I'm at least curious, and it's funny because so I one of the thing weird things that happens at E3 is that games will get announced that you can't make meetings for until, until they are announced. And right. sometimes you'll get an email that says like, hey, we're taking meetings for this thing if you want to fill in at the last second. Or you just have to like put out a fishing line. And so I was waiting for the fishing line on the Blair Witch one. So I got the Blair Witch email and I responded with like, my, my, my note was extremely skeptical. I was like, hi, dot, dot, dot. This clearly isn't being shown at E3, right? And then like the response I got First, I got a DM after the video got shared of me like flipping out in response, and someone was like, "Do you want to come see this thing?" And then like a proper email was like, "Oh, you emailed me already." Right. And like, just, it was like, "I am dying here." <laughs> Yesterday, like you can't spoil announcement reveals. This is th what a ridiculous thing, you know. And then today, just childlike delight. Now, yeah. admittedly, you're on the other side of that argument. Sure. But at the same time, it is just so funny yes. to me. The degree Everyone to has a button, button though, we'll right? Everyone has a button. Also, when we yeah. come to a later thing, really quick, yeah. side note, I want to pause. Some a reader reached out and pointed me back to the original Avalon article, which has an editor's note added to oh. it. Oh. <laughs> I'll read the... What a twist. Do you remember the sentence that I took particular issue yes. with? Yeah. Which was... I also don't condone developers who want to do political games. 
Editor's note, a previous version of this article said condone because of a typo from Avalon or Avalon. What he meant was, I don't condemn developers who want to do political games or make a statement. I think a game is served by asking questions. Blah, blah, that's blah. an important typo. That's a big, that's that's a big, big important one. Typo. <laughs> I'll okay. reserve further. Let's, we had the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mostly Still a valid conversation. Still a valid conversation. Condemn and condone. Condemn three, where are you at? <laughs> where are you at? We, I fought that bear chased me. I got sound type powers. It on a, did he type it on a phone? Are those letters even near each other? I'm looking at my keyboard. Oh, <laughs> if, you, if you phoned it, yeah. That if you phoned it. it, though, yeah, totally. 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 Also, like, it, it, sometimes uh-huh. you reach for the wrong word, too. But, yeah. <laughs> you sometimes you do. But, all right, what was next? I don't know. You have uh, you, so you think, I, my computer, my connection uh, is being so. Made. I oh, think okay. the next thing that happened was Keanu. Ooh, uh, that's is that true? Let's see. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So well, what no, a great no, the five next minutes. Thing, no, the next no. thing was not Keanu. It was us going like, "Yo, you showed like a really long gameplay demonstration last year, and like, what are we doing with this CG trailer?" <laughs> Four CD Projekt Reds Cyberpunk 2077. Um, which was a story trailer. So real quick, the first thing I want to start with here is that like we last year got really excited. We've talked about this on the show, obviously in the intervening year, but like we got super excited from seeing that trailer or that, that the behind the closed doors demo, which then came out at gamescom along the way, CD project red had get, had a number of big missteps. Well, CD project red and their associated Gog. gog. So on the, on the social media side, there were transphobic jokes from the Cyberpunk 2077 account. Yep. The, the like a shitty, did you just assume their gender? Yep. Joke. There was a, on the GOG side, a Gamer Gamergate Gate related to Postal. Um, there were like pretty mediocre answers on the question of gender in the game along the way. And also some really shitty conversations around crunch and around unions and around like what type of work they, they see their developers as doing. So coming into this already, like, I'm our, like in the in the version of this that I try to live my life by, which is not pretending I can take anything in a vacuum. Like I'm in a weird place with this game, right? And it's only going to get weirder from here as it gets closer to reality. As it gets closer to reality, and as for me, as someone who followed the cyberpunk franchise, the brainchild of Mike Pondsmith, one of the only major black like tabletop game developers that I knew of when I was a young tabletop game fan. Uh, someone and who, met last year, and met right? last year, yeah. which was like a rare moment of me oh. losing I mean, I'm my sure cool. We, I'm sure, I'm we sure did we, last yeah, year. I totally. talked about it last but year. Like, I was just like, Ooh, this is you've never seen me like this no, in my life. Never. I'll talk to whoever never. the fuck in video yeah. games all day, and it won't move me. Like whatever. Like I, you're a person. I get it. It was a moment of like, I think I'm gonna go talk to that guy. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like you could see it meant a lot to me. And as we get further into this, and we'll talk about this in a moment, like. The, as the game starts to reveal connections to the tabletop game, which mm-hmm. meant a lot to me, and that world, I know that I have to be cautious of like for, of letting myself forget that this is a game that is coming out of a, a, a actual like studio where right. there are labor conditions coming from a company that has fucked up multiple times uh, in its messaging and, and the especially way it in the cleanup, not been clear, absolutely, and, and underscore all this with. I truly believe that good cyberpunk 
My favorite cyberpunk has been cyberpunk that has been anti-capitalist, has been cyberpunk that is interested in transhumanism. It doesn't necessarily celebrate it openly or celebrate it uncritically, but is thoughtful and critical about people, their bodies, gender, colonialism, like all those ideas. Great cyberpunk engages with that stuff in a thoughtful and critical manner um, and also is cool as shit, right? Like it (laughs) it gets to be both of those things. And so when you fumble on that stuff, in all of the periphery of mm-hmm. the work, it it does call doubt into the work itself, the conditions of, of the thing, etc. So going into this, it's like not only do I know I have that particular like dilemma at play, I know lots of people in the world don't even have that dilemma. Either they're all the way in because that last demo was so good, or they've written this thing off or together. They, or they're trying to separate like Oh, like th- this totally. can just be here. Right. All of or, that. Or how the social media manager, like how could that be reflective of like a larger studio culture? Or hundreds of people in my timeline who are like, yo, fuck this game. Fuck this game. Right. I don't give a fuck. So they have a trailer. <laughs> this trailer is a CG trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the main character, the, the dude version of the main character going to talk to the dude who looks like Rick Ross or, or Barrett. With I was going to say Barrett is who I like Final Fantasy VII, Like the version of Barrett where Scared is going to be in yeah, the yes, Final Fantasy absolutely. VII remake is the, the, the guy who represents. Right. He's going to have a big cigar. Big cigar. And just, yeah. All bling everything. Um, uh, he was in last year's demo also. Sure. Had a good presence in last year's demo, honestly. A, a better one than this. And then there's a falling out. You get the shit kicked out of you. You have some data that you're not supposed to have. There's some flashbacks to like your friend who's like bleeding from a gunshot wound, like from the start of Reservoir Dogs. Like, uh, and then it cuts to you being your character being rescued or pulled up off the ground by someone who is revealed to be Keanu Reeves. Uh, and there's a huge pop, and it's like, yo, what? Um, this is the moment I had spoiled actually for me an hour before this happened but it was still fucking rad sure. like I was still like wow that's Keanu Reeves and also then he came out then he comes out and does the speech and was and, unbelievable and he's Keanu Reeves right and so immediately not just my brain but everyone I saw on the internet not everyone but 90% of the people including a lot of people who are you know very had, are done with CD Projekt and we're being Red. like the timeline arc even during, it was like, man, this even the CG trailer has some weird racial politics. Absolutely. But also, this CG trailer has Keanu Reeves. Totally. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Uh, it was like, wow, the turn, right? I'm just like, he's out there. Someone says, you're breathtaking. He says, the game is breathtaking. Someone goes, you're breathtaking. He goes, you're breathtaking. <laughs> and so it's like, you're being wooed by the, the best wooer there is in our, in our moment right now. Also amazing to watch... Uh, there are a variety of people with various presentation skills in the video game industry. You know, you see folks like Reggie, you see folks even like Phil Spencer, but none of them rarely know how to work. Like there's not a lot of crowd work that happens. Like people yell and it's just mostly ignored. Like that doesn't exist. I'm mostly pretending this crowd is not here because the moment right. you end up being like the doom guy at the Bethesda where like someone says something and you're ready for the whip that like the, you think like I've got this. Yeah. Actually, I don't. I actually don't have like a whippy uh, quip back. And watching someone like Keanu, just like I am used to doing this, right? And I'm, and him even recognizing like, okay, actually, I've been doing this for a little too long. I gotta get back to that fucking script that's up there. <laughs> it's just like, but do you, do I really think like in the script was written like Keanu needs to growl cyberpunk? Cyberpunk. <laughs> two words. He made that word. Cyberpunk. There was a part of this that was also very. 
celebrity whiskey endorsement. Sure. Like, there was yeah. a part like, I didn't know much about video games, but I knew great experiences. <laughs> and or something <laughs> like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And totally. it was very it was very much like the most interesting man in the world, Dosecki sure. type vibe. Just yes. totally. 100%. Uh-huh. And, and let me tell you, do you know who he's playing? So this is the other half of this. I didn't rec- I didn't realize so we watched it in a hurry and then we had to run to the Microsoft showcase. And while I was there I ran into Charlie Hall from Polygon. And he was like, I can't believe Johnny Silverhands. And I was like, wait a second. Keanu Reeves is playing Johnny Silverhands. Silverhand, one hand. There's also uh, Black Hands, Morgan Black Hands, I think. Uh, there's like, so at the beginning of Cyberpunk 2077, when you mm-hmm. make your character, you pick right. from one of three like idols, people that you idolized as a kid. Oh, yeah. Those three characters are characters from the Cyberpunk 2020 fiction from the world of the tabletop role-playing game. Johnny Silverhand is a rocker boy, which is to say a rock star, who is also like a shadow runner type, right? He's a cyberpunk who runs missions and who has particular beef with one of the biggest mega corporations in the world and is part of one of the the world's like big... Do you know how um, Neuromancer ends with the Straylight Run? This big like final like huge incredible like attempt to breach into a place and make the the magic happen like yeah. make the big thing happen the the cyberpunk 2020 version of that is something that johnny silverhand does that ends with like the destruction of depending on which version of the game you're playing uh ends with the destruction of one of the major mega corporations but also maybe the eradication of like truth itself as as all data is erased like it's very fight club it's 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 but except that they came out before fight club came yeah. out right so like um and Keanu Reeves is great casting for this. One, because we all know Keanu Reeves from Johnny Mnemonic, but two, because we know him from The Matrix, but three, because <laughs> if you're going to have someone who is going to be like, fuck the corpse, burn this corrupt city to the ground, and also I'm literally a rock star who is like... You need charisma incarnate. Incarnate. And so like to have that embodied suddenly and to think like, and, oh, uh, wow. And, and someone who's having a moment. Right. Like, yes. Keanu's always been like beloved, but in between The Matrix and John Wick... Is he exists, but he is not a meme. He is not like a heartthrob in the way that, like, yes. in the post John Wick, where it's like Keanu showing up in like Asian rom coms on Netflix and playing himself, yes. and like just we are in the middle of something. I was saying before we started recording that should they make another Bill and Ted? No. Do I trust Keanu inherently at this point? <laughs> yes. yes. So you know what? Make another one of those because maybe you'll be the one that breaks the curse. Right. But, and if not, at least you tried, Keanu. But we can't carry that cosign forward to this game. It's like the important distinction, right? We cannot do that as much as I love Keanu Reeves, as much as Johnny Silverhand I think is a cool character from a game that meant a lot to me when I was 17. Like, I have to... And we learned dam. nothing about what that end game is no. from this trailer. Of course not. I mean, you have you, you know, can start being speculative, and I think we'll see more this week. And we have a demo on yeah, on, and on on Tuesday. Absolutely. But for now, like what we know is just there is a, a good actor in this game, which like of course there is. Right. They made bank off of The Witcher. Like continue to continue to and are making a big play for an even bigger audience. Hiring someone like Keanu Reeves to do that is an obvious step, right? Right. And so, like, we should check ourselves a little bit. That was a fun moment. I'm happy to have that fun moment. But for me as the person who, even someone who came away so 
over the top in love with that demo last year. Uh, I'm still so curious about the game itself. Just don't let it. That's a, don't let it be a shiny object. Oh, do not give in to astonishment. Do not give in to astonishment. Damn. There it is. Do not give it. Do not give in to Keanu. I think yeah. Where I've ended up with this is just cyberpunk is a really seductive aesthetic. Yeah, and it has an ideology that, or it, there are a lot of ideologies to cyberpunk that it is very easy for people with a variety of perspectives and beliefs to imagine themselves to imagine themselves being represented by the worldviews right. of character of protagonist characters in cyberpunk. And the way I'm kind of approaching this game is I suspect it will be cool. Like just it's you know, it like The Witcher 3 was cool. Right. Like at yeah, a bare minimum. Yeah, it'll, it'll be probably it'll probably be very cool. I also fear that it is very much a going to be the type of game that is the product of uh, I, I mentioned Fight Club a moment ago. Mm-hmm. Fight, uh, like I love Fight Club. I think that's a great movie. I think Fight Club also inspired a generation of people who came away thinking that that was an endorsement of Tyler Durden rather than a cautionary tale about him. Right. This is a really sophisticated and lavish work of art that I suspect is being made by people who think they're Tyler Durden and don't understand. You know what I mean? And don't Shit. understand the problem. The the, right, the problem right. with that. Right. Right, and may not be capable of recognizing like, it, which is an especially like uh, in, not inherent, but uh, a a problem that has a historical legacy in the world of cyberpunk, where in cyberpunk storytelling and in the genre, especially in the West, despite the fact that like it's a genre that has the seeds of resistance in it, this, those seeds come from the fact that it's a genre that's interested in material relations, it's interested in corruption, it's interested in like inequality, it's interested in uh, transhumanism. Again and again, in including foundational works, it is Orientalist and and uh, uh, you know deeply uh, uh, ethnocentric, um, deeply racist in many parts. Well, it's transmisogynistic. It's misogynistic in general. Uh, it's homophobic. Like it. It is, it is a genre that even in the the works that we think of, in many of the works that we think of as like the foundational texts, are not like progressive tracts. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I'm not saying that they that, that that doesn't mean that they taught something taught us something Can't interesting. Can't find something in it. Absolutely, but also we cannot like whitewash. They're not pure, and we should not we should not reach back to the historical for, lens of like ah well like what they what meant, what they meant to, to do right, which is, is not. And I, and I think there's something that was really dangerous in cyberpunk is that when you have a lot of stories that begin from the position of fighting for the dignity of the individual against oppressive systems, right. the message that a lot of people will take away, because everyone likes to think of themselves as the underdog, is that not, you're not fighting for the dignity of the individual. You're fighting for individuality. You're fighting for indivi- like individualism. Right. And therein lie a form of libertarianism. And there are a lot of people who imagine themselves being the cyberpunk, you know, on the margins of society, who are actually the head of the, the you know, the head I of mean, the like, court. Right. This is the thing about Johnny Silverhand. Right. He's already a rock star. Yeah. Right. And there's a degree to which there are parts of that, that game's story that do neat things with the idea that, like, hey, how can we use art and music to push social change, et cetera. But, like... Johnny Silverhand is Keanu Reeves, right? He isn't, um, you know, he is not a, he's like a white straight dude, right? Like he's a character who's, one of his main motivations is a fridged woman, right? Like, 
as cool as that character seems to be like a rock star revolutionary hacker, also he's not like played by Big Frida, a trans hip hop artist from New Orleans, a black trans hip hop artist from New Orleans. You know, uh, uh, he's played by by Keanu Reeves, right? Right. Um, I real quick just want to shout out while we're talking about cyberpunk stuff and stuff that is like, what does good cyberpunk look like? Uh, Hardwired Island, which is an ongoing tabletop RPG Kickstarter, uh, is like explicitly dealing with a lot of these questions and themes, and people should check it out. It's called Hardwired Island. So give that a look uh, if you're into tabletop role-playing games. We'll have more to say about cyberpunk later this week. There were like a couple, like not to yes, like, oh, right. like, and also like, and also the, the third gaming person. part. Yeah, like you, you had noted a but couple of things that yeah. like when we were watching that, uh, the CG trailer, like it's just a CG trailer. What, there's no game in this and there's a little bit of game. There's a little bit of game. It did look like there was like some third person stuff, a motorcycle, etc. It's just hard to like focus on that. And I yeah. think we'll have more to say about once we actually see the gameplay game stuff. Again. Also really quick. I did just say Keanu Reeves is a white dude. That is not true. I, Correct myself. Uh, well, he's, so you, he's Asian. Yeah, yeah I was talking about like Johnny. Yeah. I don't know Johnny Silverhand. Like yeah. I don't, I don't know that. Right, but no, know. it's a good correction. But you know what? Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an important correction. So, so uh, absolutely, do not want our, our uh, Asian listeners or Asian uh, listeners of Asian descent to think that I forgot that, which I did, but now I've remembered it. Um, what else? What was next? <laughs> Cyberpunk. <laughs> we Battle. went straight to Battletoads. No, we went to. Sp- Spirit Fairer, which I don't know what that was. It was like a blast of indie stuff. Yep. Spirit Fairer, Battletoads, The Legend of Right. I'm gonna skip two of those. Yeah. And I'm gonna talk about The Legend of Right, which looked cool as shit. It, it did. looked like I think the thing we said was, remember that David Jaffe game that looked like shit? <laughs> this looks like what if that was cool and good? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a it looked like, like an adventure, like an action adventure, like an like exploration. A lot of puzzles. Yeah, yeah, um, I guess puzzly. It was a game that was, you looked at it, was like, I just need to sit and play this to figure out what it actually is. Yes. Or I wanted to watch like a conversation about, with a designer to totally. like, here's what I, from my youth. Well, it also how, like a meta nostalgia. Yes. yes. Right? Like, because there's interface elements Even, that are like, trying to suggest Dragon uh, medium, Quest yeah. or like or RPGs. Reminds me of Knights of uh, Pen and Paper, a little or whatever, bit. A little bit. I of wish, that. yeah, I wish Knights of Pen and Paper had that. But yeah. you're right in terms of like the marginalia, the feeling that there was like a physical space, and then inside of that space is where the game happened. You're like flipping through this notebook, yes. and then you're controlling characters and interface elements in that in that notebook. It was, it is rare that uh, as confusing as it was, even to the point where like when the logo came up, we weren't sure what the name was. Like mm-hmm. the logo itself was like very noisy and hard to decipher. I do appreciate the fact that sometimes you see something and was like, I don't know what that is because that's right. actually like incredibly rare. Doesn't mean it's good, but, but it is rare to like have a whole a group this? of people who are <laughs> ostensibly paid to do this for a living, and it's like I don't know what that is at all. Um, it's like it's. it's I want to see more of that just so I can classify it. Wasn't I saw that trailer before? Really? Yeah. Maybe it was just in an email or some shit. But because I, mean, I, I, when I saw it, it also, I was like, "Oh, hey, this game." A lot of times, that's like that was at PAX three years ago, right? Exactly, or something. That's how a lot of that stuff goes, for sure. Right. Right. Before we get to the next, because there's a big thing with Xbox, get bet, right? Get We're closer to your mic. I can't hear you. We're gonna be digging into a big thing with Xbox, Thank right? You. And like just the structure. A second, I yeah. think. All right. Before that, what? What's up? Oh, I just have a powerful thirst and it's gonna run on and get a 
glass of water. Go get yourself some water. All right. We can, we can keep talking about because I All think right, I want to... You go do that. Um, the other thing about Legend of Right that I just wanted to note was like how well it evoked the music from Dragon Quest, which was Yes, well, funny. to the point that someone that uh, we were watching with was like, is that a slime? Is this just going to be a Dragon Quest game? <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, it's no, just... But I can see where you got that. Mm-hmm. Totally, 100%. Um, eh. Rob, do you want us to hold off on the on the Game Pass talk, or do you want us to... Please. Okay, Rob has thoughts on Game Pass. Uh, I'm going to go back and make sure we didn't miss anything. I, Battletoads didn't look good to me. This is what I'm going to say about Battletoads. I, I, yeah, I don't... don't. I don't have any interest in playing that game. I have a deep affection for uh, the time I spent hating the uh, Battletoads on Super Nintendo. I, I, I don't know if I said this on a podcast or not, but like I remember beating that. What, what, what's the vehicle in that game? The uh, the bike thing, like yeah, the like, the, like yeah, the hover wow. bike thing. Like I remember beating that by having a friend out like lay out a Nintendo Power. Mm-hmm. Walk through and them yelling at me saying up, down, jump. Right. Uh, but I don't need to play another one. No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, or if like the revival of Battletoads, I need it to be something more than just like. I, I will say this like, I don't even understand the appeal of like a new Streets of Rage or if you were to make a new Final Fight, like beat em ups that, of that kind of style just feel like. I don't understand the point of those games anymore. The only way I wanted to play them is to revisit the ones I played when I was younger. I don't need to play like a new of them because I need a fundamental reinvention of like what even is that kind of game. And so all I said, we didn't end up, there was a chance for us to play Battletoads. We ran out of time. We had to come back here. All right. We did not run out of time. Or we did. We did. We, 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 we immediately, we, we, we could we, have walked right to Battletoads and we chose to go to Renegade Hearts. <laughs> Bleeding Edge. What? Bleeding Edge. Bleeding instead. Edge is right. Renegade Hearts. <laughs> That's a good name. Renegade Hearts. Delete that. That's, That's mine. Something, isn't Put it? Put that. Why does that? Maybe. Maybe. Season six. Uh, Renegade <laughs> Hearts. What is it? Renegade Hearts. Yeah, just look up. That's got to be something. That right? sounds like something. Is that from Persona? No, no, it's not from Persona. It's a book series. It's a romance series. Yeah, but you could make something else and the I copyright could, yeah. would not. It seems like different things to me. I'm not probably going to write. Okay. Also, the name of this book is Renegade Hearts with an apostrophe S. Like it, like no. what belongs to a renegade? Oh no, it isn't. I see. Dalton has the reputation as a good Tim. Dalton has the reputation as a good time and man, but this past year his life was upended. With both brothers now married, it's enough to make this bachelor turn on it, turn on his heel and run until the past waltzes back into town, looking more beautiful and less interested than when last they met. What are we? Renegade Hearts. No. We're the wild soy- Sayonara Hearts? hearts. No. Sayonara, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Wild hearts. That's, that's what you're thinking that's of. That's the thing I'm thinking of. Yes. Not, okay. But that's not Renegade Hearts. No. No. Renegade Hearts is good, though. I'm going to keep it's that It's a good one. one. Yep. Hey, forget that one, Internet. Yeah, that one's me. He said it first. I did it. You except except that Amanda McIntyre also. That, well, we'll talk to Amanda. <laughs> we'll work it out. We'll work it out. Um, and then I don't remember what the third thing here even is I don't remember what Spirit Fairer is. Was that the Deers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it? That yeah. Was like, Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Were that open with Rob going, I know how this story ends, and being like, <laughs> okay, thanks, Rob. Exactly. Fucking bummer. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were trying to figure out 
we haven't uh, taken Jessica to her first movie yet, and uh, we were going to take her to, um, uh, what was it? Uh, I can't remember the movie. It ended up not working out, but we're thinking of taking her to Lion King, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, she loves animals, like, the animals are going to talk. This yeah, seems but like that's this a could sad be, movie. Well, I know, but she's not going to get sad during the movie. Mm, she's sure. not going to understand that, like, the father character dies. We'll just say, he fell and hurt himself, and it just moves wow. on. She can't understand plot arcs. Like, she's three. But I turned to uh, uh, my mother and my wife, and I was like, you're the ones that are going to be a fucking problem. When that happens in the movie, you're going to be sobbing. And then how do I explain that to her? True. Why are Mama and Yaya crying? Well... Wait, is Yaya what... Yeah, my mom did not want to be called Grandma. She said, I'm not that old. She said, I want a, diff- I want a different word. Good for Yaya. You know what I'm saying? And so I was like, well, what yeah. do you want to... I was like, do you want to pick it out of a book? She's like, just yeah. go figure it out. Damn, and, and she did. And Yaya was the word that she Amazing. stumbled upon. God. Rob Zachney's back with us. Why are there four cups? Oh, because everyone needed water. Everyone needed water. But there's only... Wait a I'm second. sure he made a gin and tonic, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I smelled it. <laughs> I had to make sure you didn't secretly make me one. Oh, that's why there's four cups. Right, because one of them's a gin and tonic. For Don't worry, I figured it out. I'm going to get one of those tomorrow. I'm excited. Mm. Tomorrow's the night that I finally get to get into that gin. Um... All right. so is, that, is that the indie games? I didn't, that's, I didn't mean, that's that batch. That of deer indie game games. was not at. Uh, that was the one I, I would have, have sat loved to down. Have seen that. Me too. It um, looks so cool. Um, it has a great look, and yeah. like the music was really was really. Yes, it seems nice. like just very. Yeah, it seemed neat. Xbox Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Things that they are adding: Metro Exodus, Batman: Arkham Knight, Hollow Knight, Borderlands: The Handsome Collection. More largely, Xbox Game Pass for PC launches and open beta today. Games announced, Halo Master Chief Collection, uh, Age of Empires. That was the third game that was announced. You're right. I like the the reason this like landed with such a like just reaction. (laughs) It's like well, one started with Kato, who has been harping on this for like a good week now. Like low key, like Kato just constantly being like, "Oh, they fucking announced like, oh, we're coming to PC, but like no fucking details. Like, what a weird thing to do, Microsoft." And the moment. (laughs) We're like Kato, and he's brought E3. it up multiple Kato times. Kato E3 like, is next week. E3, I know. He's like, "Yo, just wait. I'm sure this is all for a reason." And then this part of the press conference starts, and he's just like, "Great, fucking finally! Like, explain <laughs> what you're just doing." Want to know, and so and it the, was bad. And the reason I wanted to like, I wanted to pull out Halo because right. the, the like the opening salvo, the opening salvo of the games they and. This is before Age of Empires, right? Like yeah, that happens before after that. Okay, um, is is like yeah, Imperator, first game, Imperator Rome. Rome, and just like Rob, just like really very self satisfied. Like, no, actually, it was more, it was more just straight. Uh, huh? It's and literally yeah. just that Vince McMahon meme, but <laughs> Rob. Uh, what was the second one? Oh, football manager. Football manager. Right. manager. right. And then Microsoft. <laughs> and then Mastery oh. Collection. Yeah. yeah. Then Mastery Collection, then Age of Empires 2. Ooh. 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 And then. Hey, and someone. Then it said, someone make, replace that meme with Rob's face. I, got, I made a request well, on a we, podcast we last night. We have the footage. We have the footage. We might have the footage. 
Because Danny oh, was those, shooting. Yes. So we yes. might have the literal Rob Zachner reaction phase. We'll have to email Danny and find out. <laughs> If, there, if you cannot find enough existing Rob Zankney photos, don't worry. We will fill in we'll, the gaps. We will fill it out. Daniel we'll Dwyer has real-time footage <laughs> in high resolution. It ends with the, like, they're so, so funny to me because it said, like, satellite data and at the Azure cloud or whatever. And you're like, satellite data? What would they need satellite data for? <laughs> These are beautiful landscapes. <laughs> Wait, could this be? This is flight simulator. <laughs> Yeah, complete. Falls, over. falls <laughs> over backwards, face red. Rob <laughs> tell me what you have to say about Xbox Game Pass. You and want beer? I'm good. I'm finishing mine now. I'll take one. You have a germ on it. Don't don't worry your pretty little head about it. Anyway, uh, yeah. So this was just kind of a really interesting offer because it was kind of like. It was a very specific vision of what a PC gamer is. Like I would say, prior to this, like mm-hmm. when Microsoft approached the PC, it was always like, "Look, we know some of you Xbox people like also like to play games on a PC, right?" Like literally, there's not much difference between the two. It's like right. the same. It's the same basic type of games and like uh, imagined audience. And with this presentation, like opening on Imperator and then Football Manager was just interesting to me. It was such a break from like the Xbox like mindset in some ways. Yes. Now, Paradox right. also put in a lot of work to bridge that gap themselves, right. right? Like bringing things to console. But it was just striking to me that like they're opening with, oh yeah, like we're going to prioritize like strategy and management games with this. And in that context, I find Flight Simulator fascinating. Yeah. Because this was so uh, the Flight Simulator franchise and the uh, the old Aces team were like a crown jewel of the old Microsoft games program, mm-hmm. right? Like for a long time, like well before Microsoft Game Studios were like a real thing, Microsoft Flight Simulator was a pretty massive hit for them and was like it literally dominated the like civil aviation space. And market conditions changed, and they basically killed that franchise off, and they 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 wiped out the team. Uh-huh. And uh, they might have some of that team might have reformed to make the X Plane series, but either way, it was kind of this like really watershed moment, both in the sim space, but then also for like what games at Microsoft would mean moving forward. And to have them now at this particular moment in their history right. turn around and say. We're bringing Flight Simulator back. Now, they did a Microsoft... They made a game called Flight some time ago, and it just didn't catch... It wasn't for anyone. It was too. It was too light for flight simulator people and too crunchy. I think for yeah. uh, people who aren't serious about that stuff. But so I'm like, who knows what this is going to be? But just bringing it out uh, in kind of a place of honor with the Xbox, the the, the Game Pass on PC. Uh, struck me as a really fascinating move. I think that like there's a degree to which, and this is, I, I will say that in terms of the overall structure, and we, we'll get there at the end probably, but I think the first half of this presentation was so much stronger than the yeah. back half. And this was one of the strongest segments because, and I'm, Kato, I'm so curious to hear if this is true for you, um, but what Rob just said felt right to me, which is it felt like a moment of pride swallowing, of recognizing they could not produce a single product or a single service that serves all of their needs equally 
and that they could not count on the slow rollout of Xbox or Microsoft Game Studio stuff to fill in the gaps, nor could they purely rely on outside third-party support. Yeah. You need Imperator Rome. You also need Microsoft Flight Simulator. That's what PC games are. I have a list of every PC title. I'm going to read this, and I want your reaction okay. to this offering. Because yeah. I know you care. I care. So, How many of these games are there? I, I'm just going to read. Oh, cool. Get ready. Yep. So, $9.99 a month. Yep. $14.99 if you both want the Xbox thing and the PC thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Kato was so irate in that moment when you realized that like it wasn't going to be folded into the game. Yeah, because I already have game. I know, mm. I know, I know, I know. But he also he was making awkward noises because he knew he was going to pay. <laughs> yeah, but you and you like he was like shifting. He was yeah. shifting in his seat like. <sighs> Time out. You should pay because people have to get paid. Well, sure. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah, that. Not, yeah, yeah, okay. He was just, he knew, he was like, this is a good deal. <laughs> it is a good deal. That was his so. thing, was just like, damn, five more bucks, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. This is according to a list from Forbes. Dave, Dave, Tier, Thier, I don't know Dave. Sure. But here we go. Abzu, ACA, Neo Geo, Metal Slug X. What? Sick. Metal Slug. Metal Slug. Okay. Uh, uh, Antiquia Lost. Mm-hmm. No idea what that is. Ark Survival Evolved. Astroneer, which is cool. Yep. Battle Chasers Night War, which seemed cool. It was okay. Yeah. On Game yeah, Pass, yeah, sure. Hundred percent. Uh, Battle Chef Brigade Deluxe, cool. Yep. Battlefleet Gothic Armada. Bomber Crew, which I think mm-hmm. is actually really cool. Bridge Constructor Portal. Yeah. Which is cool. Broforce, which I don't care about, but, but as a Game Pass game, Brothers, it's a Game right. Pass, game. Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons, great game. Book of Demons, we're still at B. What's what's Book I don't of know what Book of Demons is. Okay, sounds scary. Cluster Truck, great game. Cool. Yeah. Crackdown Three, fine for a Game Pass game. Cross Code is a game I've been meaning to get to for a year. I hear it's great. Die for Valhalla, no idea. Disneyland Adventures, that's right. They just ported that, did they? <laughs> I think so. It's yeah. Funny. Everspace, which is like a space shooter that seemed okay sure. last year or the year before. Seemed okay is like what subscription services 100%. are for. <laughs> Fez, uh, Football Manager 2019, Full Metal, Full Metal Furies, that game we played that time where we were like, hmm. And then oh, from the Rogue Legacy team. Right, damn. Gears of War Ultimate Edition, Gears of War 4, Gears 5, Guacamelee 2, Halo Spartan Assault, Halo Spartan Strike. Halo Wars Definitive Edition, Halo Wars 2 Standard Edition, Hotful Boyfriend, <laughs> Hellblade Center was Sacrifice, okay. Hello Neighbor, Hollow Knight, mm. Hotline uh-huh. Miami, yes. okay. Imperator Rome, <laughs> Into the Breach. It's <laughs> a good bit. That's when people should watch the, the Wii. I don't know. I felt it in my heart. You know what I'm saying? Licked Spear, Double Spear Edition, Forza Horizon 4 Standard Edition. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight, which what? is not a game I thought would ever be on a Game Pass anyway. What is that? It's a, I don't remember, is that the fighting game? Is that the fighting game? No, that's the, it's like a 2D, you should play this game. It's like okay. a, a really beautiful sprite-based 2D action game, like a Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. It's a great look. Metro Exodus, something called Mind Zone. <laughs> 
Mind well, that, zone? Well, that's what we're that's what we're in right now. Train we're, your oh, brain. It's just our podcast. Get in the zone. What the fuck is mind zone? Welcome to the mind zone. It's like the I looked zone, up mind zone. Yeah, and it's just a picture of a of a glowing cube. So a puzzle game. Mind zone is a puzzle game where the goal is to eliminate all the red cubes that appear. Wait, is that just like? Like Pacross? Maybe. Moonlighter. You should learn more about Scientology. <laughs> Moonlighter, which is a game that I think is a great Game Pass game that I would love to play for free or for $10 a month. <laughs> Mod- yeah. One or the other. Basically the same. <laughs> Whichever one Microsoft wants to give me. This is the trick they fucking pull on yes. you. Yeah. This is how subscriptions work. Oh, it's uh-huh. just free. It's free. It's uh, Mud Runner, which I think is at a Spin Tires follow-up. I don't know. I thought it was. Maybe I'm wrong. But it's, a, like, a, it's like that sure. style of yeah. thing. Uh, Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Neon Chrome, which was originally a mobile, like, cyberpunk roguelike that actually had, like, a really big following, and they ported it to PC. Okay. Um, It seems like a cool action game. Old Man's Journey, which I heard decent things about. Uh, uh, mm, Aprencia, the Stolen Son. What? Great name. I don't know. What are you looking at me for? Aprencia. The Stolen Son. Okay. It's, look it up. It's on Game Pass. Sure. Opus it's Magnum. Free. Oh, boy. Which oh. is the Zactronics gift-making game. <laughs> That's as far as I can tell. Ori and the Blind Forest, Definitive Edition. Orwell, keeping an eye on you. You can read Cameron's great ongoing coverage of that series. Oxenfree. Prey, yeah. Pony Island, yeah. Recore. Not Pony Island, Prey. Prey. <laughs> uh, Rhyme. R-I-M-E. Uh, That's also a perfect Game Pass game. Riptide GP Renegade. Uh-huh. Hearts. That's Hearts right. the <laughs> Didn't the FDA recall that? <laughs> Rise of Nations Extended Edition. All right. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Rush, sure. a Disney Pixar Whoa. adventure. Sorry, Rise of Nations. That's cool. I like that. Okay. Ruiner, a game that I thought I would really like and didn't. Samaros Three, that like really from that really cute series of, of adventure games, right? The Samaros series, Sea of Thieves Anniversary Edition, sure. Mm-hmm. Shenmue One and Two, all right. Silence what? the Whispered World Two. Uh, Sinner for Windows Ten. I don't like that it says it like that. <laughs> Sin- Sinner for Windows, for Windows 10. 10. Uh, what do I get up to in Sinner? Sinner. For what? Slay the motherfucking spire. Yo, hell yeah! You've been playing that. I've been uh, playing that on the M rated version. The M rated version. <laughs> Slay the motherfucking <laughs> spire. <laughs> Shoot and merge twenty forty eight. What? That's Isn't made up. Three's clone. Okay. Smoke and sacrifice. No idea what that is, but I bet it's a. Is that the Salt and Sanctuary sequel? Sounds like a good cocktail. No, is it not? What's that called? Is that a, there's a sequel to that? That'd be a. Good- Smoke. That's what it sounds like. That, no, that game. They have not announced what that studio is doing. That Scott Studios. They've announced what oh, they're doing right. next. Smoke sacrifice. Okay, this Scott is Scott Studios. That's who that's does the name Salt of Sanctuary. Salt Sanctuary. Big. Are you just saying <laughs> hell yeah to the name Scott Studios? Yeah. Okay. Good. All right, Eric Pope. Uh, we're gonna continue. <laughs> uh, Snake Pass, which I have bad memories of. <laughs> State of Decay Two, which I like, and some hey. people don't. Stealth Inc. Two, but Game Pass. I know. SteamWorld Dig 2. Hell yeah. Sunset Overdrive. Hell yeah. Super Lucky's wow. Tale. Hell yeah. Super Hot. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Supermarket Shriek. That seemed okay. <laughs> that seemed all right. Surviving Mars, First Colony Edition. 
River Bond, no idea. Mm-hmm. Tacoma. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Titan Quest Anniversary Edition. Yeah. Okay. The Banner Saga. Yeah. yeah. The Banner Saga 2. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The Banner Saga oh, 3. Oh, shit, yeah. son. <laughs> the Flame and the Flood. All right. The Gardens Between. The Last Door. Gardens Between two. is a great little that puzzle game. That seems really game. cool. Yeah. yeah. The Messenger, which seemed... Yeah, we've fun, talked about yeah the good. The Stillness of the Wind. Yeah. Motherfucker, let me tell you something real quick. I'm going to... The Banner Saga, The Flame in the Flood, The Gardens Between, The Last Door, The Messenger, The Stillness of the Wind. Great names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put a the on your Fucking name. Definite name. article. Just the power. What, you're, you're making a game called Tacoma? Let me tell you something. The, the Tacoma. Tacoma. <laughs> Are you making the River Bond? Let me tell you. The River Bond. <laughs> Snake Pass? The, the snake, snake pass. pass. You know, if you named it the Tacoma, people would have known it was a fucking spaceship. They fucking would have. People would have yeah. bought it. Tacoma? What the fuck's in Tacoma? Yeah, no, they would have been like, I don't want to play. Like, it's a coffee shop I'm management driven. game, right? Like, <laughs> or like, I've driven through Tacoma. That's it's, fucking it's boring. It's like, they the Spokane. It's like... <laughs> uh, the Surge. The Touring Test. Which I didn't know there was a Touring Test. I don't know what the... I think I want to say it's like a sci-fi puzzle game. Thimbleweed Park. All right. Thumper. Great. Tyranny Gold Edition. Interesting. Valkyria Chronicles. Excuse me? Valkyria Chronicles. Vampire. Yes. Void Bastards. Yes! (laughs) I was waiting the whole damn alphabet. Because I want to play that game. But I went to look. And it was on fucking Game Pass before this. And it existed on PC. (laughs) Wander Song, oh, War Groove, Wasteland 2, Director's Cut. Patrick is Wasteland bad. 3 looked bad. Wasteland 3 looks Wasteland so bad. It looked so bad. Oh my well, God. Does Wasteland 3 look bad, or was that just like one of the worst trailers you've ever seen? It was seen? one of the worst it trailers ever. It was such a bad seen. trailer that I was like, well, that series is probably dead, right? But I don't, like, I, Wasteland 2 is not for me, but like genuinely liked by the people that. We're anticipating yeah, no, like, it, right? Like, like Wasteland, Wasteland Two, good game, absolutely. Okay. All right, I do not want to play the Mad Dog McCree Wasteland <laughs> they appear to be making. Oh my God, Rob! That I'm offended, oh, oh, and, I, and I didn't work on that game. West of that Loathing, was cruel. Here, West of Loathing is great. Uh, Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus, We Happy Few, Wizard of Legend, and Zoo Tycoon Ultimate Animal. That's a good ass list of a hundred games. Yeah. Is that how many it is? Did you look it up? I don't know. I just assumed it was 100. It ruled. <laughs> <laughs> However, what we have to say is, of course, if people make games, we have to, like, you know, check our enthusiasm. We can't just get carried away here either. No. Uh, nevertheless, I don't know what this means for people who make games, but for people who play games, <laughs> it seems all right. For the gamers. Yeah. I should note some of those games aren't out yet. Things like Operencia, The Stolen Sun. It seems like it's not out yet. Okay, so the sign is still or, safe. Oh, no, this is a game that's only out on Epic. I went to the Steam store. So I guess that's... Wow, that's interesting. Is that the, 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 the pinball people? It is the pinball people. Yeah. So that's going to be on Game Pass. It's going to be on Epic, but it's not going to be on Steam? It's going to be until 2020? What? Sure. Hmm. I think it's on Epic right now, right? I thought it was. Yeah. yeah so maybe it won't it. be on Game Pass until 2020 either. Yeah, possibly. Anyway, that's a list I found on the internet. 
I'm gonna find I hope, those, I hope that's accurate, or else we just like. That's a great fucking fucking segment. Even if it's fake, if it's not Microsoft, think about yeah. just copying and pasting that. The list that list. we just said, uh, and also just so you know, my chat was down that whole time. So if people were like, "Austin, this is a fake list," <laughs> I didn't see that. Sinner Sacrifice for Redemption is a boss battler action RPG. Face eight abhorrent bosses. Oh wow! For Windows 10. For Windows 10. Sorry, Sinner for Windows 10. Sinner. Why that one specifically? I don't, I don't know. Is there a Sinner not for Windows 10? Presumably. Sin is everywhere. There's other, did I say Hotline Miami? I did, Yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, this list just seems like it's complete then. Oh, yeah. it was cool to see Age of Empires 2 Definitive, like, sort of break cover right. again. Because yeah. Age of Empires 1 Definitive was, like, a good Definitive Edition and, like, faithful to the original. Problem is, Age of Empires, unbearable to play today. It just can't be done. It's awful. Uh... <laughs> So it's cool. Like I was glad they didn't like feel they got their fingers burned with that experiment and are going to see this through to the one that everyone was actually really excited about, Age of Empires Two, uh, yeah. Age of Kings. So like I'm excited. Like that looks cool. Um, you know, you should check out uh, Bruno Diaz's uh, piece on how that is still not a solved game. Right. Like tw- like twenty years later, there's still what, like what is like the general thesis of what that means? Okay, so basically, this game's been out for twenty years. Right. New strategies that completely like remake how people are playing. the so game. So the meta is still ongoing. Absolutely. Hmm. Um, even though like there hasn't been an official patch in ages. That's awesome. And so there's still people like uncovering things that you can do in that game. That radically altered. Oh, I played so uh, much of that fucking game. Yeah, I played so much of that game. Yeah, so it was it was, it was cool to see that. Uh, do you want to talk about Flight Simulator more than that? And also, no. Kato, do you want to talk about Game Pass more? Or are you do? You, I mean, he heard Void Bastard. I heard Void Bastard. So well, it was good. it was just it, yeah, it was just this weird thing where certain first party like things that were or like quote like not really first party, but uh, the ones that they were touting a lot on. The consoles wasn't, but still had PC versions. Right, weren't coming over except for the Play Anywhere ones. It still seems like they're figuring out so the cohesion yeah. on like the platform. And honestly, it feels like the true cohesion is like next year when all the platforms relaunch, and there's probably like a unified UI that right. like ties all that stuff together. Yeah. But like a lot of it right now is getting pieces in place that will then all lock like a key with Scarlet and all that stuff. Yeah. Wasteland 3 we talked about. Double Fine. Yeah. Uh, which I hypothesized before we started yeah, watching the press conference. Or whatever. Well, like, my whole thought was, uh, well, the news is they're acquiring Double Fine. And, um, and Psychonauts 2. As a result. Yeah. Um, but that uh, people may not be aware, because at this point, it's like pretty long ago. It was like the original Psychonauts was founded by, or was funded by Microsoft. Um, they went through a bit of a culling of... Uh, of games they were funding and Psychonauts got dropped um, and Majesco who what do they even do now didn't like, they shut down do they still exist no, I, think, I thought they got for a long while they were being uh, uh, oh. uh, they were remaining afloat based on they were putting episodes of things on cartridges Majesco's a weird company Wait. go look it up <laughs> Anyway, they picked up Psychonauts from Microsoft goes on to become sort of a cult classic even though it's like a really flawed it was acquired by Polarity TE Inc., a biotech company, and another reverse merger takeover, because of which it formally ceased all video game operations in 2016. Also, I'm pretty sure 
Someone in chat will point out they were wasn't Majesco just putting like Pokemon episodes on like DS cartridges? There was something they were doing what? that was. You gotta watch. By the Pokemon. way, that's a pretty great cyberpunk ending. To I the know. Majesco yes. <laughs> like just it's like senior executives just like like Fuck. burning like bootleg Pokemon episodes on two cartridges. Yes. and then they're like, we gotta fend off this merger, boys. And then, the, and then the offshore pharma corp sends their goons in. Uh-huh. It's uh, like Keanu comes I've, in. I've played that syndicate yeah. level, the syndicate multiplayer for sure, for sure. Just, oh, they send a courier out with just a suitcase full of cartridges. The funniest, do the swap, gun down. <laughs> the funniest thing is, I had searched Majesco, and it came up first. It was like Majesco is a is a multinational provider of insurance technology software. I was like, that's not right. That can't be my Majesco, and it isn't. But somehow <laughs> they still make software, and the real Majesco does not. Real Majesco has no. moved on. Uh, and so the the notion that Psychonauts two, which was like started out as funding from uh, Fig, and then the like back end of that funding that got unlocked because of like the fig crowdfunding was that Starbreeze was going to like kick in the rest mm-hmm. of the money for that mm-hmm. game's development. Starbreeze, who you'll remember, uh, was going to make a VR headset, um, like their own proprietary one they were going to sell. Starbreeze, VR. and then also uh, the Walking Dead game uh, basically just like cut the knees out from under that company. They're basically going through like a rat. I think that company cut the knees out from that company. For yes, years and the Walking Dead exposed yes. their whole ass right. as a result, and financially <laughs> they've had to like go through a full reckoning. That is like a lot, a lot, you know, like a, there's a lot going on with them right now. But basically, like that money was gone, and like the question has been hanging over Psychonauts of like. Well, how's that movie gonna, or how's that game gonna get finished? Right. And so I propose, like, boy, wouldn't it be kind of poetic if, like, Microsoft acquired Double Fine or, like, picked up the slack on Psychonauts and then they come out and they acquire Double Fine? Just a thought that occurred to me, Mm -hmm. apropos of Starbreeze, because I don't know. If memory serves, the darkness got Xbox One backwards compatibility. Yes. There's never been a better time with Starbreeze's future being so murky. To maybe think about acquiring the darkness, just ASAP, because <laughs> uh, it's a great game. It is a fantastic. Yes. It is a fantastic darkness too. Game. Weird game. Yeah. Also interesting though. But, but like the first ambitious, one, yes. the first one like is haunting. Yes. I love that game. I would just maybe not sleep on that, given that Starbreeze appears to be in some. Look, they're willing to. Rows. They're willing to sell. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah, so they uh, Tim Shaver came out and they showed a brief clip of Psychonauts 2 um, but not they didn't show a whole lot of that game um, but yeah they're being acquired by Microsoft and I, that seems like a pretty fitting home for Double Fine a studio that's had various financial stresses over the years and for Microsoft I think makes a lot of sense for the stuff the kind of studios they need in the future for like yeah. weird creative experiments that's going to help define whatever they are going forward and you know, that's been like a huge strength like even if Xbox is in like a very feels like in a very strong position going into next gen, like Sony has just such a deep bench of software that Microsoft mm-hmm. is still spending time literally just acquiring their way out of. Um, in such a way that you know, if it doesn't work, it feels like more of a statement about the strategy of acquisition than even about who they've acquired. They've acquired lots of talent and built partnerships with studios that seem smart. I, I, there's a point at which it's like, well, this was just never going to be the thing if this doesn't do it for them. Do you know what I mean? If they, right. if three years from now, or, or it again exposes some deeper flaw in right. the games division 
in publishing in something, you know? I don't know. Anyone who can't make money off a double fine doesn't belong in the money-making business. No, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm just sharing the worst piece of business advice from Sports Night. Uh, it's, it's breathtaking. It's great. What a, what a show. Yeah. Uh, Lego, Star Wars. This, oh. The fake uh, house. Uh, Rob's still mad. Wait, Psychonauts 2. Yes. Psychonauts yeah. 2. Psychonauts. 2020. Those. 2, 2020. I saw it at oh, Judges Week. Okay. I'm going to see it on Wednesday. It's Psychonauts. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Then. Okay. It's Psychonauts. Yep. Uh, With like better platforming. I, so what happened during my... I went into that room. Okay. And... Oh, this is a good story. Tim Schafer was like... It was one of those funny bits of just like, oh, is anyone in this room? It was like in its own room during the kind of Indie Night at Judges Week. Uh, and I was just like... <laughs> Which they fully knew they were being acquired by Microsoft at that of point, course. and had to pretend they were an indie developer. And it was a That's couch. Very funny. It's very funny. It was a couch as long, like it was all the way around the room, one single couch, like a wraparound that went uh, it, a huge room, like just a sectional that just goes on for forever days. for days. And I step in, and it's Tim Schafer and Greg Rice. I'm like, "Hey, are you? Can we play Psychonauts?" Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like I sit down and like, all right, we're gonna get it go. And he's like, wait, uh, real quick, do you have any um, uh, like dentist fears? And I go, huh? I've had a what? year. <laughs> and he goes, well, so have I. <laughs> uh, bad year with the dentist. And then like it was one of those funny things of just like people kept filtering in, and we needed to stop and redo this spiel again and again and again as more people found where Psychonauts was in this place, I guess, and came in to sit down. And then we played it, and like there's some dentist stuff. So know that before you watch the Psychonauts footage that comes out this week. Teeth. 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 Lots teeth. of teeth. <laughs> Lots of teeth. <laughs> Lots of teeth. And they do things. The teeth do. Okay. I'll let you know if I see the teeth. You'll see the teeth. <laughs> you just got to take care of them. Appease them. Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker collection. Nope, the Skywalker saga, not a collection, which is the interesting thing about this. That makes more sense than just cramming together nine games. Yeah. <laughs> 40, like 60 hours of Lego. There's a new thing that's like a, a Lego game that is about It probably the entire... just tracks yes. Skywalker stuff through episode okay. nine. Okay. Cool. Yep, I guess all I haven't nine, played those games. All in. nine films. All not all nine films. Even the one that isn't out yet. Star Wars Christmas special. What? Dragon Ball <laughs> Action RPG Kakarot. Dragon Ball Kakarot, which I can talk about later this Who week. Who is a Kakarot? Kakarot? Goku. What? 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 No, not you. Him. Oh. Why the? F- <laughs> what do you mean? What? He doesn't know. <laughs> okay. He hasn't been. Why is Why it. is he a Kakarot? That's that's his name. name. That's his saying. Name. Oh, oh, oh. That's, that's like his alt. That's his no. That no, is that's the his, name he was. That was the name he was given at birth. Oh, so that's his OG name. That's his Goku Prince, is his like human his, given his, name. Yes, his his adopted father figure gave him that name. Okay, Goku. Kakarot. 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 <laughs> like, is he an alien? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he's got a tail. Kakarot is mean basically is carrot. Carrot. So you know Vegeta. Yeah. Like vegetable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Vegeta, 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 yeah, and then his older brother's name is Raditz, Raditz. like Raditz. Raditz. Like is that Raditz. just like someone was eaten? This is how the names work in Dragon Ball. So like you know, Bulma is a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like like saying Bloomers, and her son's name is Trunks, and her, her father's, father's Doctor Briefs, and her mom is no, her granddaughter is Bra, or her mom is no, her mom wouldn't be. No, so the was her granddaughter, yeah. I think. 
This is how the names work in that universe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just so you know. Thanks. Gohan's Rice. 12 minutes. Time loop. The year of the time That loop. looks really interesting, though. Uh, I do love there was the where it put on the screen. It was like a story about a man. The woke, yeah, the woke gamer. <laughs> yeah. The woke gamer go caught that one. I was psyched to see that tweet blow up to like four thousand retweets. I was like, yeah, thank you. Very funny. I want to find the exact phrasing. Oh I, it, so it looked like another time loop game. Uh, an interactive. It's been, it's been, <laughs> oh my god, I love this already. Like literally forty eight hours ago, I was like. There, on my radar, there were no time loop games. Uh-huh. I was like, 48 hours ago, I did not live in this world. Here we are today. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it's another time loop another game. Time loop. Yeah, another time loop. An interactive game. thriller about a man. <laughs> Extremely funny. <laughs> How uh, did that sentence end? A man caught in a time loop. I don't know. Yeah, all right. I feel like could have done it. Outer Wilds, time loop. Yeah. Time, death loop, time loop, probably. Yeah, they said time. 12 minutes. Time, time loop. loop. Time loop. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They only show the one location, right? It's yeah. different times a day, which mm-hmm. is interesting. But like, I don't know. We talked about it. It reminded me of that great shot minority report, just all top down, like sort of cutaway uh, ant farm view of someone's, uh, like of a domestic scene. Uh, also, just like the idea of kind of a one set thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, seemed cool. Hey, real quick. Do you remember when I was like, is Spirit Fair the deer game? Yeah. I'm not sure it is. It is not. No, what? That's not Spirit What's Fair. this? What is the Way game? to the Woods is, is the deer this, yeah. game. That What's was what was Spirit next. Fair. Wait, so that, is, did we walk past that game then? Spirit Fairer? Yeah. No. No, Deer wait, to the wait. Woods. The next game up is way in the Way of the Woods, which is the deer game. I'm, we I'm, when, we, when we were at the showcase, did we? No, I didn't see it. Okay. Uh, Spirit Fairer was the one that was like you're fishing and building a place and it's bright and colorful. And they say like oh, how right. to say goodbye, how to say goodbye, and there's a hug that you yeah, hug yeah, someone. Rob said, "I'm waiting for this to turn," and then there it was. That did happen. <laughs> yeah, um, that game looked cool too. Spirit mm-hmm. Fairer actually looked dope, yeah. and I'm really curious about it. Look like you're building like a boat house, like a giant boat house, and you're like, I love boats, and you're like moving spirits from place to place. Maybe sure. Spirit Fairer, you know, right? That makes oh. sense. Literal. Uh, yeah. Uh, Gears. The, okay. So through this, wow, what a good show. Mm-hmm. Game Pass, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'll accept it. Kakarot. It's canon. Kakarot. 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 Uh, Game Pass, etc. And this gear segment hits. I did like the the the. Uh, like the trailer, the they Billie Eilish song. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm not judging Billie yeah. Eilish. I'm just saying, is that the part that you like? Yeah, I, thought, I was like, okay. in terms of like, hey, like this has always been like a low key emo mm-hmm. sort of series. I was like, yeah, all right, like that is like fitting for 2019. That like that's the song they would attach to it. And given if you've played Gears Four, where that like game ends. I'm not attached to that lore, but you research how it connects to the guy. I was like, oh, okay, like this could go to some interesting places. But then they don't show us any of that and at or all. the game. At all. <laughs> and instead it's like we spent well, honestly, the coolest part was watching Danny O'Dwyer try to understand how they did the camera trick to go like underneath it's a good <laughs> trick. the stage. And he was like obsessed with that. Right. It was there. We went there today and it was like, oh wow, yeah, all that stuff is all right there. I could see those monitors down there when we like walked above the stage. Mm-hmm. There were still just monitors running down there. Nobody was playing in Some of that say stuff. they're still down there. Well, 
at night. You can hear them. But is Xavier Woods still down swearing there? Swearing at each other over voice chat. <laughs> Let him out. <laughs> Give me some goddamn chocolate milk. Uh, I think the... What I found useful about that that trailer mm-hmm. was that it just let me know right off the bat. Not for you, not for me. Because <laughs> like, think about how inscrutable that was. If you were yeah. like oh, all in on gears, like all the other ones, you could sort of like it's a like you could imagine like all their other emo trailers. You could sort of imagine like, damn, that seems like also really there was like a spectacle even to the emo trailers yeah. was like giant fucking monsters. Right. This was like. That woman was doing an audition reel. Like, all right, look sad, look angry. Have you look, been watching Barry? Look locust. Feels yes. like feels yes. like feels yes. like someone out of Barry. Much. Yes, yes, exactly. And yeah, it's very use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just that they're fucking floating heads of gears characters, yes. like grimacing. But it's melodramatic in the way that gears is has always been melodramatic. And if that's what they're going to embrace for the fifth one, and. Sure, it, it gears is what it is. Like whereas, like Halo, they eventually, I think, even though you know they didn't show a whole lot of what uh, that we'll game was it. going to be, um, at least is like a, an attempt to reinvent itself. Whereas Gears seems to be by virtue of calling itself Gears Five and just saying like, yo, that's it. everyone's just calling the series Gears anyway. Uh-huh. Let's just embrace what it is. Double down on what Gears is for better or worse. It's for an audience and it's just for that audience and. That that trailer having that reaction for you, I think Gears is like yeah, that's fine. that's fine. We're good. I'm fine like, with that too. Yeah, like it's like let's make peace. And in some us. ways, like sure. when Rod Ferguson came out, he's like, we're gonna have a lot to talk about and show about this game this summer. Almost seemed like he was saying like, peace out. Like this game isn't for here anyway. Like right, what yeah. could we possibly show that is going to like was that dated? Convince- was Gears dated? Yeah, it's uh, uh, September. September. Yeah. So there will be a, another event. At it some sounds point. like there's gonna just be like a fan centric like that makes Gears, sense. like hey you'll see the campaign when you want us the campaign like anyone that wants to play Gears Five already wants to play Gears Five. What could we possibly show here that is going to change anyone's mind mm-hmm. for the fifth game? Mm-hmm. I was intrigued by the three-player couch co-op uh, so, for escape mode. We did. We, we Austin and I <laughs> bullshitted our way no, by accident. They offered. They did, but I mean, I introduced you to someone, and then someone else bumped into that person. Yeah, was like, it came you guys want to go sit during that press thing? Tom, I think, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and anyway, we somehow ended up not intending to play Gears Five. We were like, we're just doing the. So we played Bleeding Edge. Yes. Close got it. Got it. And then we're like, let's walk around and find something. We almost wanted to go play Wild, uh, not Wildlands, Ghost Recon. Yep. Uh, but we were like, eh, people are going to see that. That was also the demo I'd already seen. Right. So I got to look at it. And we were just over near the gear segment watching Eric Van Allen. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout outs at US Gamer now. Congrats to Eric, um, former Waypoint freelancer. Uh, news editor there, right? Yeah, news editor mm-hmm. there. After doing great work at Compete also um, as part of Kotaku. Um, he was playing and got. We saw him just get demolished by a big well, locust. So, <laughs> it was so sad. So the way, so his friends. It, it makes we have to set up what it is to okay, explain like why the bit was funny because we were confused and actually thought there was a glitch happening in the game. Yeah. So the way the escape mode, which this trailer does not set up at all for like at the press conference, it's just like what is like. There's some gross Such body horror stuff yeah. with like blood everywhere. It was like the VX gas scene from The Rock. Uh huh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. With more guns. And so actually, it's it's Gears' take on a uh, uh, like a, a Fortnite, a battle royale, but not in the sense of like tons of players. Mm-hmm. It's like the way that those modes work is like storm whatever 
thing is moving in and pushing you to the center, it's the opposite. It's something in the center is pushing you out. And so you are just constantly moving to try and find an escape. Um, you are uh, selecting character classes. There are, it looks like there are going to be cards with like different rarities that you're going to like assign to that character so you can give them different skill attributes, um, different weapon loadouts. Um, like classes work, like ammo is very scarce in this mode to the point where like Austin just fucking popping off gun gunfire like two minutes in. He's like, I'm out of I'm ammo. I'm out of ammo. And he's waiting Let's... for his super to fill and his super, super was, gives everyone ammo like, that's put a in spot within in the a ground. halo. If you hang out in that little halo, yeah, you'll get your ammo back. And so bit bit. Uh, this didn't happen to us because we crushed it. We, oh, just, we were we just, great. We just, it was not hard. No, actually, like, we, on we easy... probably should have played on a harder wow. difficulty yeah. mode. <laughs> I would have liked really put <laughs> no, Eric like, on notice. No, no, no because you uh, know why we did well? Communication. Yeah. Well, the Here. third guy was not talking to us, but we were talking. Yes. The same way we, we were fucking good. crushed it in Bleeding Edge. Yes. Communication. Where they walked up to us and said, "Hey, the la- first people who came in here, what?" What are you laughing about? Rob. That dude is definitely carrying them, right? Probably. Yeah. No. Absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely. Not let, even me, let me tell you about that dude. No. <laughs> absolutely not. You don't know what his ability was. He's off was. looking for scout. What was his ability? Scout. You know what he was scouting? Bullshit. Bullshit. I was scouting. I was up front. I was playing support. Ooh, here's my tank. Fuck out of here. Oh, yeah. He kept doing that. That was me. Oh, well, you kept doing that. <laughs> this is like... Douchebag Rashomon, <laughs> just, who actually won that multiplayer match. He did. You know, the only reason it should have been harder is that like the whole point is you're supposed to be overwhelmed, and we were going through like nine rooms with like no Nothing one to shoot at, and it would just be like, oh, I see what the arc is. It's like you're constantly running out of ammo, so the tank is supposed to put down his shield, and the, and the, and these are supers that are running on a cooldown. Right. As you get damaged, your cooldown goes up, is you know extinguished faster, and so oh, like you're. You're pinned to a corner. Someone's holding up the the, the the tank shield, and they're like, "Drop that ammo!" Like, boom, boom, boom. Like, you start to see what this mode would be, but it's like right. not uneasy. It was just like we just cruised through to the end. It was like, and then the guy was like, "We'll come back and play a higher difficulty." It's like, okay, gotta go. Yep, see ya. It seems fine. The thing that happened to Eric was there are certain enemy types that have like the Left for Dead style thing, like dragging you away. Yeah. And we saw Eric get caught by one of them and dragged away. And he's like jamming on the B button. He says, an icon's like, hit the B button. He's like, I'm hitting to, the B button. To keep yourself alive. But it's so you have to slam alive. on B. And like, we, it wasn't communicating that in the UI. And so it was just like, hit B. And he's hitting B. And you see him like about 15 seconds in. Like, he's getting tired. And then he's, and then he's looking what. around like, where's the rep to explain what the fuck is going on here? And the rep is like, oh, yeah, you have to get, someone has to help you. <laughs> And at that point, his character is like folded over, dead. <laughs> like, the thing just, just like rips into his head and right. like tears it off of his body. Gross. And his partners, no communication, no celebration. If only he'd had a better controller. Wow. The That's Xbox controller. Damn. Damn. No, we skipped something. What? Why? Fuck. Just let it go. We can't. Okay. Because there's DLC <laughs> for Gears. You know, the way that those dark. Wait, for DLC? For what? Gears 5. Who do you remember? Pre-order bonus. Oh, deal. shit. That oh, d- yeah. Right. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> we can't do this. I, I thought... Shout-outs to Jeremy and Frank, who are with or we're with uh, Danny. Danny came over to shoot some stuff today. Mm-hmm. Danny O'Dwyer from Noclip, who's doing a big thing on just, like, E3 and how different people cover it. <laughs> Rob is fucking and losing it. Jeremy 
I believe it was Jeremy, was watching the show with us. <laughs> so, and was very excited in a way that was very warm. My, me, Blair Witch. You, Blair Witch. Jeremy for, was. For Gears of War Terminator, Terminator. pre-order bonus. So I got really confused because I thought, like, has Jeremy heard about, like, did what is it, Black Tusker? What's the what's the studio called? The collective. Yeah, the collect like the collective. Are they also just developing a Terminator, a Terminator game? Because I like that's what I thought. Like he was so over the moon about it that I was like, damn, like they just like just announced out of the blue a, a fucking Terminator game. There's the like the foot comes down on the skull. And Jeremy just like yeah, it was like the Patrick it was Blair like Witch the, reaction. Or like the Final Fantasy VII Easy Allies, like yes. climbing on the chairs. It was very pure and good. And like, you did, I don't know him very well, but I know one thing about him. He loves Terminator. And also, Jeremy, I'm just putting out this world so I don't forget, when we played that Gears of War demo, at the end, I always turned down the merch, and they said, would you like a pin? Yeah. And I was like, I'm good. And he's like, do you want the Terminator Gears of War pin? Frank I said, Frank, Frank, Francis, Frank. What? It wasn't Jeremy. It was Frank. I just worked it in my head. I'm pretty okay. sure it was Frank and not Jeremy. Frank or Jeremy? Fuck! I feel bad. Frank, Frankery. That's not better. That's worse. <laughs> Jared Frank. That's worse. <laughs> We just met them today. Cool. Yeah, and I'm also sorry. it's also and they were just filming us. We didn't really talk to 1244 them. Twelve forty-four a.m., which yeah. means it's three forty-four a.m. for Don't me. Say those numbers. The point is, I I have a pin for you, a Terminator Gears of War pin. Oh, did you get a pin? I kept it. Yeah, I, I was like, I'm going to keep this because I'm going to either get this to Danny right. or I'm going to get it to you, yeah. and this is going to change your life. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, I got that pin. Next, Elite Controller Two. Oh, so we are skipping that thing. What, what thing? Oh, the Funko thing. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> oh, Is that next? It's not even all my list. By the list. way, Le- Lego Forza. That's Let's... later too. Is it on my list? I don't think it. Both is. of those are later. Oh. Yeah, I'm looking at a timeline. All right. Oh yeah, no, it's on mine. Wait, too. what? It's just different. Xbox Elite <laughs> Controller Two, hundred and seventy nine ninety nine. Increase your fire rate. Can you put money on that? A money. Can you put money on Can that? Can I put A money? Can I put? Yeah, no, it's fake. I mean, I'm sure it's a cool controller. People like everyone that like owns it that actually cares about that sort of shit like seems to love it. I could not. A friend of mine was like, "Finally, it's rechargeable." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "You live a different life than me." Dying Light Two cinematic trailer. Sure, Spring 2020 makes a lot of sense Steve for like alone. like. Right. I'm going to see that game, and they're like so specific, like hands off. And I was like, why? That's not like a thing you usually like are really pushing on like the demo part of it is like hands. I was like, I saw that game last year that was hands off. Mm-hmm. This game's in development for like four years. Like, okay, maybe it's just getting punting to next gen. No. Uh, spring 2020 is getting crowded already. It is. Forza Horizon 4, though, won't be spring. It'll be next week, June 13th, uh, has Lego DLC. Yep. Which they had a big Lego car. Yep. Big little car. We saw that car in person. Mm-hmm. We could have stood in line to sit in it. Didn't. We didn't. You just build it once you get home. Oh, okay. With all the Legos I have. Yeah. That trailer looks cool. Yeah. I, yeah. Like watching the Legos. Well, you pointed out, because you were sitting next to you know Danny and all the F1 stuff, is like, and a lot of these racing games cannot show off destructibility. 
And the Lego right. thing actually seems like a funny way of splitting the difference yeah. in which you can see a little bit of the fantasy. Well, what I think would be really hilarious, though, is you still got Ferrari being like, no, you can't. Like, you can't show. I'm sorry. That's way too many Lego bricks coming off that car in that collision. We can't imply that Mr. Lego Man just got, like, crushed to death in his, you know, in his Lego Ferrari. Like, nobody who buys a Lego Ferrari can, can think that something untoward would happen. could happen. Impossible. Uh, vi- pop, vinyl, pop, Gears of War pop, which is a Clash Royale-style Gears game. What happened to that tactics game? I don't know. I'd love to know. Do you? State of Decay 2 Wasteland is two new stories for State of Decay. It's available now. Homeland. Human characters. Homeland? No, Heartland. Heartland. The list I think has Wasteland, but that's Wasteland, wrong. Wasteland, Homeland, Heartland. We'll get there. I want, I want that uh, in cross-stitch above my <laughs> oven. <laughs> Wasteland, <laughs> Heartland, <laughs> Homeland. Yeah. Uh, turn in a Wasteland into a Homeland, you know? And at the end, it's a Heartland. It's a heartland. Fantasy Star Online 2... Coming to Xbox One Spring 2020. This Powered by awesome. Azure, which I still want to know what that means. Well, so it didn't it come out on Switch that but streaming, it was streaming yes, yes. on Switch. So I bet this is the same. And they in the press release from Sega they said uh, so it's free to play. Yeah. All um, con- all the content. And all the content. And they said the only thing that will cost money is uh, the uh, Something like if the quests are too hard, you can buy microtransactions to make things like boosts. I guess. Sure, there's so much stuff in that game that I've looked at over the years that seems fun and cool. Tell me about that battleship. That battleship is just like a place to go to. Can I say all the battleship? I don't think so. This isn't for no, but you can be in a mech. You can a good mech. Not like you'd be a person who's in a mech. You'd be like a person-sized mech. That's what I said. You can be in a mech. Right, but you know what I mean. You can't, it's, it's, not more a of a, it's more of a gear. It's more of like an exosuit. Yes. Uh, if that makes sense. Like a smaller, it's like a javelin. It's like a javelin. Um, because there is like virtual on DLC for that game. Oh, all right. There's like, oh, there's so much weird crossover DLC in that game over the years. So, and, and also some of the like, screenshots I've seen about what you can do to your character in that game. Is it the set? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Star Online 2 coming to Xbox yep. One. Okay. I feel it was kind of a judgmental sound. Oh, yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> there, was some, there was some customization options. There is some... Yep. There are some breasts you can put on characters. Let people breasts on breasts on breasts on breasts on breasts. As many as you want. Stop trying to bummerize Fantasy Star. I'm, I'm not. You know what? You're right. I haven't played it yet. I don't know the context. <laughs> this is like the time you played Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> Let's... You <laughs> Let's not indulge Patrick's Northside Puritanism. <laughs> Microsoft. You'd be ashamed uh, for your words okay. and deeds. Yeah. <laughs> Crossfire. Crossfire. You'll get caught up in the. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I'm just glad. That's how it goes. <laughs> I, I know, yeah. but the delivery is just so dead. I'm tired. Also, I swear to God, every character in that trailer is Dan Bilzerian. Who? Dan Bilzerian, or the fuck his name is. The that is. Never mind. But good. Okay. Someone. T- I Remedy's not- making the single player for that. I hate. Someone said that in line to the Xbox thing. That I don't. Was a surprise. Yeah. To me. Sure. Um. And also, it was like a first-person shooter. 
that's apparently very big in Asia. Extre- like extremely, extremely popular big. in Korea specifically. Okay. Um, sure. And so the only thing that was weird about it was that uh, I don't think Phil Spencer set up. That, yeah, that was a bad setup. Like the, the, the so expectations confused. were not like when you see Smile Bit, which is historically a so like one of Sega's studios that has done a lots of incredible games yes. over the years. So you say Smile Bit is like, and we're working on a new thing with Smile Bit. Like, okay, like I don't remember Smile Bit. Are they the Jet Set Radio people? I can't remember. And it's like then it goes to like this weird war. See, it was just strange. Like, usually they're better about setting up the nostalgia plays and like, or the, or the and look, plays like, around special like putting games. something like that, like where it's like a game that is the most popular. Six hundred and fifty million fans. Sure, right? Says it, Phil. It, I just feel like that could have been better set up for like the audience that is probably watching this is not the one for this, but we'd like you to understand like the the whole like games international gamers are everyone, and it's like. It, well, like if they're <laughs> the first meeting of the Games International <laughs> disbanded. After. Is, uh, but I mean, literally, if there was just like thirty seconds of setup for like what this game is, where it's popular, and why it's popular, would have like most yeah. people could then just be like, okay, I can ignore this trailer and move on. This is not for me. Instead, we all just kept going. <laughs> yeah, no, and we all yeah, totally one hundred percent with you. Welcome to the Gamers it's International, like, John Wick Four, right? Uh, Tales of Arise, new Tales game. Looked good. Good art. Looked pretty. Sure. A little good blend of anime and like CG mm-hmm. vibes. Mm-hmm. Anime and, you know, lens flare. Um, I have nothing to say about that Tales game. I don't know enough about Tales. Nope. It's just a complete, like, Those games, a lot of them are on GameCube. Borderlands 3. Had Killed Schluter today. I. What's up? Are you a Tales fan, Kato? Uh, I played through like Symphonia with four, for, with three friends. Is that oh. a GameCube one? No, the, it was a re, re-release on PS3. Okay. Can you still play with your friends? I have no idea. I mean, like in real life, do whatever you want, Kato. No, I just mean it was weird because it's a, it's a, it's it's an RPG. <laughs> what? Right. <is> I get <laughs> wrong with Rob. Borderlands Three, new trailer. <laughs> It's so late, I can just hear it. And so this is one of the things that I did not really get at the point while we were watching the mm-hmm. Borderlands stuff. Did you put together what that was at any the point? The DLC? What the DLC was. Yeah, it's it's a it's a bridge DLC to uh for Borderlands two that sets right. up like story stuff for three. I think that's like a really smart people like love more games. Well not even separate from that, like I wish more games were smart enough to realize like putting in like a reason to go revisit a game and sure. like set you up for the next one. Like that's obviously a lot of work and the difference between Borderlands two and three aesthetically, mechanically does not seem like super big. I say that as someone that is, doesn't know a lot about the series, but I, that's just a really smart marketing, like sort of like to get people excited to go revisit that, right? go play that game one more time before three comes out, which is not that long. Like that right. game's coming out in September. Soon, yeah. Um, before we do the next one, I just want to make a quick note. Yep. Important. Yes, please. When, when Polarity bought Majesco, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a landfill filled with cartridges. It's it's still the most cyberpunk thing in the world. Do you? Does anyone at this table remember one of the funny things about Majesco? Other than the fact that they made a lot of money selling anime episodes on cartridges. One, my favorite thing about them is that they had that subsidiary called Midnight City, which is a great name. Right. That right. Great barely existed. 
for a blink of an eye. Two they years. published they, things like Gone, Gone Home, Home yeah. on consoles, and like that what? was like it. So I'm just going to read this as it says. Please. In December 2016, Give me truth. Majesco announced it was ceasing operations in the entertainment industry and merged with biotech firm Polarity TE. Polarity will obtain Majesco's NASDAQ symbol name, Cool. <laughs> that was what they wanted. That's what they wanted. Thanks to a fan who wrote in and then deleted it, sent this, this tip to me and then deleted the tweet before I could credit them. I went to reply and I, I was like, you can't reply to this, it's gone. They wanted the fucking ticker symbol. They wanted C-O-O-L. I forgot that it was cool. <laughs> it, let me tell you something, Patrick. Majesco was never cool. <laughs> That's not true. They published Phantom Dust, which rules. Yeah, they published like some they published seriously some cool shit like in that era, and they were just like... Yeah. Uh, they also they were funded by those weird cartoon cartridges and also Cooking Mama took off. Cooking Mama. Cooking Mama. And they just published like... All right. Just more cooking. They love the mama that cooks. Me too. Everyone loves the mama that cooks. <laughs> we regret to inform you. <laughs> Did you see they fucking threw a milkshake at cooking mama? <laughs> oh oh no, real. it's typhoid Mary. There's some bad opinions. The cooking mama has some bad opinions about, oh my about God. gender. Um, <laughs> George R.R. Martin 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 and From Software Yep Made a premiere today And I actually have to look something up But can you talk about what that premiere was? Uh, yes uh, It was uh, confirming You know The leak we'd already had Actually it was like Less than the leak um, uh, In which uh, It was Yeah honestly Like you can learn more By going to Reset Era Than you can from watching this trailer But there was a very brief um, uh, CG tone piece trailer for Elden Ring um, in which, I mean, honestly, if you wrote, if you put Dark Souls at the end of that, I'd have believed you, mm-hmm. um, in which there, it's alternating between uh, someone hammering, which I presume is this Elden Ring, um, and then cutting... Destroying it. Or destroying it. Um, I think that's what the voiceover says. Okay. Uh, it was hard to hear that part when yeah. we were yeah. uh, watching it. but um, And then cutting between various characters wearing medieval-inspired art. There's one enormous... I thought you were going to say wearing other body parts? Also that. Yes, there is that. Because um, one of the rumors had been that, like, oh... Sekiro is just like a guiding post onto like a larger thing that From is going to be doing in in this game. We don't that is just connecting dots on rumors as but it does seem to be like well, yes there's there's actual someone who's on a prosthetic right arm, arm right at point. Yeah. yeah, but also so the there beginning. is now this interview with Miyazaki. Oh right. That published on the news the Xbox news like Xbox wire, wire. basically. So I'm just going to take a few things here. There's like an interview Hit between me. Sam Wilkinson and new Miyazaki, um, who explains, I'm just going to like summarize some of sure. it, which is development started after Dark Souls 3 DLC ended. Okay, so t- two and a half years ago? Yeah, I think that's right. At the time, Elden Ring was being planned as a more classic fantasy title compared to others that were being considered or already in the early stages. We wanted to create a new dark fantasy action RPG full of things we weren't able to do in the Dark Souls series, which... What? What? That's what does that mean? Scary. That's, yeah. yeah, that is scary. <laughs> 
Um, there's a question about Sekiro and like what the balance was there. And it's Miyazaki basically saying like, there's co-directors on each project. I take direction over game design. This is how he's able to put out a game every 18 months because he is constantly finding like protégés to To work with who are very talented clearly. And like the main director of Dark Souls 3 was like one of the co-directors on Dark Souls 2. He says being able to share a vision with the co-director as well as the development staff has allowed us to build a trusting relationship, which makes this kind of development style possible. I am incredibly grateful for them and their hard work. Shout That's outs. cool. Yeah. Uh, what genre? He says, third-person action RPG. Yeah. Uh, unlike Sekiro, which is a heavy focus on action, Elder Ring puts up Elden Ring, puts more focus on RPG elements. Uh, Melee-based combat Stats. will be there, but like, yes, exactly. Um, uh, will it be a challenging game? Of, yes. It, it does say Yes. Title will include a wide variety of weapons, magic, ways to engage enemies to make it possible to provide users with a style of gameplay and strategy that suits them. Mm. Even when compared to Dark Souls, I believe this title will provide even more variety in the ways for players to overcome challenges and tweak their tactics when facing enemies. Um, you can design and control your own unique character. So character creation is in. It is mm-hmm. not Sekiro where there's a character that you're playing as. Fashion um, Souls is back. Fashion Souls is back. And it if suggested by the viewer, if... If you are to take from that trailer, which is being presumptuous, that you could have the the biggest of boys mm-hmm. and then also like a more agile, like skilled, yeah. like sword warrior that you yeah. would normally associate with the Dark Souls, th- that the idea that like they would not only have it a, an incorporation of like just uh, skill approaches, but like body types and stuff like that would be like a really interesting way for them to change the the way those that series works yeah. but or those types of games that they build work um regarding the collaboration with martin mm-hmm. miyazaki says i the start of this collaboration came from the fact that i myself am a huge fan of mr martin's work i love the song of ice and fire as well as tough voyaging uh however i had to pick a favorite it would be fever dream which i don't know any of this stuff damn he is i yeah. personally see <laughs> fever dream as a masterpiece among vampire fantasy and even previously what? recommended it to all new employees Wow. Me being such a fan of Mr. Martin caused our executive business director, Aichi Nakajima, to reach out to him with the expectation that we would get turned down. However, we were given the rare opportunity to talk one-on-one with Mr. Martin, which was an incredibly fun and stimulating experience. It was then that I strongly felt I wanted to work with Mr. Martin. I'm still unable to put into words how grateful I am to Mr. Martin for agreeing to our offer. The actual collaboration itself began with Mr. Martin ever so politely confirming what sorts of themes, ideas, uh, as well as many game-related aspects I had envisioned for the game. Confirming, being like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 This led us to have many free and creative conversations regarding the game, in which Mr. Martin later used as a base to write the overarching mythos for the game world itself. That's cool. The mythos yeah. prov- proved to be full of interesting characters and drama, along with a plethora of mystical and mysterious elements as well. It was a wonderful source of stimulus for me and the development staff. Elden Ring's world was constructed using the, this mythos and stimulus as a base. Even I myself find it hard to contain my excitement from time to time. Woo. We hope that everyone else is looking forward to the world woo. we have created. <laughs> woo! Well, that quote is ah, woo. Uh, here's the actual. This is the what okay. is this game? Yeah. Someone's finally like, what makes this not Dark Souls? <laughs> uh, and Miyazaki says, if I were to put aside the world full of fresh stimulus. Thanks to our collaboration with Mr. Martin. Mm, I love I, his bullshit. I would love, I would have to say the biggest difference is it being open world. Due to this, the scale of the world and its narrative, 
as well as the depth and freedom of exploration have increased dramatically. It is without a doubt our biggest title yet in terms of sheer volume. There are many definitions of the term open world, and I might not be phrasing it correctly, but we have simply tried our own approach to a game with a large open field to play in. It is a world full of danger and threats, as well as many areas ripe for exploration. Among those areas, you will also find intricately designed multi-layered castles and such. Elden Ring is the name given to a mysterious concept that defines the world itself. As the trailer at the conference oh, implied... Oh, so maybe not an actual, fit, not a physical ring. This Elden Ring has been shattered. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's you sh- a, you that's shattered my interpretation sig- extremely quickly. <laughs> the significance of this will be one of the important themes in the game. That's all I can say at this point in time. Laughter. Big Whoa. mood. Uh, yes, there are boss fights. Fuck, that got me so much. Like, so wh- what I was okay. missing. So all of this. We got to the end of that trailer, and I had like nothing to say, right? Because what was the take right. when I when I say the glib? You could put Dark Souls four at the end of that because you could, and there's apocalyptic sky on fire. Sure, all of that. Still, you could call it Dark Souls. Totally. For and thematically fit with a lot of the what the, those games are going for, but damn, that fills a possibility space in a that way. Damn, so that gets was, me to start thinking, what could that so be? This was the thing. It was like I think about today. Give me a grappling got, hook. You, can I climb? Fuck you. Oh, you can climb. <laughs> Someone said there was a horse in that game. I choose to believe there was a horse in that game. What if it's a skeleton horse? Yeah. What if that horse can talk? Shit. What if you climb a thing and your map fills in? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. That would never happen. They wouldn't. They would not. They wouldn't. But Breath of the Wild didn't. It was still good. So, so yesterday we talked about spoilers yep. and about leaks and leaks and spoilers and how they intermingle. Today you showed that sometimes, even you, cynical you, that Blair Witch, completely unknown, gave you a real deep joy. Yes. Undeniable. You cannot look me in the eye and say that that, that, that wasn't something. No, that I, felt, yes. I felt seen. Right. In a positive way. Yes. I would not have given a fuck about that Miyazaki trailer if it had been a complete surprise to me. Sure. I love FromSoft. I think we would have gone, oh, that's really interesting huh. and fascinating. Yeah, I guess what they, could that mean? I don't but George R. R. Martin is not a game designer. And he's not someone who does that I have mean? a deep, right. unabiding fondness for. Sure. <laughs> an ardent admiration for. <laughs> I don't have that for him. And so that alone was never going to move me. But the leak from last week right. did because it was about the shape and structure of the game, about what the game might be, about like how it might be different from Dark Souls. That interview does more for me than the the trailer did. So like as someone that like liked Game of Thrones, the show a lot, has not read the books, knows nothing else about Martin's work. Mm-hmm. Damn that like little bit where he like talks about his deep like the deep like we're all going those are deep cuts even though I don't know what a oh, deep cut would is. be yeah, yeah, yeah. cuz literally anything beyond <laughs> Game of Thrones is I, a deep I cut. Like, I like Duncan Egg. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still just Game of Thrones, even yeah, I know just, that. Right, right. But like the the, the notion so Miyazaki cross Martin means very little to me other than just like two big names that I know. Right. But knowing that someone whose work I deeply admire, deeply trust, and like willing to go on journeys with, for me that's Miyazaki, him being able to like have a fanboy moment 
meet someone he right. who is to his core inspired like the work that he does and then gets to collaborate with that person now i suddenly get why i should be excited right because he's excited he's excited that sounds like a you know is a, a reductive but like a spielberg lucas thing where it's like right. i'm not saying that's going to be what that is but like the idea of like two people crossing over having ideas together like that now i'm excited for what that could be even though i don't know like what the output of that is. right right i will say like there's a degree to which i'm like man is it going to slide into the sort of dark, grim, dark fantasy stuff that puts me off sometimes? The idea of like it's gonna be, it's going to let us do things we couldn't do in Dark Souls is like, whew, all right. That's let's, already a. Let's see what that is. But it's a different sort of dark than what Game of Thrones and Song of Ice and Fire bring to bear sometimes. Yeah, I don't think suddenly right? there's gonna be like a bunch of like sexual assault I hope in not, uh, right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, totally, uh, totally. from software game. Right, exactly. Um, uh, anything? Oh, let me just read this last little bit for us. Please. What can you teach us about the character shown in the concept art that was released? Phrasing. Oh, that like key us? art that the we key art saw. That we yeah. saw. So this is separate from the trailer. There's one piece of key art yes. with like a guy with a twisted staff. With a staff, sword, sword sort of staff. With and then the like a gross hood. With a hood. Yeah, that was the skull a hood. A skull on the top of the hood, like indented. Um, we chose this character because of his eccentric aspects, as well as the way he portrays the darkness that the world and story possess. While Elden Ring may be a classic dark fantasy title, it's more than just that. This character also represents one more theme in addition to the previously mentioned eccentricity. That theme is the will or ambition of mankind. Sure. Okay. All right. All right. The will or ambition of mankind. Elden Ring. I will say shattered. one thing I have a hope for uh, that I'd like to see, I think we've touched on this in the past, is... Uh, a world that feels more alive in the sense that like you're often visiting dead or like quiet worlds in dark souls and bloodborne and stuff like that. People are shut away. Like they're, they're just not, there's not, you're focusing just, it's just enemies in that world. Right. And NPCs are like, uh, you know, like uh, cordoned off to like little areas. Like it would be interesting to see them do something that like, Felt like this is a place where pe- this is a place where people exist. I've, Bloodborne is closer to that, right. but like it's I, still I, not. It's still not. You'll see. You'll run into someone. Eileen the Crow will be at a place where I go. Oh, cool. I still. I've talked about this before. Like the magic moment of playing Breath of the Wild for the first time. A game that I knew had towns, but did not think had wandering NPCs. And coming down off the plateau and going across the bridge towards the first like Hateno village, and seeing the dude walk across the bridge. I'm like, yeah, there are people in this game. Having that moment in yes. a FromSoft game could be pretty great. Yeah. You know? Um, great. That interview did more for me than that trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Same. As someone that by default is just interested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about streaming? How do you feel about Project X Cloud? We tried. We, we played it. Do you want to explain what it is? Yeah. Project X Cloud <laughs> is. Uh, the, Microsoft streaming service. I like. I think I went to the bathroom when like the exact details of this were announced. Like it's oh, going into did. beta this summer. It launches in October. I don't. Is that actually right? I'm checking <laughs> to double check. Uh, you guys were watching. Were we? <laughs> anyway, whatever. I know it launches in October, like formally. It right. Does. Um, but it's it's their streaming service. Like, and they they made two different. Like, there are two th- things here, right? right? Like, yeah. one of the things is that uh, do you want to stream from your Xbox? that is like connected through ethernet or Wi-Fi to your laptop, to your phone, or do you want to do it through one of our servers and we'll just handle it for you? Uh, 
I, I because I missed part of the pitch. Maybe someone else can explain. Like, why do I like? What's the distinction there? Why would I choose between the two of those? What if you don't have an Xbox? Right, but what if I do? Like, why? What if you don't want to use your internet? What if you don't okay. want to? Yeah, maybe you don't caps. have great internet. Maybe you don't okay. use data caps. But hey, we're gonna give you the option to do that. Also, I'm curious if like, will it work as like a Plex server? Can I like do anything on my Xbox from a phone? Do you right. know what I mean? Can I look at movies? Can I use? You know right. what I mean? Like, right. Okay. My Not guess that, is no. <laughs> my guess is no. But um, we tried it at the event. Mm-hmm. I would say it was mixed. Yeah, so there were the we maybe touched half of the devices they had set up. They were like um, controllers with phones attached, basically. Yeah, the little what they showed where it's like you have a phone and like a proper Xbox controller like uh, attached to the bottom of it was kind of how it was set up. There was the Resident Evil Seven uh, teaser demo, um, not Resident Evil Seven, but like the one that was just like the, no oh, the combat. F- right. I forget what the actual name of that thing was called, but they had that. They had uh, Halo Reach. Right. Uh, they had... Um, was it Reach Not 5? Maybe. I don't know. I think One it was 5. Halo, yeah. Uh, they had uh, Gears of War 4. Right. Um, and then they had Forza, Forza Horizon 4. And so the Resident Evil 1, which is a slow, methodical, mm-hmm. it's very dark. That one looked gorgeous. Fantastic. Could not tell. Like, literally, like, couldn't tell that it, no hitching looked... Couldn't see compression, no artifacting, like uh, frame rate issues, like zero. Um, and that was the first one I tried. I remember telling Austin and me, I was like, damn, like this is looks exactly how I want it to. And then like shuffled over to, to Gears of War, in which like immediately you see some of the limitations. Forza was not good for me. Uh, the, like the lie. frame rate was like clearly sub 30. Um, it was hitching around. Yeah. Is it mostly fidelity that's fading? Or no, is fidelity there also was like fine. So, so, like so Forza for me was a night. It was at night, and so it was like hard to see stuff as well as I wish I could have. Yeah. The fidelity seemed fine. I, like Halo, the fidelity looked good. Mm-hmm. It's hitchiness. It's um, lag in the controls. It's latency. Uh, and for something like Forza, like I want that to be perfect. Yeah. So it's not there yet for me. You know, um, again, maybe slower games, something like Resident Evil, tactical RPG, RPGs, tactics games, stuff like that. Which is also true of like when I do like Steam streaming and stuff like that, like I know the type of game that I'm using that for and I'm okay with the hiccups along the way. Mm -hmm. But part of what they're pitching here is like, no, it's all your games. It's even the action games where you need like that moment to moment sort of stuff. And like it's clearly like you, what we touched. It's getting there. It will get there, right? Yeah. Like, it is within spitting distance of that. That spitting distance might take some time to really iron that out. But for, like, I don't know, a lot of games, like, it will be fine. Yeah. And if you also know you're in for a compromised experience, like, but you just want to, like, sit on your couch somewhere else and dick around with it, like. Well, and I think this sort of gets us to the next thing a little bit, uh, but also it just puts me in mind of a piece that we've been working on for a little bit, but like uh, we may be close there. Some of these problems may be solvable. At what cost are they solvable, right? Like what infrastructure do you have to build to solve them, right? Like where do you start like locating data centers, for instance, to make something like this viable at scale? What is the impact of creating a system like this at scale for, was basically like, a 
very luxurious convenience. And, and that's, it's yeah. weird. That's the era we live in. Everything is a luxurious <sighs> convenience in some ways. But to- like the use case of me playing Forza Horizon on my phone doesn't exist for me. It might for other people. I know that Forza Horizon is a cool game. Even I, what's a game I love? So I see like Kato talking about Destiny. Mm. I see Destiny as a game that does make sense for something like that we're like Zer or like my yes. friends are yeah. just doing yeah. some yes. strike and Fair. I just yeah. want to fuck around to with them. I was like, I was like, I've got twenty minutes before I go to and bed and I'm like on vacation. Like I'm just gonna log I, in and play. Here's, with I, maybe this right. is the way I want to talk about it. Is like, you know what's cool is I got to play Breath of the Wild on the way to work when that game was coming out. Right. I could play it on the Switch on the bus. Awesome. I would have loved that game if I had to play it at home also. Right. I love the Switch. I'm happy to put stuff on Switch. I was playing Slay the Spire on the way here. Kato and I both two (laughs) seats away from each other were playing Slay the Spire for four hours, right? I like it a lot. It's okay for me if the games I love are not portable, though. And so part of this pitch to me is like, uh, and obviously it's, we're not only talking about this, the other half of this pitch is what if I don't have an Xbox, or what if I don't have a, or where I don't have a, uh, I mean that's the Stadia pitch, like right. what if you don't have a console. But in this case, you do have an Xbox at home, and is this a situation where like, I really want to be playing Gears of War 5 on my phone? Like, ah, it's so hard for me to get excited for it, given the investment that has to go into infrastructure to be like, yes, we should fix this and spend the data on this. Which is a real thing. Do you know what well, I mean? And like data centers don't run on magic. That's what I'm talking right? about. That's yeah, what yeah, I mean that's when I say I mean, the real like, things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, like if you are building banks of like gaming rig GPUs that are running and servicing, you know, thousands of people, you've just like, what was the, what was the tone like mining for something like that? Right. Uh, so, I mean, that's like, for me, I can imagine this whole week, I am dying to be playing more Total War Three Kingdoms. Right. I would love, like, if I could open my laptop and fire up Total War Three Kingdoms and have it run yeah. basically like I'm on a proper gaming rig, but I'm on my, you know, tiny little laptop, that would be awesome. I would avail myself of that convenience. Uh, I think there's, how often, like, is that worth it to me, like, on a daily basis? I don't know. But the broader question is, is that convenience to me worth creating this entire system uh, with a lot of uh, investment and footprints that, you know, don't exist right now. These are costs we have yet to incur. Right. And that, and that would become normalized as streaming becomes the norm. Right. Right. Good question. It's one of those things that's like, it feels like there's a faith that data, data caps and transmission and stuff will like, we'll figure that part out. Yeah, we'll be good. We'll figure out a way to compress stuff so it's not as big of a deal. We'll figure out a new way to, to, you know, uh, put data centers closer so things aren't traveling so far. So blah, blah, blah. The equivalent of the MP3 will just come along and like suddenly make data caps. Video cards will get more convenient and draw less power to crunch uh, polygons. Exactly. We'll figure out a magic resource that isn't going to destroy the environment but also not cost that much money. Meanwhile, clock is ticking. I mean, but the the clock is ticking, right? And so it's like, it is it is weird to be like we're rushing towards this thing that we know has a very a very high environmental cost, and we know that because of we know like what Bitcoin mining looks like. Yeah. Also, because people have been out there saying like, listen, streaming stuff does cost like electricity. Electricity is spent to run those things to send the signal to you. 
that doesn't come from nowhere. And so like, here's how much is, here's how much it is now what? Right. And it, it is a thing that's like, Hmm, let me pump the brakes on it a little bit. If only because to not do that is to like rush head in. And it's not our choice. It's going to happen no matter what, but I want to raise it. The industry is moving in this direction. Regardless of the podcast we record, but it turns out not. Yeah. But it, but it was like sort of, uh, it was the thrill of, playing Halo on the phone and knowing it was streaming. It's it, There was a thrill for about 30 seconds, and then it was like, oh, I'm just playing Halo on a phone. I'm still just playing phone. Halo. And so then it, then it became like, from the second order operation of that was, well, then what games would I want to play? Yes. I don't actually think it's this type of game. It is like a Slay the Spire. Like, it is, it is games that would fit in to a mode where, like, there are lots of times where, like, my daughter is running around and playing with something, and it's like, I can't go downstairs and, like, right. turn on all my stuff. But I'd love to, like, open my laptop, and if my PS4 controller would just connect to that, which, like, with all the new iOS stuff, that is going to happen. Like, if I could just boot up whatever, like, days gone downstairs, and it's like, I could just, like, play this for 20 minutes while she's doing eating her breakfast. Like, that's cool. That yeah. fits into my life. Like, yeah. that makes sense for me. But, like... They're just, it just, well, you, you all, all of a sudden, once you start working through the tertiary, like, w- worlds where you'd be viewing this stuff, it just seems so marginalized in terms of the actual use cases. There's and, also, they're not, they're not pitching us games yet that are like, we need streaming for this outside right. of Microsoft Flight. <laughs> right. Which Azure cloud computing stuff is supposed to, whatever. <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying, right? That like, the, the pitch that, that Google made with Stadia months ago was at some point we're going to start getting games that you could not conceive of without streaming. Right. And we're not there yet on that. And no one has given me that design doc yet. Or it's or it's not the uh, the Switch, a device I love to hold. Right. I physically enjoy right. holding right. the Switch. Right. And so I don't want to attach my phone. I don't actually want to attach my fucking phone to, an Xbox to a weird <laughs> Xbox controller <laughs> thing. Right. Like, maybe I'd put it in my bag, but like, I like the, the Switch is aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. It is ergonomically pleasing. Yep. What I want is the cloud solution to that thing. Uh, and so, I don't know. It seems, it often feels like solutions in search of a problem or yeah. that the problems are so minuscule that they actually aren't actually worth solving has this ever happened to you you're enjoying your video game and two characters come to an elevator or maybe it's a crack in a wall and the game slows down while you wait for the elevator or the characters go through the crack and then you get to continue playing well it turns out those are load times and they're the enemy and that's why microsoft We've always been at war with load yeah. times <laughs> yeah. i mean honestly though we we have, but the, here's the thing. From my perspective, I think we largely won. I think we <laughs> yeah. did. We did I think a great we won. work. Great work. And also, and like the invented phones, it's like I'll just check Twitter while yeah. that happens. Like well, I'm good. Well, hold up. Are we? What but, is Keanu? <laughs> but like, I I do think like so. Then Microsoft pivoted to this uh, from from like streaming, and how that's going to. Uh, connect to the ecosystem they've already built. Right. Then they pivot to streaming is going to be uh, fundamental to the next generation. And the other thing that, like, what's this next generation going to be about? They tie the entire thing to, remember remember uh, two years ago, the One X, and, like, it was the most powerful gaming console ever? That was great, huh? Well, we put those people in charge of 
creating the next generation of Microsoft games hardware. And basically the spirit of the One X is going to live on in this next we, generation. We're, we're killing that motherfucker and we're putting him in yeah. the new one. But we're also killing load times and God. <laughs> but we're killing load times for sure. And the thing for me is this, like when I'm playing the Xbox One X, it's a, it's a, like, I love that fucking thing. Sure, it's, like, it's a great thing. It works. By and large, what I'm doing is I'm probably playing the same game each time I fire it up. And then when I'm like in the mood for something else, I'm like, I will start a different game. Zoo Tycoon. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> the Xbox already saves a lot of load time by just like, like going straight into the game. Like it sort of saves your state and you go straight into right. it. Like from my perspective, they kind of solved the problem. And now they're telling me, can you really? Like it, it's, it's this like ridiculous Don Draper pitch, right? right? Like... Five seconds isn't good enough. One second isn't good enough. One's, you know, what's Load one second? Times. Loads. We're all carrying loads on our backs. Death stranding. Death stranding. <laughs> Ropes. <laughs> By pulling the load off your back, you're freeing yourself. What could you do with that time? What could you do? Do you have a family? Have you're you ignoring seen that family? family? <laughs> 20 seconds. Each time you're in an elevator in a video game. How often do you play a game? Me, I play every day. 20 seconds a day. It adds up. Three days a week, that's a minute. 365 days a year. That's hours. How many steps can your daughter take in 20 seconds? Maybe we, got, just we, got, we got to get rid of these fucking load times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Project Scarlet. <laughs> Boy. They have since come up with a few more details or some more details to become clearer, right? So it's like 120 FPS, 8K ray tracing, etc. is like the, the... Do I need 120 FPS? No, of course you don't. Um, Rob's? Maybe. Um, <laughs> for what? The eye can't even see 1080p. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought Connor was setting up for like a different bit, but that was <laughs> good. Um... There's an SSD that is going to be like virtual RAM. Like it's a bunch of stuff that's like, okay, what's it? What does that mean? What's it mean? Right. We have a story on the site that is from Matthew Galt, probably. Yep, from Matthew Galt. Thank you to Matt Galt for writing this up and a manual for editing it. I'm just going to read from Matthew Galt. Mm -hmm. Project Scarlet's new processor incorporates the company Zen 2 and Navi architecture. Ex what? Mm. Oh, excuse okay. me? Okay, mm -hmm. all right. Wait, is this Navi? It, hey, I listen. Is it that Navi? It has to be because I refuse to believe anything else. You don't think it's the Avatar Navi? I, I no. almost assuredly. Although, given our God conversation, the unobtainium and environmental right. degradation, mm -hmm. and that like it could be like, yeah, we're uh, we're we're grinding up the Navi I and hate, turning them I into SSDs. <laughs> the console will also have high bandwidth GDDR6 RAM, uh, which should help with things like load times and texture popping. The console also does ray tracing. The new graphic lighting method that renders realistic lighting in real time, and like competitor Sony, the new Xbox will use a will use a solid state hard drive, allowing it to load games much faster. Great games that not only look better but feel better. They claim okay. we're looking at frame rates up to 120 frames per second. That's not. This how was this not works. a good pitch. Oh, no, also, also, shit. Hold on, like we can't get games to get consistent 30. And you think we're going to get 4x that. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. They're just going to use the frame rates up to put particle effects in the sky. I don't know. Like we That's never... how frame rates work. 
I'm just saying developers always sacrifice the frame rate they can right. get to right. put more because shit on the screen. We are yeah. fine with 30 because most people yes. are fine with 30 for most games. Yes. There's situations where like, no, I need 60. Look, FPS everyone 30. has wanted to be in the 60 FPS world. You know what? We got rid of that when we went to 4K. Yes. Like, if we just stopped at 1080, we could have gotten to the 60 no. FPS standard. We're fine. I, it's fine. Yes. But I'm just saying 120. I mean, come on. Forza will have that. Forza 100%. Of course it will. We'll have a 120 FPS mode. Me. I don't have TV. Like I said, my TV is like one. No, my TV isn't. My monitor is 144 hertz. Yeah. But like, that's it. My monitor is 60. Right. Which is fine. Yeah. Rob is going to. You should go up to his room. You and should get a G Sync. I, 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 I do like my G Sync. I, I need like. G Sync, but like, but G Sync actually solved a problem, right? right? Yes, and like it was a problem that like if you like if you were like I like have a twenty four twenty seven inch monitor, I start to see tearing, and it begins. Do and you, you start explain what that too. is for people primarily playing on console? Like why G Sync is interesting and necessary? Like. I'm just saying, yeah. like, like, it's not necessarily clear if okay, you just play totally. on just PS4 because, or Xbox. All right, so a, the image on your monitor is constructed line by line, row of pixel by row of pixel. Uh, it is possible that before the image has been constructed, the next one is already on the way, mm -hmm. and the game state has advanced. You've like, it's, you see it a lot in Twitch shooters. And so basically you are continuing to move, but the picture of like what you were looking at just a heartbeat before hasn't completed uh, drawing in before the next image is, is you know being being written, and what you end up having happen there is rather than seeing a series of discrete images, you start to see uh, what looks like a tear in the monitor as one image is basically be, like being drawn in over another. Right, and uh, one it, it it literally means you're not getting the image updated. Uh, as quickly as the game information is coming in, so you are playing at a disadvantage, but also just aesthetically, it's ugly. Some games don't handle it well, and you end up like you know activating really shaky solutions like VSync, for instance. G-Sync solves that by basically uh, sync, like it syncs the uh, frame data you're getting from your GPU with the monitor. Uh, right. So you don't get that. G-Sync is rad. I have a G-Sync monitor. Yeah. It's great. I realize we probably shouldn't be talking about G-Sync monitors. It doesn't matter. Scarlet doesn't have a G-Sync monitor <laughs> built in. It's 1.29 a.m. Well, it goes into your TV. They don't have those yet, do they? G-Sync. <laughs> Where are we? Who, is, who are you? <laughs> the These Scarlet are the kind of questions we're asking in Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kojima. But but no, but, but the point. <laughs> no, I get your point. Your point is that this is this is technology. This is not G Sync. If they were like, we were building in a G Sync chip. I mean, console games already Ta don't do tearing. No, but, but, like, but you know, but tearing tearing is an annoying problem right. that solves something that is like the, tangibly annoying impacts your yes. experience. Load times aren't that bad, right? But it is, it's not like we're all sitting here going through two minute load times with like. Holy shit! It's a situation. One, Sony already said that they're gonna that they're fixing load times. They had that Spider-Man. So they thing. had so to they hit had the checkbox. Two, it is something that you can like load. Here is the thing I can promise you: load. If you we keep making the same games we're making now, load times will be better. Frame rate will probably go up. If we're just doing the same shit, that'll, that'll probably happen. That probably won't be what happens because people, like you said, will push it further. But it's the they can't just say yeah the games are gonna keep looking good. <laughs> They're gonna the ray ray tracing that looks great. Well, what they could do? What could they do? Because 
Let's Fuck it. I'm, I'm done with the hardware. Like, they didn't... They, like, yeah, yeah, we're done. It was a bad it, pitch. I'm, I'm disappointed by it was, this it was, a, it was a bad... Well, they more, well, they still have a year and a half to do the pitch again. Sure. And that'll be next E3, basically. And it'll basically. be better, hopefully. But in the meantime, what you thought, like, it was like, oh, okay, okay. We're Halo, Halo, Halo. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. And so the pivot from Scarlet is like, well, like, what ties us all together? Is like the next generation is like Halo Infinite, which we announced last year. Yeah. Is coming holiday 2020. Ooh. Which also... Scarlet is coming holiday 2020. Uh-huh. Mm. And even though that'll be on Xbox One and you'll be able to cloud stream it if you have you know, a, a lesser Xbox or a cheaper Xbox, uh, it seemed like what they were setting up for was like to close out this whole thing is like, what do you do with this extra power? Like, what do games look like when they actually can use all this? Sad dads. It's, well, and they were effective at that part, but that existed before. <laughs> Those were in Hallmark commercials. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, it was a, a trailer for Halo Infinite in which they showed nothing about what that actual game is at all. Um, like literally, like you. The chief I learned is there. more from the trailer last year than I did from the trailer this year. Last year, what you saw was a Halo. No, but you saw the, the, it was green. There was an enormous was space. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the implication there was because this game, you know, from what I've heard and what the little they've said about it is. You know, that like it was pitched as like a Halo Skyrim. Like, and that's not to say it's going to be like stats and stuff like that. It's more just like. I'm joining the Thieves Guild. Uh, <laughs> it's big, it's open, there's like, it's, it's less linearity or you're get guided to linearity. Not dissimilar to sounds like what Elden Ring and, and stuff right. like that is happening. Right. Right. Um, a lot of what you're used to, but like contextualized differently or Breath of the Wild. Like, right. Um, None of that was shown in here. It nope. was just like a sad dad. Do you sad dad plus like have you been wondering about like the dangling plot threads from Halo Five? No. Did you play? Did anyone here play Halo Five? I did. Is Master Chief in space at the end of that game? I don't think so. Because he is at the end of three. Three. And but I was like, I don't think he's there at the end of five. What if? I could be wrong, but we, I'm pretty sure. No, because the end of five ends with Cortana going uh, spoilers rampant. Oh, okay. You- it's just that was a joke. I'm okay, sorry. All right, it's all right, okay. It was a bad joke. Because <laughs> I don't wait. I, I don't thought, know if I can spoil Halo Five. I don't know what the fuck gonna, happened in that game. Yeah. I thought they were gonna like sort the whole Cortana situation out. Well, presumably that, that's what's gonna happen. Is gonna be. Game. There was no tease of that. Oh no, but I think they were like so they weren't able to keep her from going bad. No, that, that didn't work. Five ends with just no. like. What was that? This is a fam- this is a famous noise in the ho- in the Halo series. Right. Boo. Quick note. Huh. To retract a former statement. Oh. Uh huh. Remember, I was a G Sync. Doesn't yeah. have G Sync. Scarlet doesn't have G Sync. Scarlet uh, supports adaptive sync variable refresh rate technology, so it, it has non Nvidia G Sync. So it wow. does. so thank you for explaining G Sync. Right. That's cool. But yeah, I just want to say thank you. Yeah. And to, to be clear, just one other thing, I am sure there are developers who like to keep load times where they've been for us. Probably mm-hmm. there have been a lot of like yeah. dark magics performed yeah. by developers <laughs> in order to keep us from like, you know, looking at the hell site more often. Uh, nevertheless, like, again, not a huge priority. Sure. Not a priority like putting things right in the Halo universe. I theorize that Halo 4 and 5 didn't happen. Yeah, okay, this is the... Halo 3. Tommy Westfall. 
Mr. Halo yeah. floating in space. John. Please. So we're, we're picking Mr. up Halo in was Halo 3. Dad. We're picking up the very end of Halo, Halo 4, I guess. We're picking up pre-Halo 4, post-Halo 3. Right. Stinger with John floating sure. in space, which I think Wait, was no. a thing. Post-Halo 4 At the four end of Halo 3. And 5. No, I'm saying Because they, they those happened. Happen. No, in his head. In his head. Yeah. We're, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> you know who put him there? Cortana. Right. While she was taking over the world. We get to oh, the same place. Fuck. Cortana was like, put him in space. But he's been floating in space at the end of three. How did I also she know get that's out? True. I kind of feel like maybe I'm misremembering no, that. No, no, you're right. I remember that. Well, think about all the machines she's interfaced with. Like Over Cortana, the like, is but in she's the in the middle of space. How Cortana she get is in the cloud, people. Yeah, she's in your you computer, Azure. Patrick. Oh, so she, it's it's not Cortana anymore. It's Azure. Right. That sounds like a fucking villain. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's already blue. She's and she's on her. Windows 10. She's on Windows 10. Sinner on for Windows 10. <laughs> I'm exhausted. We, we got through it. It was a disappointing trailer. Show you your know fucking game. rad twist, though, is that dude is like, man, she's like, what happened? Oh, OD and I renewed the war against the colonies. <laughs> and it's been just a vicious crackdown for the last Ever five years. Yeah, get back on the ship. Yeah. We got to put you back to work. Hi. <laughs> Hey, Master Chief, how you feel about being a fascist? Yeah. Bad kid in the back. You want, to, want me to unplug you again? I'll just shove you back out into space. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. I'll come I'm, back I'm, in a thousand, thousand years. years. <laughs> you see where we're at. Say hey to the Arbiter for me. How's Keith David doing? Good? Okay. He hasn't been in a video game in a minute. He was in like a thousand video games, it felt like. Keith David was in a game. Was this the same throw? Yeah, I think so. Keith David. We didn't know. What's wrong? It's probably Mass Effect the last one he's in, right? Seeing Mass Effect. Oh yeah, he was, of course he was in Mass Effect. But he wasn't in. He was Andra- in Andromeda. Andromeda, right? Or maybe it was. A, I wonder if there was a single voice clip or anything. Good luck in Andromeda. <laughs> that was good. Honestly, that wasn't that wasn't bad. That was pretty good. Keith David. <laughs> this video game critic thing doesn't work out, Rob. You can just be a Keith David impersonator. Keith David IMDb. Check, take a look here. Just further complexity, or complexity is not what I meant to say. Further what? proof that games are films and art. <laughs> games are films and art. All film. Wait, wait, Tell Vice that's our new slogan. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Warriors, uh, the Gettysburg Address. He played Frederick Douglass. Oh, oh, he's in a game this year. Okay, this what? year? This year. Shenmue 3. Shenmue 3, no. Mortal Kombat. Oh, uh, yeah. As a As DLC who? character, he's who? Spawn. <laughs> sure. Spawn. Before that. I'm looking. He was in Adventure Time. He was in... Wait, who was in Adventure Time? I don't fucking know. What does it say? Flame King. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going back here. I'm not seeing any other games from recently. He was so good in The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys was... was I didn't see that. You should see The Nice Guys. Uh, he was Squeeze ZL45 in the hypothetical Star Wars holiday special. Hypothetical? He was the arbiter in Halo 5 Guardians in 2015. Right. Yeah. So, there's that. All right. On that note, Keith David, shout out to you. Keep being cool. Yeah, if you want, you know, Keith if David, you want, if you want to reach out, we're let here. us know. We're in LA. 
Los Angeles, presumably where Look, you earlier, live. Earlier today, me uh, tweeting about the fallout, talking with the showrunner of, and writer of Chernobyl. Magic can happen. The magic can happen at any point. In LA. Magic like this. <laughs> E3. Rob had a point, and then you just <laughs> fucking <laughs> extinguished it. Like, he had a final bit. No, I had a question. Can you pause, pause it, pause it. Let's turn it down. What's your question? But no, it's not because I realized you weren't actually like, hanging out with the showrunner Chernobyl. No. I mean, just on, tweeting on the hell them. site. Yeah. Okay. Well, dreams can come true on the hell side. And dreams and can all come things true. are impossible on Gamer Christmas. Uh, we're celebrating Gamer Christmas, the Gamer holidays. The Gamer tree is up. We have Gamer tinsel all over Next it. Next year. Next year. We should get a we're Christmas going tree. Christmas tree. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We might actually, you know what? Danica has provided our, our personal... Present provider. Yeah, Danica. If we told Danica tomorrow, like, I'm gonna roast you for find a Christmas right. tree. If you, oh my god, if Rob's acting would make a turkey? We have a whole week. We've got my, time. Wednesday, my Wednesday is pretty clear. It's, it's Monday right now. Fuck. We have almost nothing to do tomorrow. Today. Today. Yeah, well, I gotta sleep. Yeah. Yeah, but. We don't have a press conference until what? Three? The PC game this thing's about to segue but... smoothly into Santa, baby. We need to get out of here. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with a Christmas tree. <laughs> Maybe. Slide on down the chimney tonight. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.